been really trying, baby. Try to hold back on this feeling for so long. And if you feel like I feel, come on. Wow. That was well timed because it literally said, literally said recording right as soon as you started singing. <laughs> well, we got our opening, boys. We don't need to do anything else. Alex said it. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> Let's get yeah, it. Yeah, that was a. I don't think we could do our typical bit because I don't think it would work on Skype. Let's get it on. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Mushroom Podcast. <laughs> Hello, boys. Been another week. Um, so those of you who may not see, on Alex's wall is a nuclear bomb. That's actually like real time. So that's why we're in our bunker again. Possibly hydrogen. I was there. I took the picture. That's why. Yeah. Wow. How high? It's kind of like how it's kind of like how like Peter Parker always gets pictures of Spider Man. He just is. You know, yeah, I caused Wait, 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 Chris, Chris, have you ever noticed that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are never in the same place at the same time? Who's Peter Parker? Yes, they are. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He takes he takes the pictures of Spider-Man. Look in the corner. I don't know who Peter Parker is. Yeah, who's this Look Peter in the Parker corner Parker? of the pictures of the Daily Bugle. <laughs> he takes the pictures of Spider-Man. Are you not you a photography fan? You guys, you're just not, you're just not getting it. You, you Come on, man. You Look, you gotta study photography. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, Peter, I got your joke. I got your joke, Peter. Every, everyone else is just knows, knows him. I don't even... No, he's the guy who takes the pictures of Spider-Man. Look in the corner, man. Look at the credits. You don't look at who makes your newspapers? Alex, no, you're not supposed to know. You're not supposed to know who he is. Remember the ending of the last movie? Ending no, of the I'm, last guys, guys, guys. Peter Parker is a photographer of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a superhero. Like he's he doesn't like I don't know what their connection is outside of him being a photographer. You might be in a different universe. Huh. Was he played by this this guy, uh Toby M- MacGyver? Uh, oh, I have a story about him. He's a a really good poker player. <laughs> Does he play huh. poker with Frodo? I hear he plays poker with Frodo. No, he plays poker with some guy who like grew up in the seventies, but still looks like he's a teen in the nineties. They had some show. It's like some seventies show. I don't know. Um, I actually want to wait, 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 wait. This. You're talking about the show with Meg Griffin, right? <laughs> yeah, she met her husband on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love how that joke went full circle. <laughs> it, it did. I mean, yeah. That would be so, real okay. full circle. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting. Uh, okay. Peter, All you're right, getting uh, like abducted there or something? Yeah, I like the lighting on Peter. Peter you're <laughs> anal probing or something? <laughs> that light in your room really does look like that. It just. <laughs> 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 and I was so basically blurred out. It's like the it's like the That's it's like the right. camera's out of focus. No, 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 no. It's like the it's like the seizure scene from uh, Logan with how it's blurred out. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty good actually. Yeah. Uh, your camera is like doing doing something there. No, it's this blur thing. So I actually wanted to start with a funny story that I think you guys would appreciate. So um 
So uh, let's let let's let Peter get back to himself. Right, <laughs> he's fine. Um, okay. So my uh, so uh, my uh, my mom and me, my mom and uh, my brother were uh, talking, and uh, we were talking about like like housing stuff and housing options because we're thinking about moving after our lease is up, and like I said um that it was, it was like my brother is a little bit out of the loop these days so he was so he was like like it must, like he was talking about how like buying a house is hard it's like yeah and i and i said yeah because the uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> and i said yeah because like that like the like the bubble's about to go off if it hasn't gone off already and uh, my dad was asleep on the couch <laughs> my dad was asleep on the couch and the bubble popped so and went, oh. no here's what happened my dad was asleep on the couch and usually like he's somewhere between a light sleeper and a heavy sleeper but like so he heard me say bubble bubbles like and so he woke up immediately and said bubbles, bubbles. <laughs> so he's just like he's just like he, so his subconscious hears me say bubbles, <laughs> and so he's asleep like this. He has so he hears me say. So then, then he hears me say. He's like bubbles. <laughs> and <he> so, like, <laughs> so you're like, so this guy's like, I don't know. We're we're thinking of buying a house here in the market soon, and you're like, I don't know. I feel like that bubble's gonna bubble. And he just wakes <laughs> up and says it like that. It's, I, there I, was like I, a one and a half second delay too. It's like he, it's like it should have been bomb. <laughs> That's more surprising than bubble. <laughs> he just woke uh, up and said bubbles. So it's just like God, what did he experience as a kid? Bubbles, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> it was the it was when it was it was so it was it was funny. I just I thought it'd be a nice uh, little cold open for the show. <laughs> like my dad That's pretty bubbles. Silly. Dad's having bubble dreams. So now I'm dedicated. Bubble dreams. So now I'm dedicated to catching him on camera. I just I'm gonna shout a random word, and if he wakes up and says that word, it's gonna be on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Every no, time no, your dad <laughs> takes a nap, you're just gonna be saying one word in each sentence a little bit louder. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I went and I saw a forklift at the store the other day. No, but form a <laughs> sentence. Gradually form right. a real sentence, and then have him say something. <laughs> Through a montage of the clips that you woke him up to. <laughs> Literally, when it happened, I went into my mom's room and told her that, that that's what happened. <laughs> and we started laughing for like five minutes straight. Hey, son, oh would God. you like to blow some bubbles? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on my portfolio. My like future employers will be like, what is this? When did I say you could borrow the car? Sure, son. You can't borrow the car. Bubbles. <laughs> I don't know why you nicknamed me Bubbles, but I like it, Dad. Uh, the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which one so, is Bubbles? Uh, the blue one. Bubbles. Blue one, yeah. Yeah. The softy butt that. can kill you in your sleep. Don't take her octopus. I, I wouldn't be sleeping don't with take your little stuff girls. Anyway. So what's on the news? Uh, what's going on out there? Oh, so, uh, 
People so, boy, I, boy, I got, howdy those news. I, I got one for you. And, and boys, we got a pink sweater news moment here, okay? Right. So, as you all know, last week we talked about this movie. One we all want to forget happened called Last Airbender. And in that story, we talked about some dudes that made, that, that created that show that worked on the show called King of the Hill. Well, guess what happened on Tuesday, boys? King of the Hills getting a revival by the creators. Wow. Yeah, yeah. everyone's coming back. Everyone. Damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Except for Brittany Murphy. That's <laughs> um, so, yeah, oh that, that was a pink sweater moment, if I ever knew one. It's a nice little one. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, we call it, like, there's another podcast they call, the, they say when that happens with them, they call it the bump. The Maestro Movie Podcast bump. We mentioned mm-hmm. something, the universe bumps it up. Yeah. Um, And then we we got a, another, another big one. Uh, we got our first, uh, both name announcement and kind of pseudo trailer for the Lord of the Rings TV show with Amazon. Oh, and we got got a blurb with that. So it's called the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Uh, Mm -hmm. We know that it's going to cover all the events of the Second Age and the Rise of Sauron, which means we're getting some Silmarillion stuff in this. We're going to get some big Silmarillion stuff in this, Uh, which is crazy because the Silmarillion really makes Lord of the Rings way weirder and way darker. I don't know any of the stuff from it, so it would be fresh for me. Uh, it's very. What's that, Chris? This is the 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 thing. It's something about King. It's something about King of the Hill. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, okay. We'll get to that later. Um. Yep. So, um, yeah. Uh, I will say that if you ever read the Silmarillion, Chris, honestly, this is something that should interest you a lot. Uh, you can tell how much of a devout Catholic uh, Tolkien was by reading that book. I'm not Catholic. Still not Catholic, Zach. I, I understand. Still not Catholic. I understand that, Chris. Still not. I, I love you too, Chris. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of Christian themes in it, though. There, there are a lot. And it does it way better than Chronicles of Narnia. Oh my god, I forgot that. The movies or the books? Yes. <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Just shut up! <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Move on. He doesn't believe me. Go read the Slumberland and tell me. Move on! Go read the Slumberland and tell me about him. Anywho. Go with the Slumberland Tell me about it. What, what? Chris didn't like that. Okay. Um, then uh, later in the week, uh, we got some uh, kind of an interesting pseudo update, but not really an update. More of a commentary about the Rust shootings. Uh, a, a, a favorite director of mine, Mr. Guillermo del Toro, came out recently and said he has not had a real gun on his sets in like 15 years. 
which is kind of crazy because there's lots of guns in his stuff. Chris, you okay? That's not the problem. No, I know that's not the problem. That's a good thing. It's a fantastic thing. It's just it, it it's a little insight into the to the world of making movies that like there's a director who's known and has done big action stuff and he hasn't need needed to use real guns and they still look good and still look real. It's just kind of an interesting thing. You wanna know who doesn't use real guns? <clears throat> Star Wars movies. Those guns aren't real. Make Star Wars movie. Isn't Han yes, Solo? Yes, so like a No. Yeah, no, it's but, not. like like a Holger or something. Like a but they explosion. do they do have real explosions. I'm saying the guns on set are not real. They're oh, not sure. loaded. But they aren't are they dangerous. Like, aren't they like they rubber? Dangerous. Is it, is it, are you saying it's like Pirates of the Caribbean? That one bit is like, hey, we can still use them as clubs. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah, saying Harrison Ford sprained his ankle for a reason. Well, Harrison Ford's just he's an old man. Fragile. Are you saying, uh, well, he survived a plane crash, so I don't know how fragile he is. Uh, he, he did cause that plane crash. I think the right <laughs> word is clumsy. I think the right word is a plane <laughs> crash. Yeah, he caused a plane crash a while ago and survived it. Yeah. And he's trying to say, go on set. Harrison I'm just saying, yeah. What did oh, he Michael do? Clayton, he flew the plane. That's what he did. That's all he did. Ability right there for me. My list go. I'm, I'm working on my curiosity list. As we're doing this, I already have my Alex, you're literally, you're literally like well, talking yourself kind of into a hole on that one of Harrison. And, I, and what? That Harrison Ford is a clumsy old man that likes to smoke as much pot as I do. I don't know what you're talking about. I think he likes to smoke more pot than you do. Considering that he just throws a bunch of pot in a pan and, and doesn't give a shit whether he hot boxes the car, he's a rich man. He has way more pot than I can ever give. If you could just take a handful and shove it into a burning pot. And the hot box the car with it. And yeah, you're rich. It's fuck. I mean, I he probably smokes more pot than like Kevin Smith. And Kevin Smith smokes a fuck ton of pot. He's richer than Kevin Smith, so he probably gets more pot that he can smoke as consistently. But like, does he smoke as much pot as like Willie Nelson or something like that? Hard to tell. Or Wonka. I, I Wonka. Bet. <laughs> Wonka don't smoke. Wonka's pot. on he's, LSD. He's sucking on those Nasberries, man. No walk is on that LSD, man. <laughs> Triple shrooms constantly. Uh, you know, you know, you know who who he doesn't smoke as much as mm. me. No. Well, uh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, man, he smokes. He smokes a lot. He smokes probably more. That's than his whole before. stick nowadays. Yeah, is that is not really being friends. That's always been has covered stick. a lot of stick recently. What? Okay, he's been That's friends with, being been friends with Martha Stewart. Is he really friends with Martha Stewart? Oh yes. yeah, yes. They've done a lot of things together. That's my th- that's my point. Like he's like trying to get kids and families now. Interesting. Dude, <laughs> he's trying to make those fucking like weed infused like Martha Stewart brownings, man. Hell yeah, man. They both went to jail, put drugs in whatever they want. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got for news, though. I don't, I don't know if you guys uh, got anything I missed. Uh, I don't. Uh, other people died. More people died. More yeah, it's just a fact died. of life. Yeah. Don't really remember who they are because it's pretty consistent now. <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah. 
People die. We should we should just like rest in peace, Betty White. Let's just we already talked about that one. Let's just let's just make a list of everybody who died today, regardless of fame. Let's just make a list of everybody on the planet who died today. Guess what? It's still going. So yeah, and we have three hours to go. Well, how many people die per minute? Has anyone done that math on the planet? Let's not do that math. It's there's like there's like around 150, I think. 150 people died. Oh, Louis Anderson around the world. Louis Anderson and Meatloaf and Meatloaf. That's what it was. Yeah, okay, but... so be, I would say uh, Louis Anderson. Um, I used to watch Life with Louis as a kid, and I used to think this cartoon's weird. But he was recently, uh, as of the last five years, on a show with Zach Galifianakis called Baskets. He was like Golden Globe Emmy nominated, Emmy won for that for for playing a transgender, and like he's really good on that show. So I'm glad before he left, he really left his mark with a great performance. Uh, Meatloaf, uh, Bad Out of Hell's uh, fucking amazing, and he made a lot of other great stuff. Um, there's some couple great like biographies about him, and um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. Fight Club. Oh my God, Fight Club. We don't talk about that though. Um, did you? We also don't talk about Bruno. Later. The but, guy. Um, I gotta be honest though, Fight Club may be the thing that I picked for curiosity just because. Just in honor of meatloaf, possibly. Yeah, yeah in honor of meatloaf. Who doesn't like meatloaf? I, it's my favorite dish. It's a good one. Yep. With some mashed potatoes. It, Alex, the person you were talking about before meatloaf, was that the guy who died, um, who just wrapped up Moon Knight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. No, no, that oh, was okay. somebody else. Okay. That was another actor. Well, I forget the actor's name. I'm sorry. But, yeah, he he's supposedly the villain the main villain in moon knight midnight man or something like that i can't remember his name i'll get you i'll get you a name just give me a minute um been in only a few things he was pretty young yeah he died in a skiing accident i believe worst way to go yeah drowning sounds like it sucks burning or drowning for me yeah let's not yeah oh yeah burning drowning would be quicker than burning would it no, yeah, man. you're too you're, you're holding on, and you're too scared to let go. That's the whole Gaspard thing. Gaspard Ulio, but you can't. No, you have to let go once you don't have the air. As opposed right. to burning, uh, you could you could stay alive based off of how long it takes you to burn. Much uh, really podcast, everybody. Hey guys, it's the guy who played Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal Rising. Yeah, that's the that's a one of the big things he did. Yeah, what's uh, his name? Gaspard Uliel. Gaspard Uliel. He also played Jack Frost in Rise of the Guardians. Ooh, that's a callback. Wow, that really is. Dang. Yeah, he... That could be a curiosity. I think it could be a good movie, but that's... Again, I already picked mine, so... I have mine. It's all good. I'm still thinking about it, girl. Uh, what else is he in that you might know? Um, he hasn't been not in a lot. lot. No, I was going to say, not a lot, yeah. A lot of French movies, because he's French. Anyway. Anyway. He's dead. Anyway. He's dead. dead. (laughs) Anyway, he's dead. Inevitability of life. Journey work is so good. Go watch it. 
Okay. Should we then, if that's news, we should move on to highlights. Uh, highlight. Highlight. Highlight of the week. Well, okay. If you have others, you got to make it brief, but you go well, no, and spend time on one. No, it's highlights because there's four of us. No, that does make sense. I got you there, Chris. Zach will go first. Sorry, yeah, you got me. All right, <laughs> is that gonna be your way? Peter, no, stick around. Yep. Let the, the aliens please leave Peter until after the podcast. You can anal probe oh, later. Thank you. It's like also, Harry Potter with the uh, thank you. And the uh, shoot, what are they called? The in a uh, prisoner of Azkaban, the what? The, yeah, the Venters. where they're sucking the, the happy memories out of Harry. It's kind of like that. <laughs> mm. Well, like I just bat. want to remind you that none of those kids are wearing helmets. Yeah, a helmet would protect them from a dementor, yeah. True. Yeah, they could suck a soul through a helmet. There's no Not proof. Good. They None of them are wearing helmets. There's no proof of that. No, if they're wearing a mask, maybe not. <laughs> N95. Yeah, in an M95 mask, the soul might, you know, <laughs> stop, you know, might not get... <laughs> So, so M95s are magically protected? I don't know. <laughs> Guys, I have no, I have the cure to COVID. Have a dementor suck all the happy memories out of your out of your skull. What? Love it. Ah, okay. It just sounds right. uh, that that no, everyone would just be sick and sad. No, I want my head to lose weight. No, they established <laughs> Harry Potter established that a soul is a physical thing. So therefore it has weight, it has <laughs> it has a viscosity to it. it. It's a smoky substance. So potentially, um, if there was a mask on that person's face as the soul was being sucked out of them, potentially it might be stopped by a mask. So, we're so you're saying that your soul, the, the mask would protect the soul from getting out? Theoretically. I don't know what kind of mask yet. What makes you think? What makes you think that a, that if someone dies within a building, that the soul cannot escape through the building? Well, dementors don't exist, and it's escape, not escape. Got you there, Alex. It's not like I'm thinking about 35 years of saying it wrong or anything. <laughs> <laughs> God. So, that so okay, highlight of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Double whammied you. <laughs> my God. Oh my God. He's like thinking about it now. He's like he's like uh he's like the statue in uh Night at the Museum. Well, I'm still thinking I'm about thinking. when I was saying it at ten years old. I still got I'm thinking flying at his skull. I'm thinking all those relationships gone because I was saying it wrong. <laughs> all those relationships escaped you, Alex. I didn't say that, bitch. I said it in my way. The way that avoided the word that you said I was saying wrong that I'd have to avoid for the rest of my life. You think I'm going to listen to this again and then get the right way? Fuck you, man. Fuck this and fuck my life. He's escaping. Yeah. Escaping, he's escaping. Yeah. There's actually an arcade in 
Mall of America called Xscape. Yeah. Xscape. All right. Highlight of the week. Wait, how do you uh, say it? <laughs> it's X. It's X then Scape. No, X, it's Escape. It's Escape. Es- escape. At the Mall yes. of America. I mean, at the Mall of America. That's how they. No, I was. It. I'm saying it correctly. Escape. Yeah. You, no, you were saying you were right. saying Xscape. Yeah, it's because my name's Alex. I like saying X. Shut the fuck up. It's escape. I know. <laughs> Let me say it how I want to say it. Let All me right. say it how I want to say it. Highlight of the week. Before this I turns think, into it. I think Chris wants to move on. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to go, Alex? I mean, what's stopping you, really? You you want to go first, I'm trying to be respectful, Zach. damn it. <laughs> Go first. Just go. Just go. Okay. Um, so Alex and Peter, y'all still haven't seen Peacemaker, right? Correct. No, I've not. Y'all, okay. I have not seen okay. it. Ah! It's Alex. It's for you, man. Y'all still haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, right? Correct. No, I haven't even seen that Mandalorian. You know, I haven't seen that, uh, y'all. Okay. Okay. That's okay, fine. Okay. That's perfect. Hey, Alex and Peter, y'all still haven't seen Attack on Titan yet, right? I could if I wanted to, now that I know it's on Hulu. True. Hulu. Wait, it's on Hulu? Yeah. The subs are. Sub. The subs are. <laughs> you don't want to watch sub. Nah, I can wait. <laughs> so, since everything I've watched this week apparently can't be talked about. That's sad. Sad. I'm going to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus today. Okay, all right. Game all got right. leaked, and I saw lots of things. Why can you not control yourself? Like, why do you just let because, the leak spoil no, you? Because, Chris, do you want me to not spoil this for you? I'm no, I mean, you. I'm just, no, I'm, no, I'm no, just no, saying. I'm bluntly right now. Do you want me to not spoil uh, it? Honest, honestly, I don't Chris, care. A big thing that has to do with this is that Zach and I were talking beforehand. He really didn't watch that much, so there's not a lot that he can talk about that isn't spoiling. So, like, he doesn't want to talk about Peacemaker, it's spoiling for us. He doesn't want to talk about Boba Fett, if that's what you're going to talk about. No, I bet you were talking about, like, the Pokemon leaks. I was just like, you just watched a whole bunch of leaks? Like, No, I literally watched gameplay. Like, a bunch of people have it, and they're posting on YouTube now. The game doesn't come out till Friday. But you said it was leaks, so it means it's not supposed to get out. Yeah, I know. As, as in the the game got out and out. people are playing that leak and he's watching people play that leaked game. Why spoil that surprise? Page. Yeah, we're all on the same page. Why spoil that surprise for yourself? Because the internet is a hungry beast and my Twitter got a lot of it leaked already. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Dude, Chris, in my attempt to purge literally all politics from my Twitter, I've only covered like very 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 non-political gaming news pretty much and some movie news and that was like top of the thing that like popped up get off twitter i should get off twitter (laughs) i have to get on twitter for just to get off (laughs) no to for school because like i'm taking a portfolio class and they're saying you got to get social media i was like i hate social media i hate social media too so i gotta go back and i gotta rebrand my twitter it's gonna suck. That that's the thing though. Yeah, you gotta get into a lot of the people that I follow on Twitter that are actually in the business or are critics themselves will say that they're like, I fucking hate this place, but you gotta do it because of business. It's one of the things that I think is hilarious about it because I also follow a lot of people that genuinely just like to use Twitter 
And that's what I do. Like, I don't, I see the discourse. I don't enter into it. And then if I see something that's positive that I can say, or something that's against the negativity and against the negativity of a wave, <laughs> I will put it out there. And then, uh, and then <laughs> in that process, uh, you curate a page <laughs> that will have people coming to it specifically for the reason that uh, you don't join and you aren't part of that part of that toxicity because the, there's nothing I find more annoying on Twitter than people who have to go to Twitter because it's their job and then piss and moan about Twitter. It's like it's very easy not to join that discourse. You can't help it because all the people are now talking about it on Twitter, but it's easy when it's not a part of your job. But it's not a part of your job and you're not doing it as that aspect. It's easy to go on Twitter, not get involved with it, and just type in something you want to look up and then find a bunch of people talking positively about that thing. It, it, it is capable to use it as a tool for positivity or to curate your thing for that. But like, uh, I, a lot of people don't use it for that. A lot of people get sucked into the discourse. And if you don't allow yourself to, then it's a lot easier to take. Yeah. I mean, I'm just more happy that like I've curated something that I'm I'm fairly happy with. Yes, does it have the downsides of once in a blue moon? There's gonna get a video game that I really want to know a lot of nothing about that gets leaked. Yeah, it happens. But also, it was showing up on my YouTube too. So, whatever. So the game. Yeah. So the game looks cool. Completely different. Uh, they've they've kind of completely changed the formula up from what. The games have been for oh god 20 years more more than that Dang. uh this is the first open world pokemon game or i guess semi-open world the first oh. one yeah that is so sad you just you just heard words and he's he's very confused I can't believe they they they're finally doing it. I know. It's like Chris is Chris is is muted. I think. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, that was. What do you mean? Right. I'm dumb. What do you mean it's not open world? Wasn't every no, it's, single it's, Pokemon it's, game it, open world? No. So it's semi open world. So so do you know how Pokemon games work? Yes. How do they work? <laughs> What do you mean? You're asking me how they work. Okay. You load so in you are a zone. Pokemon trainer hopping from town to town and getting no, badges no, 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 from no, no, gym no, leaders. That's not the plot of the game. Also, like, what do you, that's how it works, though. You load in and out of, of areas, though. That's how the gameplay works. Yeah, it's not open world. Like, this is semi-open world in the sense that there are five large areas that are completely open world in that area. We load in and out of them. It's like Monster Hunter. Have you ever played Monster Hunter? Hardly know her. Chris is very disappointed in the words. I'm I... not disappointed. I'm just so like, that's what they thought was open world. Well, so they, now it's open world. They're just like, they oh, let's are... just take the next, let's just take like the next minute step of being like, oh, we locked off all these worlds and they're not really interconnected with each other. Let's just have it one giant map. They're just now thinking of this. Yeah, it's not that they're. It's not that they're just now thinking. Was it that what Coliseum was? Mm, yeah, kind of. What's actually. Coliseum? Oh my god! It's an old game on the GameCube. 
here, Chris, here's the thing about Pokemon. Pokemon is owned by Japanese people, okay? Yes, the I thing know. you gotta learn about Japanese creatives is when they get in their way, they get stuck in their way. And they, they, they do what works because it makes them money and they don't care. You don't have to change much of anything. Anyway, let move on! <laughs> I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Well, to be honest, I think there is a big difference between, say, a Zelda game uh, where uh, you go to each section on the map and you have to like use the map to get to it as opposed to breath of the wild where like it's all one big open space it's open world yeah. it is yeah yeah so um legends rcs is basically doing to the pokemon franchise kind of what breath of the wild did to the legends of the franchise in that it is a step towards fully open world it's not a complete open world but it's it's as close as i think they're going to be able to get and from what i've heard there are some sections that the Switch has a lot of issues loading and it lags like crazy because it's it's using every ounce of power that console can use. Aww. So oh, they're no. barely they're barely doing the bare minimum. But right now, it's a step towards the next direction. It and took them for... over 20 years to get to this. Yeah. <laughs> They'll get better. Give it, give them another game. They'll be fine. Give them another twenty years, and maybe they'll. Yeah. <laughs> Someone <laughs> says as 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 he's trying to justify why a company hasn't done something in twenty years. Just give them another game or two. They'll be fine. Wow. <laughs> That's mean. Uh, Companies no, want no money. I know. Well, it's a yearly release, so it's like whatever. Oh, it's yearly? So it's not like the last game was 20 years ago. They've had to, they've been doing it for 20 years consecutively. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Peter just realized it's worse. Peter, Peter, look at me. Don't get into Pokemon. I really won't. Peter, for, I, I, I know they just said that, but. No. Do you want to get into Pokemon? You no. don't even want to get into Pokemon. Get out of here. Shut up. I hear it's fun. I think I still hey. got a few cards in my basement. I mean, that first now. movie was a real Oscar winner. I hear, no, I, hear listen. I hear it's a great form of axcapism. Yeah. Oh, God. Escapism. That's it. Escapism. Escape. Escape. Escapape. There you go. Yep. Thank you. Shapoopy? Shapoopy. Shapoopy. Yeah! <laughs> that girl is hard to get. Shabupi. The girl is hard to get. Shapoopy. 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 That's all I'm going to say. Shapoopy. All right. Who wants to go next? I'm going to move on. Who's going next? We're on strike. Okay, uh, okay, so P- Peter, you're for sure doing it. <sighs> All right, let me get the hat. No, 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 not that you would go next, that, but that you're doing that movie. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm four, four score and seven years ago doing it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, let's see, what did I, what did I do? Um, uh, I, mean, I wanted to can, watch the French. I wanted to watch the French. You can also talk dispatch. about it. Uh, I'm going to talk about it with you. Um, 
You could talk about you could talk about those cooking shows you and your sister watched. Uh, I don't want to. I am good with that. You could talk Uh, about the other thing you watched with your sister. Um, I've already talked about this. I did not watch Peacemaker because I was gonna watch it with my sister, but she's like, "I want. Do I have to watch Suicide Squad?" And I said yes. So we watched that, and she did not love it. And she also did not care for the Peacemaker character. And so I was like, you know what? I don't like the Peacemaker either. Uh, and I was surprised they gave him a show too. But everyone seems to love the show. Doesn't so I matter. told her if I watched the show and I said, and I thought she might like it, I would tell her. But I, I, I'll what does that, that worked? Never. So I would think <laughs> it, if it doesn't matter if I watch it and I love it, then I know it's good. Um, right. But I doubt she basically she has no drive to watch it. And really doesn't really care to. It'll never. Um, uh, and the funny thing is, I think she would like Birds of Prey too, but I don't think she'll watch that either. Um, regardless, uh, we watched that instead of Peacemaker, and then we didn't go on to Peacemaker because she didn't like the Peacemaker character. Um, no one does. <laughs> uh, I was watching Game Grumps do Dog, Dog on Rampa, and that's just, uh, and again, anime done really slowly. Um, mm. Uh, and my favorite band to put, uh, they have an album coming out in two weeks. So it, it's music that they created back in two, 2018. And if you follow their boots, it's really awesome because when you go see them, they're not playing the album they just released. They're playing the songs for the album that's coming out. And it's really fun to watch the progression of those songs grow over time. And I didn't want to do that this time. I had heard them and I thought, oh, these are really good, but I don't want to follow Boots this time. And I missed years of them crafting it. And then the COVID happened and I they couldn't play. So that those Boots that everyone was fucking stoked about uh, were now pushed back by two years. So I didn't have to wait those two years because I wasn't bootifying <laughs> myself. Um, and then they sort of just kind of escaped my mind for a bit. And they announced in October that they were had a new album coming out, and then they had a single coming out. And I loved that single. And, of course, all the fans on the message boards freaked out. And it's just been every single day has just been pages and pages of those message boards getting filled up with just <laughs> flowery descriptions of how everyone just loves this music and how they've been waiting forever for this. And I'm just jumping on that train. And what's interesting for me is because they themselves as a band – are rolling out this stuff for their fans, I think, excellently. If you've been someone like me who's been fair-weathering it for the past four years. So, like, they put out a single. Then they put out um, a uh, two... They they put out um, two new songs of their rehearsal footage. Like, they put a camera in their rehearsal room, which they've never done before, and they've shown us how they play those songs live and how like if you see them live how they're going to sound and we have we have only heard our versions of boots and they know that they follow us in our boots uh as we follow them play live so what they did for that is they created their own radio broadcast and then they broadcast the demo versions of all of the songs for the next album so they gave us the best quality boots that anyone could ever have of their own stuff then they gave us the boots of the first concert ever where all these songs were ever created in high quality HD in New Orleans. 
and you start to see where like a lot of the background sounds of the new record came from this place in new orleans called the music box it's a giant playground they created where kids and tourists can go and just play on instruments all over the place and they recorded an entire concert there um and about 20 minutes are on youtube they're gonna they're gonna release the rest of it on an actual album uh, of all the songs that are on the two new albums they're making but there's 20 minutes of you can see them play them um uh, on youtube and then the actual concert has been out for years and people have been sitting on this concert going this thing is good these songs are amazing when are they going to come out they're now coming out they put out a new single with a new music video and the thing is these two new singles are of the songs that of the boots I like the least. And I really like these studio versions of the songs. One's really kind of like a good bopper. And then the other one's like a little bit more fun. You can dance a little bit more to it. I really dig it. They're really just kind of like groovers. There's nothing really kind of epic about them, I would say, but I really like them. And I know that there are better songs in the album. There's no, this band is well known for having their albums leaked and for having us on the message boards search very hard for those leaks. In fact, one album got leaked early and the band stopped interacting with their fans on the message board because it was kind of our fault. And it's been a really big, big deal, but it's really hard for albums to leak now. Studios pretty much have that shit on trap, which is why two weeks beforehand, we've seen no, no hair ahead of this album yet. So we don't think there's going to be a third single and they just drop it. It's seven minutes long. It's fucking epic. It's fucking great. It's like two. Yeah. It's like two different songs. Like one's a really good groover. It's kind of like a, it's got a slide guitar in it. It's really groovy. And then I'm liking it. And then all of a sudden halfway through they stop it and it becomes this explosive kind of studio I wouldn't say studio, but like stadium kind of rock sound, like really explosive, like the whole space gets filled. And then they just start having this weird rhythm to it. And then they break it, bring back the chorus again. And then between each breakdown of the rhythm, the drummer starts doing these like jazzy little breakdowns. And it's so fucking good. I've been listening to it for days. I just think it, and, and the, the, the singles they released are in sequence within the album. So if you listen to the album, the three singles they put out, you can listen in order of the album. So like you get an idea of what it sounds like without actually getting a separate sound of the re- of the whole thing, which I think is amazing. But you get a groove, you get like a groover and like something a little bit more fun. But in between them is like this epic fucking jam. And it just made me so much more psyched for this thing. And because I was nursing my back on the ground and looking like up at the ceiling more than at a screen as much as I would want to, I I was just absolutely devouring that thing. And if you think I'm obsessed with Twin Peaks, if you think I'm obsessed with fucking movies, I am obsessed with Animal Collective. And that like I I am never more stoked than this shit coming out in the next two weeks. It doesn't have to be the greatest thing ever, but they have not they have not grabbed me with their music as a whole in about six fucking like longer than six years almost eight and they're finally coming out with something where like i fucking love it i genuinely love it so that's probably the one thing i've been the most excited about i wish i could have seen french dispatch that would have been great but i did see bottle rocket so i did get (laughs) i I also listened to a lot of work on uh, a lot of stuff on wes anderson so i found out things that i had no idea about 
uh, when it comes to him that I'm actually kind of stoked to know now. So are you going to tell us during the review? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. I have something, I have something that like, I think is going to really amaze you two guys that I had no idea about, but, um, uh, yeah, I would say that's the thing that, uh, that I spent the most time on with most time on the message boards, just like, just watching a bunch of people just like say the most amazing flowery stuff about a song. I love the song and I've felt what these guys have felt 15 years ago, but I'm like a 35 year old and I'm like, I'm just happy. My favorite band's making music. And these guys are like, this is the greatest stuff ever guys. Like the universe makes sense now. Right. And I'm like, you guys are just the best. You're like the fucking best. I fucking love it. (laughs) It's so amazing. The thing is like, because they haven't made music in six years, people have been fans of this band uh, and like haven't had a lot of people to talk to about. And now that they are coming back with good new music again, we now live in an era where if you're a dork about anything, you're going to find the other dorks out there talking about it in some way. Like 10 years ago, there weren't people on YouTube running five hour marathons on all the discogs of this band. Now I found that video in about maybe 10 minutes. Hey, so, Alex. There are people out there dorking about this band as much as I am. So I'm actually uh, loving it this time around. What up? You know that they have a show coming up in March. I that do. Is- I actually have eight tickets to go. <laughs> Why do you have eight tickets for? Yes, because I bought two tickets for myself the moment the album got announced. He wants to then- go eight times at once. And then my mom uh, and dad got me three tickets for Christmas and my brother got me three tickets for Christmas as well. So we now have, we now, we have most of them covered. Peter's going, I'm going, his girlfriend's going, uh, Brian, my brother's going, and then he's got his two extra tickets that he's going to get covered. And even if we don't, I can just go on to that message board and find somebody real fucking fast that would want to go to that Who needs a ticket? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. Um, so I'm, I am for sure. And that's the thing. If they don't, if it doesn't happen, the concert doesn't happen. That's fine by me. I've seen them before. I went to a concert where one of them was playing and my brother got an album signed by them for me. So I I've had my experiences with the band live. I just want to live for the next week. I need to live for the next 12 days so that I can come home from work you know, get my mind right and then sit down and listen to that album. Maybe watch some dandy afterwards. Like I, I want to have a good fucking time uh, um, because I think I did the right thing. And I waited four years for them to announce that these songs have been completed and prepared rather than just hype myself up on these right. boots. Cause then like when the studio record would come out, I'd be like, Oh, but you didn't do that thing you did in 2019. You didn't do they don't they left the fucking harmonies out and I'm like nope don't want that anymore. There's a song they put on an album years ago that like I I always wanted them to add one element to it. It's because the first time I ever heard it, I heard it in this live thing on YouTube. And I just when I hear that song, that's what I hear. I can still hear the studio and dig it, but I did not want that this time. And I think they it just the way that they are presenting the material to their fans to get them prepared was so smart and it's created like the best reaction for me, but there's a varied reaction of very different people who have been watching them on the message board, which is another thing, like just loving something so passionately and having a community somewhere online that can enjoy it is awesome. And that was nice because I couldn't look at a screen the, the way I wanted to without cre- creaking my fucking neck. 
So well, I try. I, I do have a remedy for that. All you got to do, just make sure you're wearing headphones, like Bluetooth ones. And then you get a glass table and you just lay underneath it and you put your phone on top of the table. So you're huh. looking at it. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I only use my glass table for cocaine. So I'll see if I can <laughs> clean it up pretty good yeah yeah this is kind of like that but instead you're laying down not doing cocaine and looking up at got it because yeah. i was assuming that it would just fall on my face if i no no, it no, no 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 you get a funnel right and got then you it. just pour it down your nose you know oh okay but instead of doing that you're not okay <laughs> i think i'm just gonna move on to heroin i think that's gonna be easier that way anyway hey, you don't uh, yeah that. yeah uh, so anyway, that's the thing. Like it, it's a seven-minute song. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's may not even be my favorite one from that record. That's going to end up happening. But I really didn't think they had something like this in them for a long time. And wow. uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that they have the ending that they do. It's just so fucking cool. There's like this breakdown and then just like the drums come in. It's so fucking fun. It's a good song. Yeah, I'm I'm withholding pretty much everything. The first couple songs you sent me, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to them. But now I'm like, I just want to go into that concert cold, just not know anything. I mean, the album's out in two weeks, so they're going to play some of that stuff. But half of that concert is going to be straight up songs that won't premiere for another year. I know. I just I just I don't want it. I just don't want anything. Just going to. But go I will say there. this, this song that they came out, I cannot wait to see that crowd sing with them. I can't wait to see this played live and to see the crowd just like sing it back. It's going to be so much fun. Maybe I'll listen to that one. Maybe I'll listen to the one that you're really jazzed. Just about. one, just, just once I've listened to it so much. And I think within the, uh, and the, uh, the other two songs, it doesn't like segue into them, but I do think that as the three of them together, they are very good. It's interesting. None of them segue they have in other albums before. Hmm. So I wonder if they do that at all. Um, but this song in particular is just so much fun. Like one or two times and then taking a break for a week and a half, I don't think would be a problem. But like, again, also that video has a wizard dancing, but also there's a little wizard in Rushmore too. A little tiny wizard in Rushmore. <laughs> I was like, the wizard's around here. Cool. Um, Doesn't like shaking uh, hands. Uh, this, so yeah, the, there are <laughs> other songs. There, Well, there's a reason. He was a dick. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, I think the first half of the song reminds me of other songs they played before, but are still really fun. And then there's a moment where it stops. There is a moment. Silent. Exactly. There's a moment where the song stops and then AV kicks in with his voice. And then it's just like, dude, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. And then they redo it again at the end, but they have these drum breakdowns and it's so simple, but it's so good. And that's just the one like, you just texted good. me, right? The one that you just texted. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's fucking good, man. I'll I listen really to it. love it. I'll listen to really it. Really love it. It's, uh, but as for the show, the great thing about what you're talking about is you could listen to that album in two weeks. You get nine new songs you've never heard before. They'll play probably seven of them at the show. And then the rest of the show is going to be new stuff, brand new stuff that like you can't find in a studio. Anyway, you're getting the experience you want and you're getting an extended experience of the record, which I've Gosh. always loved about them. That's just, yeah. they do that every time, except for painting with the one that you thought sounded like computer parts and video game sounds. Mm. It's the one album they never played live before they put it out. And I was never a fan. And then you listen to the live shows that they put out for free afterwards. 
with those songs and it's like oh those are way better because they've actually harmed home them in front of an audience the way right. they used to. um really liked this song strung with everything it's so it's so good it's such a positive song of just like let's watch the world burn together why not it's really <laughs> it's yeah. really good it's like the world is falling down who cares you're here with me we're all connected it's great i love it it's so good Anyway, that's my thing. That's my thing. And then I watched a, I watched one movie with Peter outside of Rushmore, but he's I'm pretty sure he's going to talk about that. Is it me now? Yep. All right. So briefly, I am on the third season of Avatar: The Last Airbender. I thought I'd like you know I watched the first season with the show, and then and I will be for, getting back to that. Yeah, for the show. I'm just once once I do finish the season, it'll probably be my or the whole series, it'll be like, you know, the next highlight or if I finish it in time or not. Um, but yeah, the, we want Alex and I watched, uh, Rushmore. And then after that we had, uh, we rummaged through the movie fridge for quite some time. <laughs> I had ideas. I had ideas for him and his girl. His girl likes romances and horror movies. I had a couple ideas in mind, and then yeah, I started thinking. Uh, the funny thing is, is both the horror movie I had in mind before was about two people in a house talking the entire time, and the romance I had in mind was about two people in a house talking the entire time. So I did notice that after I left, I was like, "Fuck, those are both the same fucking thing." All right, cool. <laughs> um, but as I was going through the list, I saw Stir of Echoes, and it's like every time I see that, I'm like, "That movie's great." And I had, I had never seen it before, and neither did she. Um, it, was, it came out in 99. Mr. Mr. Bacon is in it. Kevin. It's just like Kevin Bacon. It's just like Kevin Bacon. Uh, it's, I mean, it's more than just, you know, something happening in a house. But, like, because when, when you said that, it made me think of, like, paranormal activity where it's just really fucking boring, except you have, like, the little footage, found footage type thing. It's not, like you're cramped in the house like they do go around and shit only you know a couple blocks away from the house but it, it is technically a haunted house movie and yeah. yes you you've grown up in a generation where that has been watered down to the point of just let's put a couple in the house and then have some camera tricks when i think haunted house movies i think of the only person doing them well these days is james wan that's why i liked malignant because it's like starts out as a haunted house movie and then it turns into this crazy action fucking set piece of uh, insanity and it's the same thing here it starts out as a haunted house thing and then you're like no this is way more, more in depth way way more, more elaborate yeah. i it's it's one of the best horror movies i think that i've seen it's it's on my top list but again from what alex said it i don't have the best experience my generation our generation basically doesn't really have the best experience with horror movies they got so cheap and they just are relying on jump scares and the stories don't really fucking matter and then when you do pay attention to the stories they're basically just changing the names around and instead of a demon it's a fucking nun and then instead of a nun it's just a <laughs> witch it's like it's just it's all interchangeable and it kind of all just blurs together but this is totally different and it was also 20 24 years ago wait 23 yeah 23 years ago 
You you made a really good point as we were watching it. You're like the way that they build these scenes and the suspense and the way that they craft. Oh my gosh! Into yeah, the, the the way they craft a scene around something is really good, and that's yeah. It's it's not about everything building to a jump scare. It's about everything building to. It's about moments building on each other. It's you see something creepy or a weird sound happens, yeah, and then two seconds later it's like calm and then it's calmer for long. Like there's so many different camera things he's doing within the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me that the, the suspense is rewarded. Like you're not, it's not building suspense and then there's a jump scare and then it's just, it's just a fleeting moment and then it's just gone. It's like there, it's a buildup and you're rewarded with like more story with something visual like that would connect later in the story and little, little things you pick up and start piecing together. It's really cool like that. But, what really, really impressed me, the same thing, just in a, a different in a different way, that how they were building that suspense was so simple that like someone else making the movie, if they weren't on the same page, could have just had, you know, the same shot happening over and over again. And like technically it would be the same thing. You're showing the same thing going back and forth, but there wouldn't be this buildup. Like it was so simple. It's just this red light was triggering this guy. And then it would, um, then it was bouncing between that and what was it? The baby monitor? Yeah. Yeah. It was a baby monitor. The No, no. The baby monitor, um, was at the first party and the red light happens when they went to the football game. Yeah. But the red light was bouncing between. No, I think, I think what happens, uh, with the red light is he sees the babysitter and the whole screen turns red like infrared and you're like oh that's an that's like an interesting little camera trick but then he leaves and then everything that's red everything that produces a red light creates that same moment in his head and so there's a a brake light there's the exit light there's this and that and there's like but that's intercutting that's intercutting with the babysitter though and the kid but no yeah oh it's it's yeah i got you yeah it's the baby monitor basically and her going back and forth and then it's the Cause she's listening to the kid breathing and then eventually the kid stops breathing and she's like, what the fuck? But it's, that is going back and forth between the dad going through the town and all these red lights are triggering him. And it's like this high frequency vibration. It's bouncing back and forth between the two in a way that could, you could easily just fuck up in, you know, if, if someone else was making it, it was, it's just, it was so simple. Like it was just the sound and then the camera is like the cuts were the thing that was building the momentum. Like, yeah, he like every, if you had them separate, there was still momentum there, but it's like two things that are, that are building up to something are happening at the same time. And they're feeding off of each other. It's like a feedback loop. I mean, it was, it was so intense and it was just because two things were happening, but they were connected in some way. It was just, it was crazy, crazy, crazy cool. I thought it was, just I don't know. It's just inspiring because it when I th- when I think of horror movies, I think of yeah, like building the momentum and maybe there's not a jump scare, but how do they build that momentum? Oh, it's just it's just you know the sound, like so like some violins are screeching or you know the sound yeah. is, gets higher. It's like eh, yeah. and like you get that you get that DHX, suspense, yeah. but it's like I don't know. It was just completely different, and I haven't really seen much like that. 
I think I think you're highlighting, yeah, that uh, the editing would do a lot. The cross, the cross uh, cutting between a lot of scenes, um, and a lot of those moments was the big deal. Um, but uh, it, it it's really interesting because every single time this happens in the movie, the whole point of the movie we should talk about. The whole point of the movie is Kevin Bacon and his wife. Uh, they have a kid. He's five years old. The wife is now discovered she is pregnant. Kevin Bacon is a guy who had dreams to be a musician and stuff like that. And now he's just a construction, not a construction worker, but he's just a guy that works uh, in the same neighborhood he grew up in. And he goes to a party um, with his wife's sister. She hypnotizes him and in the process of hypnotizing his accidentally opens up a doorway in his mind that allows him to connect with something. I'll decide something um, basically well, uh, the other side of uh, death. It just and so he, it just so happened that his house was basically haunted, but she opened his mind so vaguely where she's like, you should just be more open minded. So it's not just this one thing. It's like the whole thing so that whatever realm this this dead thing is in. There are most likely other things because his child is experiencing it too before he, before he was. So it's just in that bloodline for some reason they're very susceptible to have this sort of open mind. Yeah, it's really good. It, I it, I believe it's based off a book. It is based off a book. It the book is a stir of echoes and the movie is stir of echoes. The screenwriter is pretty famous. He's worked for a lot of people, including Spielberg, up to this point. This was his second movie. And then he has since gone on to do a lot of things. Probably the one movie he wished he didn't do was, uh, God, what was it? oh, yeah, Blade 3. He really wishes he had not oh. been involved with that because oh. he's the guy who wrote all the Blade movies and then eventually oversee oversaw the blade movies as a director and just were Wesley Snipes just fucking ruined that for him. David Coop, David Coop has gone on as a, is a big screenwriter and has gone to make some movies himself. One that everyone loves that's in the same ballpark as this is secret window with Johnny Depp, um, which is one I would suggest as well. I like stir of echoes much. I like it a lot. I've seen it several times. I can see uh, why. Several times. On uh, on cable, it's one. It's like Tremors two. It's like um, it's. I would put it up there with like Stretch or Collateral as movies that the moment I saw them, I'm like, you're not perfect, but you're not. You're my new fucking best friend, and I'm gonna tell everyone about you. And if they don't like you, I will. I will consider consider not judging them. They're the kind of movies that if people <laughs> loved, then I love that person. If you don't like, I completely get. They're just like that fucking weirdo in school. They're my Max Fisher. I'm like, you're awesome. You have some problems, but you're awesome. Yeah. The the just just the characters themselves too were really interesting. And yeah, like with horror movies, you can kind of pick up on certain certain things that have been done before and after, where, you know, the if if someone in the relationship, one person in the relationship is experiencing all of these paranormal things in this house and the other person doesn't 
and clearly that person who is experiencing them is like unraveling and going fucking insane and like can't sleep and looks disheveled and is just like literally just starts acting crazy because they don't know what the hell's going on and usually that the partner the other partner doesn't understand it's like you're just crazy you don't know what you're talking about and that was kind of the case but in a more refreshing way like it felt more the the marriage felt realistic where yes they're not on the same wavelength but um you know they they got into an argument which was perfectly understandable this guy's fucking digging holes in his backyard and just it's i mean it got to the point where he had so many headaches and he was going around he didn't even have water with him so he's just chewing the headache pills while he's talking to people it was fucking hilarious it was so funny like this candy's like like, tic tacs yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) i was thinking about that too today i'm like he was really munching on them it was so funny it's such a good just little thing but so his wife was not under not fully understanding but eventually she came around to she's like i i can't understand the torment you're going through but i can understand that you're going through it yeah so yeah sometimes and it came it came around i mean it, it felt in a way it felt like it was a real relationship rather than just like an eye roll and you're like whatever there was still an it, eye roll but you're like god damn what the fuck it was, yeah it wasn't fracturing the relationship like at the end of the day he they like at the at the end of the biggest fight they call each other hours later and they're like ah that was fucking stupid yeah so, like, like it, it got like resolved. he did some he did some pretty aggressively insane shit and he's like going through some like unbelievable crap that she kind of believes. And they like call each other. And he's like, that was fucking crazy of me. I'm sorry. And she's like, you want me to pick you up? And it's like, wow. All right. Okay. Like it's not hurting. It's, it's putting conflict between them, but at no point is it so fractured that she's like, I want a fucking divorce. Like there's no, she's constantly like, right. exactly. you're, like I need to fucking leave cause you're too much, but I'm going to be back in an hour and you better have the kids in bed. Like, I'll see you later. I fucking love you. And it's like, yeah, I get it. It's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Every every aspect of the of the movie was like that, where it was just it was a horror movie, but it was just better in every way and more realistic. And you can like, yeah, I can see myself doing something like that or just little little character beats and little visual cues were just trickled throughout the whole thing. So if you're just, you know, if you want one thing out of the movie, you're going to get rewarded no matter what, because there's so many things to look for. Um, and yeah, the, the ending, which I don't know, I don't, I kind of don't want to spoil it just in case someone is like me out there and was like, Oh, I've never seen this movie. That's been out for 23 years. Uh, I, I do think that, practical some there was one practical effect that i just couldn't wrap my my head around it it looked amazing of course but it was the technicality of that thing looking the way it did was kind of like eh that's not really and i'm not talking about like a uh, or some shit i'm not talking like have that you looked demon. it up have you have you messed up your google search history with the truth no i just know that's not how that stuff works how do you know i just i've I just know from previously looking things up like that. Um, there were, I forget what movie it, damn, I really forget what movie it was. It was like kind of a Shakespearean movie and this girl drowned and she was like, 
But it was a fictional movie as well. Yeah, it was a fictional thing as well. Um, I think it was true. I think it was no, no, no. I'm getting to the point. Hang on. Have I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> have some, have some Whatever. Uh, and, you know, when you're, when you are submerged in water and you're dead, you kind of, you know, like puff up. Like you're a sponge essentially, but no matter what your body does kind of puff up a little bit because you're rotting away. And in the, I think it was a play. So like in, in my, in my, uh, English class I think we were we were reading that and then we you know watched the movie and just the thing that it got wrong was like she looks completely fine in the and she's been in submerged in the water for like weeks while they're while these people are trying to find her body and she looks she looks perfect like it's it's she just looks so perfect in Hollywood that I was like wait how like which is right is it the is it the script she was never submerged in water though I'm getting to the point, goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already got an argument for the water thing ready. I just don't know if you when you switched movies or not, and if you did. So I looked up how long does that stuff take to happen? Because she's gonna look, no matter what the argument was, she was submerged in that water and she looks perfect she like she's glowing she looks super pretty and then i was like but the but the place that she was like all puffy and so like in during class we actually looked that up and yes she would look fucking disgusting and then i was like well other people have died and then you know when it's like a cop show or something and they look like they look like they've been dead for fucking years but they you know the body's been around you know, just for a couple weeks or something like plenty of cop shows and in, in other movies have done it. So I looked that up and yeah, it doesn't it. You wouldn't look like a like a fucking Egyptian mummy within a couple of months. Like you wouldn't be skin and bone. You would still be rotting, especially if you are wrapped in plastic or, you know, put in a tomb or something. Even mummies and tombs don't even look like that. So like where, where you're just skin and bone. So if you are, if you, you're basically pickled because you're, you're wrapped up in something. So the elements, natural elements can't get at you. That's why we put fucking leftovers in plastic bags and shit. You don't just throw that in the fridge or leave it out. It's going to go bad. And then, and then it will look moldy and shit, but you, you won't, you won't look like, you won't look like an Egyptian mummy or something like that. You, you there is there is a reality and i think movies should follow that reality more because from from what happened in the movie i don't think it would it wouldn't have taken away anything i think you could have still had fun with makeup and whatnot i think it's a it could be as simple as that as that's the only dead body they had the budget for at that moment of shooting right but but ultimately um they she was not wrapped in plastic she they just had plastic on her really i mean i guess she was wrapped but she wasn't like she i guess she was like laura palmer wrapped where she was yes. like jet wrapped and but either the way most, you're not going to be the most person. important thing is that she was uh entombed in a wall like they really did seal her in a wall in a brick wall that probably yeah. did cut off some air um and they put her in the basement of a Chicago house, which has some of the coldest winters. 
And yeah. they aren't in winter, they are in summer, which means when she was put under there, it was cold. So her body, it was probably kept cool for quite a while in that basement. So I do think that there's probably some, and it was six months, it wasn't a couple. <clears throat> so oh, there's some still, reason to believe. Still. There's some reason, I think, to believe that that is probably, I think it's probably a little bit more accurate to give it credit for, but it also wasn't the he- the most heavily budgeted movie. And he's it's like the second movie that director's ever made. Maybe right. he wasn't really trying to look into how long does it take to decompose a body. Maybe he did in the studio was like, no, we don't want people to know what a real six month in a whole dead body looks like, Coep. We want you to fucking put a like mummified body down there. Like something that looks like Larissa Olenek. Because maybe that's the thing. They just wanted something that looked like the actress so that they could go, oh, okay, that's for sure her. It could be as simple as that. But um, yeah. at the end of the day, um, I've never cared. I think ultimately <laughs> when I do think about it, though, because you pointed it out, I think they wanted something to be like, yep, that's for sure her. Yeah, which is funny because – the only thing that really resembled that girl was her clothes. <laughs> uh, I've actually, I'm actually a big fan of that actress, and I do think it looks like her. She's from a Nickelodeon show I grew up on, Which, and she's from Ten okay. Things, and she was from. Okay, I, I'm, I like. Up... I sorry, I had a crush on Larissa Olamic. I'm protective of Larissa Olamic. <laughs> so that no, but you bring up a good point. That means that they had a head cast of her, and did movie makeup. On top of that has to make her look like a mummy because she's not actually there. They it's a completely separate thing. It's a prop. Yeah. But that means that they got a head cast, and instead <clears throat> of just making her look a little dead, they made her look like she was Egyptian fucking mummy dead. Uh, I mean I don't I guess. I don't know. I think they <laughs> they had the right she, she certainly had the has right. <laughs> it looks like her body was covered it looked like bones were covered with jerky i'll, I'll say that it looks yeah. like there was still some skin on there that was not completely rotted away to a skeleton yet but i think Six again it's it's chicago it, she's in a wall it's chicago those she they even say that she was killed at the early start of winter um and yeah, I think the entombed wall. There, there isn't a lot of air that gets down there, and it's freezing cold. So I think that probably ensealed the process a little bit more. There's a possibility that since it was becoming spring, that, that maybe long enough they actually would. And that's the other thing. They don't smell the body. No one ever smells the body until he opens up that wall. So there is no air sealed in there until he opens up. So Which like there is the body more. Yes, that's would be that's yeah. I think is probably a helpful element to it. Right. But if it preserved the body more, it wouldn't look like that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Either way, it wouldn't look no, like No, what do you, what are you you saying it should be what? It, there should be more skin and stuff on there? Yes. Cuz oh, it is well, preser- it is preserved. You're preserving mm. it that way. That's my point this whole time. <laughs> so, either way, <laughs> that was if that's my little minute gripe, it that it's you know a an amazing movie, and I think more people should know about it. And it's and it just, it, I this is the sort of thing that deserves like more and more movies like it because it you can have spiritual sequels with this sort of thing. It doesn't have to be the dad and the son. It can be someone who also has. 
this ability that can, you know, connect to this other, this other, you know, realm, basically. Well, it, it does have that. Yeah, and it and it does have that. But I think it it just I don't know. It just deserves more. Like, you you could have a whole mini series or something, hour long episodes, and it's just the only thing that's really connecting them together is just you know that these people can connect to the this in-between place basically it's such a good concept that i'm kind of i'm kind of confused why it just hasn't it hasn't happened into this to this quality before or after I, when I when I watching it again, it reminded me a lot of the Frighteners, and that it would be cool if like the father and son were doing a like glass type thing where they're trying yeah. to like stop things and and save ghosts and stuff. But that also is counterintuitive to what that ending implies, which is it's more ominous than it is anything else. Right. Um, because you said it yourself. Like, why is she so angry? And it's because she's not helping. Uh, and when more people know you can help, like how how shitty would it be to to be a ghost in that neighborhood and be like, did you hear about? Did you hear about Samantha? They fucking got her to the other side. My my family doesn't. My family doesn't medium bastards. Fuck. I'm gonna knock over their milk. <laughs> I'm gonna make their I'm gonna make their baby float. Orange juice, do. not milk. Uh that's if they know. That's if they know and are listening. That's true. Um, then they get treated with orange juice and rather disgusting milk. Yeah, uh, so the, yeah, the story true. was was super 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 interesting too because it it was a mystery on top of it being a thriller and a horror and having so many different and very unique and distinguishing just camera tricks. Like there wasn't a lot of like prosthetic shit. Like. At one point, he he pulls his own tooth out in the mirror, and it's just you know it's a separate denture that goes over your your teeth anyway. Like there, that is that it is that sort of prosthetic stuff. But everything else is just like, what can we do with the camera? Like the camera is another character in and of itself. No matter what, if it's a show, a, a fucking movie, whatever, it's it is also a thing. It, it it can be a living, breathing thing if you want it to. It can do all sorts of stuff. But usually it's just standing there or, you know, doing a cool spin move. Parkour. But this, it was using all sorts of shit. Just in inversion, you know, color palette changes, um, different sort of wipes or focusing issues or, you know, doing something at a higher or a higher frame rate so person walks slow and that's why they look all twitchy and shit when they play it to normal speed because there's just more frames in between so like it looks really twitchy because that person is walking and doing everything in super slow motion you know when you're standing and moving you're balancing on one foot for like two minutes when you're doing it and you know in real time you're you do it for like a fraction of a second so that's why it looks all twitchy and shit and weird like movies have done that sort of thing before but Horror movies just don't get super experimental with with camera stuff and how to tell the story and how to keep things suspenseful. Yeah, I feel like he's having fun. I feel like the director is having fun with all these different ways. There are some jump scares in it, and there are some things that Peter predicted, like the classic 
mirror, close the mirror, there's a ghost thing. Yeah. But he, I, and although some of those th- moments did happen, what I did love is that you did not predict where the story would go. Right. And, and to, to like end my thoughts on it, it was very fun watching you and Celery at the end the last 20 minutes be like how is this going to end like i don't know what's going to happen like what does this mean like, what are the consequences what is the, of what all is the yeah like who did oh i didn't say i called it you guys argued about whether you called it or not and my and you said it yourself and i wasn't going to say it but i was secretly thinking about it like i do every time i show someone a movie um i put on i could have put on a, a comedy for us i could have put on a, an art film and let Sess do tiktok for a while but I specifically put on a horror movie I thought that you both would enjoy. Yeah. And I thought you would enjoy most because I enjoyed a lot. And it is a male journey. But it is also just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought that she would eventually at some point turn her head. I thought it was funny the moment she eventually turned her head. But uh, I do like the fact that she eventually was like, what are you guys watching? And then I think she turned her head specifically because of that scene. Yes. Like any good girlfriend should. But also she got in, into it, which your guys' arguing and discussion at the end was a lot of fun. Because I was like, it isn't just a good horror movie based off of techniques. The techniques are varied and seem to be by someone who just got a new tool set and is trying to use every tool they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story is so much fun that you guys are enjoying it and guessing because of those kinds of because he's what he, what he's created with those tools mm-hmm. like wh- like every single kind of thing scare and moment that happened led to a babysitter taking the baby somewhere right. and then and then he tells his wife the information that he gets and you're like huh i didn't think it was going to end this way right you thought like you thought something else was going to happen entirely i i would assume cuz i always still have to this day Watching it again, really, I was like, wow, I wasn't really I forgot even about that. assuming this time. I was just kind of, I turned my brain off fully to just watch the story. I, I really think, I, I really think those tricks build to interesting turns and story choices, and it makes you care about. It takes, I will say, it takes a lot from The Shining, but in in The Shining, it's about a broken marriage trying to fix itself. And uh, and it completely ignoring the problems it has, whereas yeah. this movie is a marriage that is facing trouble, but is stronger than they realize and are actually getting through this because of that strength in their marriage. Are they having problems and troubles? Yeah, but Everyone on both does. sides, it's it's both of them. Like one per, one family member loses their grandparents, while the other person's dealing with a ghost that needs them to fix their problem. It's it's you know. Uh, <laughs> It happens. So they are dealing with it, I think, pretty admirably. Like they have one fight and then he goes up there and he tries to fix it in the best insane way he can and then predicts something that she's like, well, you were right. <laughs> like, I love that. She's like, damn, you were right. Uh, and then instead they fight about, you know, whether he can spare two days or not. And like, that's really interesting to me. You don't think the movie's going to take the time to do that. And right. it's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. It just, I didn't think it would take the time to have so many little funny elements like him eating the pills because he clearly doesn't have water any, anymore. It's just those little things that were it, literally you, it wouldn't fucking matter 
if it wasn't in there. But instead, it was probably Kevin Bacon being like, well, I don't have water. I'm going to need to be taking these pills. You know, it could have just been an acting choice in that moment. Do we have the pills? Can we get those fake pills on set sort of thing? Or like maybe the director was like, hey, like this guy doesn't even he's so fucking crazy and he's disheveled and he's going through all this lunacy that he's like just munching on these (laughs) headache pills. I love it. Yeah, I loved it, too. It's pretty good. Stir of Echoes. Stir of Echoes. Check it out, Zach. It's a really good horror movie. I will. Sounds really interesting. They made a sequel years later for TV on USA. It's starring Rob Love, and I have not seen it. But I've seen Stir of Echoes several times, and it's very good. Very solid, just a fucking solid movie. Yeah, it went by. It went by so quickly too. Nice. Because every every moment you're just so hooked. You're not looking at the time after a couple scenes because you're like, oh, let's go. Like it was, it was going the whole time. You didn't have fucking. You didn't even have a moment to look at your phone. <laughs> and there were ads. There was like ten fucking ads in that movie. Uh, <laughs> brutal. You know, the, you know the movie's good when you hate a good streaming services ads. Yeah, we hate. Uh, what did you watch, Chris? <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Okay. So I watched more than I thought I would. So, but I have to pick. I did not see those recent episodes of Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker, so I can't talk about those either. Okay. Um, I uh, yeah. How could you um, not? Not. None of your business. Um, I'm guessing. So, none of your business. Uh, so, Not high school. <laughs> so, um, Monday, literally, like, like almost like a few hours after we recorded, hurt my neck. <laughs> I pulled a, I pulled a muscle in my neck, mm. and like. Somehow the pain just like shot into my shoulder. Yeah. It's so like I was just like all this all day. Yeah. So I was like, I can't I couldn't move my neck because it because it, it hurt. And so I was just like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay in bed and watch movies. Um Yay. I only ended up watching two that day because I felt mm. better after that. It's but so um let's see. Um I watched. I re, I ended up rewatching Zootopia. We were, ta- we were talking yeah. about it too, weren't we? We were. Like, man, it's like, it's like one of the, honestly, to me, it's one of the better non-Pixar Disney movies yes. out there. Like, I remember way back when when we first started this, like people are going to be talking about this, and like people kind of like stopped talking about it. I'm just like how well it's about in, it's about it's about racism and drugs but uh, that's not what i want to harp on well in fairness chris briefly sorry uh well sorry the furry community must have taken it over sorry no 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 in fairness disney's had some real bangers the last few years post zootopia like they've had moana coco and coco is pixar sure and Kanto is pixar sure moana and Encanto. Okay, and Kanto is Pixar. It's not Pixar. Liar! 
I don't believe it is Pixar. You can look it up. I you can you can you can you wait. Can you know, what? I think it is. I, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know. I thought it was Disney. It is Disney. But after, not gonna lie, after Soul, I'm kind of Pixar out unless they like really try. Walt to Disney do... Animation Studios distributed by Walt Disney Motion Pictures. Damn it! Sixtieth film. Fine. Whatever. Encanto. Probably not as good as Utopia. Hey, Absolutely. off topic. Peter Slackers is on Amazon Prime. Like really? It. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. It had nothing to do with anything we were talking about. Way to break that up. Um, I'm, but anyway, I'm that's not the movie I want to talk about. I did. I did take a risk. I. I um, that's not really. It's not really. It's not really a risk. I wanted to. There was something on my radar that I've been meaning to get around to, and I need to start clearing that list. Um. St- Alex, stop me if you've heard this quote before. Let me uh, pull it up real quick. I uh, got ruined by that quote. Okay. They say God doesn't close one door without opening another. Please, God, open that door. See if he remembers. Mm. I'm not actually. I'm not sure if you've seen it though. So that was kind of pointless. It may. It may have been, but it, I've seen a lot of things, so you never know. Um. I, it is not ringing a particular bell. Not the second half of that quote. Um, how about uh, you know, I never met a black Russian before. Yeah, I get that a lot. Oh, that does sound familiar. Oh wow, Alex, we watched <laughs> this. We watched this together. <laughs> Did you rewatch? Did you rewatch Stretch? No, I watched Nobody. Uh, Oh my God, we were talking about this. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God, I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. Oh my God. Since we first watched it. Yeah. Yeah, Isla Schuler, the guy who directed Hardcore Henry. Guys, he can make a rampage movie, can he? Ah, he's great. I'm a huge Odenkirk fan. Movie's fantastic. Bob Odenkirk, like man, like oh gosh, that he whole... trained so fucking hard, and then he almost died. Uh, <laughs> um, he's back, baby. Better call Saul. Wrapping that up, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's just like I only know Island Nightshuler's um, only like his work. He did do a music video for the weekend, um, or the weekend. Um, was, it, was it blinding lights? No, no. it was a uh, false alarm. Oh. Uh, he, it was a Wait, uh, he did false alarm. Yeah, he made the false alarm music video. That was him. Wow. Um, where it's just like a first, it's like a, it's like that hardcore Henry like first person perspective, them like running from zombies. It's great. Um, oh. so I. I really liked it. That whole bus fight is top notch. <laughs> when it was just like he hits the guy's throat with the uh, handlebar, no handlebars, um, and right in the neck. And then he got 
<laughs> then he cuts the uh, he cuts the guy's neck, and then sticks a straw in it. Yeah, walks out the bus. Is like, sorry about the mess. Ah, Derek Kolstad is a great writer. <laughs> he's and a he's a, certainly consistent. Very consistent. And Isla Nightshula knows how to pick like so knows how to pick songs. Like yeah, uh, I mean we've talked about his scores before. Yep. Um like man, I was just ha- like I was just sitting there just like I was like sitting in bed, just like laying down watching this movie, just having an absolute blast. Like man, I want Isla Nightshula to make more movies and like this is like just a, this is like a really good like rampage rampage movie, and I like. Well, considering it took him a long time for him to make that movie after Hardcore Henry being his first, this is his second movie. Uh, this did very well for him enough for him to, to get the weekend music video. So I think he, there's going to be good things coming for him after that, for sure. Um, but it was just like. And the icing on the cake, man. Like you, like it's just that level of ridiculousness that, like, that I missed that that I like missed in Hardcore Henry, where at the end of this movie and how that main guy dies, uh, how the how the Russian uh, dies, how he like duct tapes a claymore to a bulletproof door, and then charges at him. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> oh man, just like oh gosh, guys, this whole that movie was so good, and man, so like yeah, I'm gonna uh, like I said, like I said uh, last week, I want to make it more of a thing where I'm just like tr- crossing off things on my on my personal backlog. Um, I love it. I love it. Well, like yeah, nobody nobody was great. Um. Uh, that whole scene with where he walks in the oh man, I could talk about scenes about this movie all day. Where he walks into the uh he walks into the tattoo parlor and he's just like like okay, there are three kinds of people who you would say flash cheese. The guys the kind who don't know any better, like the kind who are looking for trouble, and the kind who's and the kind who so badly want you to try and take it from him. And like and then the guy sees the tattoo on his wrist, he's like, uh, uh thank you for your service. And then just like Looney Tunes locks the door behind him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so oh, I, I think love that movie. So um the next movie I'm gonna try and go for this week is The Last Duel. That's a good one. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and I'm gonna give that one a shot. Because really? like because here's my thing. Here's my here's my whole process. I did like Ridley Scott's um, Robin Hood movie. Like, I remember liking that, but I haven't seen it in so long. That is not my curiosity, by the way. Um, no, no, that's you're just watching this on your own. This yeah. is your curiosity for yourself, right? I've heard good things. Like it's like it's like that movie that you wish. Apparently, it's described as that movie you kind of wished you saw in theaters, but nobody really did, and Ridley Scott got pissed about it. Um, so his other movie in he made this year actually Ridley was Scott gets pissed off about the stupidest of things. No, I True. think Ridley I think Ridley Scott has reasons for his anger and I find them to be very compelling. Um 
he also made another movie this year that actually was one of the bigger hits, but it is not, as one would say, as serious of a film as The Last Duel. And the other thing about The Last Duel that I want you to keep in mind, Chris, and I will watch this this week with you. I will okay. do that. Um, oh, boy. That, that's usually not a good also, It was also written by, uh, co-written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, as well as the female oh, that's co-star of this movie. That is what I'm also curious about. I hear Affleck is amazing in it. Do I think it's a serious movie? It's a serious movie. Um, okay. And I and I want you to just understand that when you're going in, that you're going to be, it's like, there are things about it that I think you're going to enjoy, but it's about serious things. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Just, I, but do, I, I love the change you're taking because I also really want to watch that too. And now that it's on HBO Max, my mouth is drooling. I, I hear, oh, I, again, it's on like HBO you, Max? I don't even have to it, rent it. Nope, it's on HBO Max. It came Let's on go. this or the week before. Um, that's why I'm watching it with you for sure, because it is uh, for free. And it's something that I wanted to. And French Dispatch may be the thing that I watch separately. And since you're going to watch it, we can talk about it. But I, I, um, that's my that's the thing I would tell you to look forward to the fact that they wrote it and they have not written anything since Good Will Hunting together. Um, they invited the female actress to write as well. No, I'm sorry, not the female actress, but a female writer to come in as well and write her lines. So right. they aren't writing the actress's lines. Um, and it's a serious movie. So it's the, it's not like an adventure. This is something else. This is more right. like this is. I, there's a movie that I know it's, I guess you could say it compares to, but I don't think you would know the reference. Rashomon by Kurosawa. Do you know what that's about? No. Oh my God, it is Rashomon, isn't it? So I don't want to spoil what this movie is. Is it a Pokemon knockoff? Uh, no, but I will tell <laughs> you what Rashomon is. Rashomon is about um, a crime is committed in feudal Japan, and the story of that crime is told to you, the audience, through a trial through the person who is the um, suspect, the person who has uh, the crime, the victim, and then another person who was there as well. Um, So you see a story told from different perspectives and you see the crime from different perspectives like a trial, but every single time you rewatch it, you're rewatching it from a different style of filmmaking because well, not style of filmmaking, but person's perspective. So there the, the story has them as the main character. It's, it's just one event told from different perspectives and how that, how that basically in and of itself is its own story. And that examination very close to what the last duel is as an idea. I don't know if it is visually, like the technique of how it's edited but i do know that it's very it's very reminiscent of what that story is i'm not i'm not going to go much i think they're both the same crime but it's very reminiscent of that and uh that's why it's a serious story rather than we're going to go out and fight some knights and kings and we're going to war with another country this is something different i'm very interested to see your take about it actually what's that one called the last duel the Last Duel is the one we're watching on HBO Max currently. Rashomon, I believe, is also on HBO Max, and I watched that two or three years ago. It's actually really good. But, Peter, mm-hmm. I would say the one that I would recommend the most to you by that filmmaker, Kurosawa, and one I'd love to watch with you and maybe your mom. Star Wars? Uh, that's The Hidden Fortress, and um, 
I, I didn't like that as much as I thought I would. Uh, Redbeard. It's about a young doctor learning from an elder doctor um, in feudal Japan. It's like three hours long. It's fucking – it's my favorite thing. It's so good. But um, he's also done a lot of Shakespeare stuff. But hmm. Rashomon is the first movie that – it's the movie that was so good they created the foreign uh, award at the Oscars for it. Wow. Ah, like Kurosawa is that impressive? We t- we talked about it a little bit on the Buttercast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. But we couldn't really get into it because it hadn't reached the states until two years later. That's why they created the Oscar for it. Because once it reached us two years later, everyone was like, "It's fucking amazing! Who the fuck is Kurosawa?" And the next thing we know, we have Seven Samurai reaching us, and then that creates Magnificent Seven, and then Kurosawa is the greatest filmmaker Japan ever created. Um, but the last duel, uh, is so it looks beautiful. Ben Affleck's supposed to be great. I'm th- there for the script, especially for Goodwill Hunting, and the story seems compelling because I don't know how this is. I believe I know how this is going to play out, but I don't really know how I'm supposed to feel about it um, because I don't know who these characters are yet and who I'm supposed to back root for. Right, not root for but understand, empathize with, and back at the end of the day. Because I don't know if there's rooting for people in this situation, not to spoil anything, but like um, it, the situation just sort of is what it is. And it's how these people have to – It's uh, the situation itself is going to bring out who these people are, and that's going to be more compelling than anything else. It's like House of Gucci, the one that actually did make more money that he made this year. It's about really like cartoonishly – exaggerated characters but one of them kills one of them so that's the thing if if, if eventually a murder will happen in these crazy batch of acting performances and you're like okay that's okay that's whatever i'm gonna and that should drive the story enough apparently that that made way more money than last duel but there are other reasons why i think last duel did not i think drive a lot of people to it but um I don't think it's has anything to do with how the quality of the film, because everyone who has seen it has always have been like, go fucking see it. Looking forward to it. I am too. When I get the time. That's what I will make time for. If that's the one you're watching this week, I will make the time as well. Because I wanted to. Now that it's like last week, it was like HBO Max. I was like, fuck yeah. But yeah, nobody was great. Like, I'm so glad Island Ice Shuler is getting shots again. I want Derek I, I, I want Derek Colstad to write more things. I want him to write something different than what he's been writing recently. But sure. I do not want him to stray from action. Yeah. I th- like I want him to write because like that's two stories. I that's why I liked Atomic Blonde a lot. Atomic Blonde fit that mold pretty well. So a lot of people I, he can't avoid it because it was based off of a comic and the comic has its own plot to go with that was confusing. But it's a story about someone who's called into a mission that's an expert and he basically took a lot more Bond experience from that than anything else. Nobody and John Wick are pretty much the same. Someone who I hasn't would, I would not done disagree. This, they, they, someone hasn't done this in a while. Hitman hasn't done this in a while. They're caught back in and they're trying to live an ordinary life of some sort. The only difference between nobody and John wick is that John wick is soaked in grief 
and nobody is a, a comedy. That's why it's Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> so I just like how he kept I, talking to people. He kept like he's trying to like explain his story, and everybody just like either like just passes out dead. Well, that's why it says short story long. I I would <laughs> well I would say it, either he makes more action movies and challenges himself in terms of how he presents a character who can kick ass, or he takes this template and he brings it to other genres. How cool would it be if he made an action movie this way? How cool would it be if he made a sci-fi movie this way? That's why I love a movie like Lockout. Lockout is basically an awesome diehard Escape from New York type character has been put into a sci-fi movie. And that's just amazing to me. You can take that template and put it somewhere else. So, But either way, he, uh, his movies are not failing. So if he does write the same thing and he gets someone who sees that vision and can make it as well as – again, I, I'm not – going to say no but i will say this i'm not i don't care about john wick 3's story but i think john wick 3 has the best action scenes i don't know like that that museum rampage in two really i keep going back to that the museum rampage in two when he's about to get when he's about to get uh what's his name antonio didn't he yeah. just say in like John Wick three though. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yes, the museum, museum that leads to the hall, the mirror house. Yeah, yeah. That that's great. I agree. Yeah, but I think in I think three has like the horse and the motorcycles. It has the raid yeah. guys. It has the yeah. knife museum. It has the best fight scenes. But I care less about that story. I think two has equal fight scenes and a great story. And I think one has a great story. And sometimes the fight scenes don't match up to all of them you know why is he fighting an old man in the rain at the end yeah they're both old. I, I, John I, Wick. <laughs> I, ju- I think I, but again i w- i think that series of films none of them failed to deliver some element of entertainment in some regard in which one of them is the tightest is different for everyone else but i i would like to see him i wouldn't like to I, i'd like to see his next movie not be a version of this but like instead of dialing one thing different like john wick but he's funny and happy you know you know his family's behind him that's the difference here he has hey guys family. i'm doing great my dog is living and kicking he's, he's, he's just great well that's what the end edibles, of the movie is. is great that's the that's what the end of the movie is him and his wife and the family are kind of they're behind him they're like uh let's get a basement too and the second movie would probably be them being behind him in some regard. It, it, I, if, if this movie was easier to find, which I don't believe it is on any rental service, a it's good on, example it's, of, it's actually in uh it's actually on Redbox. That's how I got it. I, I'm not talking about nobody. I'm talking about the movie true lies. Oh, cause the sequel to nobody would be the movie true lies. Where like both of them eventually become spies. And the third one is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, and I would like to see him make a John Wick, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a romance action movie. That's what I want from him. I want to see him do that. Make up, make up. He's already proven that he can write female and male action stars. And I want to see him dabble in another genre and then create the kind of action scenes that he is. That would be excellent. Excellent. And I was saying true. I don't think True Lies is available to rent anywhere. And I was. It's not. I, it's not. On, it's not on any. 
it's not on any uh, streaming service. So. That is what I hear. That's it sucks. I would absolutely choose that as a possibility. So, with that, let's go to our main attraction. Hold on, before we do that, I do have one last bit, little bit of news I completely forgot to mention. I think I know what it is. I think I we missed something. We got the runtime of the Batman this week. Not what I was thinking, but okay. Almost three hours long. Oh, spicy! Yes, Matt Reeves, let's go. It's gonna be a really good mystery. Um, so I want to point out uh, a couple Sorry, of things. I just wanted to. I just wanted to mention that. Oh yeah, sure. I, I want to point out a couple of things that a. I am very excited for that. B, I don't think the runtime necessarily determines the quality of a film always. No, no. And 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 C, uh, the guy who wrote that wrote Project Power and has also I was listening to that episode again on the Buttercast today, or not, uh, yeah yesterday our Project Power episode for Buttercast, and I completely forgot the guy who wrote Batman wrote that and is known for writing like. 10 scripts a year and just like doesn't stop doesn't rewrite a script over and over and over again like some people he he just like writes a script to the point he thinks it's good and then he poops it out so there's a part of me that's like a little bit like wondering if some of those three hours are kind of meandering for a little bit but at the same time but i'm like if it uh, if it looks that good and the score is that good i have no problem I have no problem at all. It looks like a film noir, and that score is nuts good. A lot of people just from the trailer. A lot of people are also talking about. Uh, I know that uh, Matt Reeves and them had an interview where they described the movie as like a partial horror movie. Like they want they want people to view Riddler as like a slasher, like like he's, a like a homicidal slasher. Well, yeah, he's based on the Zodiac killer. Yeah. The- he also looks like the killer from uh, the town that dreads sun. Sunrise, I think. I don't know. It's a tra- the cover has that same outfit for sure. Yeah, it looks cool. I'm excited. And when is that coming town? out? March, I think. March. Really? Yeah. yeah, pretty yeah, soon. It's, here, yeah. it's coming. Oh, March is gonna be a good fucking month, man. Holy shit! Moon Knight comes out on March 30th too. Yeah, AC on March twentieth. Oh yeah, that yeah, that was that was another news that I clearly missed. The Moon Knight announcement. Oh yeah, there's the trailer and the new trailer actually. Yeah, we missed the trailer. I was gonna watch that new Rockstars breakdown next, but I didn't have time. Oscar Isaac with the British accent is sure. He's also a mummy. (laughs) The mummy? It's a mummy sequel. Where's Brendan Fraser? He's yeah. off doing great stuff right now, like working for Martin Scorsese. He's you doing know what? Just you fine. know what? Brendan Fraser can do whatever he wants. He is a darling in Hollywood. He deserves the world. You guys are going to see a lot of him. You guys are going to see do, a lot do you remember of him. The, the the, do you remember the teaser trailer for Moon Knight at the end where he's punching something in the bathroom? Yeah, someone's face. Yeah. The cat? You're, he, he was punching the kitty. He was punching oh. the cat. No. Um, when you look really closely in that trailer, he's punching absolutely nothing. There's nothing there. And so I thought maybe he was punching, um, you know, another version of himself in his head, like fighting for control. But then in this trailer, 
it's like a demon or something. But I walked, I was looking at them um, back by back by back. Back to back. Back by back. Back by back. Back by back. And they redid the whole fucking thing. So he he's not even it's like a completely CG version of that scene. So instead of just comping in something in front of him because the his back is to the camera, they like they literally redid the whole thing. Like his cape is moving in a different way and it looks it looks like it's CG. So that's that it moments like that make me sad where instead of just like a little bit extra effort, they just they instead just redo the entire fucking thing because that shot looked amazing so it's like well what happened what was the huge technical difficulty that you couldn't just put something in front of him and just matt paint him out so it doesn't get in the way it was weird mm-hmm. it was fucking weird alex your cat's weird <laughs> yeah yes but that's weird though peter that sucks I f- i'm sorry you felt that way well it i don't know it's still it still looks good but i was like it's literally the same fucking thing. He's just disappointed. Yeah, because it looks he's like it, it looks like it's CG, which in a in a way is kind of a bad thing for me because like you you literally had the thing that looked good and now you just like redid it. Then it again, they, a lot. They, well, think about it this way, Peter. Like they 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 gauge this stuff and they have people doing that. They who knows when that 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 image takes place in the season they could change it again before then well yeah they can they can change it they can change it after it's released they did that with spider-man ah the new spider-man movie looks different in some scenes and some shots they've redone it so i mean but we could we could go we could go see the spider-man movie and some scenes will look completely different all right let's go Isn't that isn't that fucking wild? Oh, he's gone. There goes so Alex. He's Disney gone. has really proved that they can do that for a movie, oh. and they can do that for a show. Maybe. They can do that for a show of it, for sure. But it just I don't know. I, it's not going to be a gripe of mine when I actually watch the show. It's just for the trailer itself. I'm like, why? Why did you have to redo the entire fucking thing? The entire thing. You put that guy in the fucking costume. You got him in the shot just for it to be a reference. This is weird. CGI main character. Minus 10 points to House Disney. Maybe it's just for the marketing because they don't have a lot of footage of him in the suit yet. Yeah, my guess, my guess is the show will be each episode is his is another personality because there's six episodes, right? Yeah. And I would assume six seems to be their go-to and he has six um personalities including the moon knight one so i think the moon knight reveal is going to be towards the end of the season it's like the story of him realizing that he's moon knight Mm, that makes sense i like that i like that that makes sense knight of the moon well speaking of people who aren't fully with it in the head um, do you want to talk oh, about yes. Rushmore? Um, okay, so Rushmore. Uh, Mount Rushmore National Memorial is a se- is centered on a colossal sculpture. No, 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 not that. Chris, not, Chris I was that interested. What, what, what? Keep going. I like that. Not, not that one. Not, not that. The movie Rushmore. Did you watch it? No, I just stared at 
Mount Rushmore you watch a half hours. No, Chris. You watched the no. documentary on Rushmore? No, I I stared at a picture of Mount Rushmore for two and a half hours. You know, well, what did you get? What did you get? First of all, this movie was only an hour and a half long. Why did you go an hour longer? Because I go the extra mile. Well, what did you get out of the experience emotionally, thematically, resident? What did it make out of it? Uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln is my favorite president. Oh God, <laughs> God, come on! You just you're such a just you just always status quo with your shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Why can't you ever go get down with the people with wooden teeth? I mean, we're not getting political. What about Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, dude, what about Teddy Rose? Yeah, what about Teddy? Every Rose... Wait, what is that? What did you say? Huh? Huh? I said Teddy Roosevelt, man. The dude who said, <laughs> said, fuck the government, I'm going to go kill Indians. Well, first of all, uh, I don't know that that was a parody. Why would I like him? Second of all... Second of all, what Peter said was Titty. And third of all, um, did you see the stash? The and he's played mustache. by Robin Williams. It's not racist. Mustaches can't be racist unless you're Hitler. I just want you to understand that because Charlie Chaplin did it first. It's all stolen land, people. Mount Rushmore National Memorial is centered on a colossal sculpture carved into the granite face of Mount Rushmore <laughs> in the Black Hills near Keystone, South Dakota. Yep, Sculptor that's the place. Sculptor Gutson Borglum created the sculpture's design and oversaw the project execution from 1927 to 1941, with the help of his son Lincoln Borglum. All right, we're done. Let's go to the wheels. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. wheel. Uh, well, first of all, my cat farted. Second of all, uh, uh, <laughs> mm, God, so he's like right, just like ugh. And then say, so, okay, so um, you know, second of all, North by Northwest, that has a real good Mount Rushmore in it. And third of all, so does Richie Rich starring Macaulay Culkin. But we're talking about Rushmore, Rushmore, right? Right. Wes Anderson right. directed Rushmore. Wes Anderson directed He sculpted Rushmore? Rushmore? Yeah. Yes, he did. No. Couldn't you tell? No. Because it's unfinished. <laughs> no, he made uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So that's how you know he's good at craft. Yes. Right. Mac and cheese. Sculpting. Yep. But but I Alex, he hasn't, the only made, Mac but Alex he hasn't made, made Moonrise Kingdom yet. Uh, not at the time he made Rushmore the Mountain, but he eventually did. Both. Right. The Mountain. But but what about yeah, he Grand went Budapest? To uh, he made that after he made Rushmore the movie and Rushmore the You Mountain. do realize that Rushmore came out in 98, which would have predated all of the movies you just listed. Yes, I'm but not... Fun. I'm trying to be funny here. I'm trying to make jokes. I see. <laughs> anyway, Wes Anderson himself. Wes Anderson all by himself crafted with a tiny little pick. The entire Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. It's unfinished. They never finished it. Because their the work Mount is unfinished. Oh boy! Well, he went. He went on to be a filmmaker. So I guess like Sufjan Stevens not completing those fifty albums about the states. Somebody else is gonna have to do it. So um, how did uh, Wes Anderson get here, Alex? How did we get here? Well, uh, how did we get here? Uh, I put this on the wheel. You did. Did you put this on the wheel? Or Peter put I, it on the wheel. No, uh, Alex. Peter did not. Peter did Fox. I did Rushmore. Um, so the last time we talked about Wes Anderson, um, 
I, I mentioned that he had done a few films that led to Fantastic Fox. He'd reached a creative peak. People loved him. And then he had a style that was crippable and felt like he was in a rut and decided he, he would make Fox to help him get out of it. And since then has really just been on a career uh, uptick. Um, so I didn't want to talk about his early days then uh, until we landed on Rushmore. And I don't know if we'll ever do Bottle Rocket. Um, I did watch it this week, but I don't know if it's necessarily something we need to have on this wheel. If one of you guys want to do it, uh, by all means, I think it's a good movie. Um, so Wes Anderson grew up in uh, Texas. And uh, he, uh, at a very young age, wanted to be an architect, but eventually ditched that to get into filmmaking and storytelling. He liked telling stories and eventually thought that film would be the best thing for him. But like, I, I mentioned this in the last episode we did of him, but I, I didn't really focus on how much of a like planner he was, how much of a control perfectionist person he was. There's a point where he was about like, eight years old where he gathered everyone in his family in a room and had a like point by point presentation about why he should go to school in France. Oh. Like he just was not really meant for Texas, you know, oh. um, at the age of 12, his parents divorced and that really affected him a lot. And uh, he at the time was not doing very well in school. And like me, um, he was into a lot of creative things, but he was really just not paying attention to school at all. Um, he was going to a private school in, in Austin. In fact, that is the school where they shot this movie at in uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, it's called St. John's. Um, he, uh, he was so bad at school, but so interested in creative stuff and telling stories in theater that the one teacher in particular finally thought of a good idea, which was that if he could go one day without losing attention or focus and doing his schoolwork, that he would earn a point. And if he earned enough points, then he would be able to put on a five-minute play for his school. And he eventually did very well in school because of that teacher. When I was very young, when I was in second grade, I – worked very hard to create a sketch for a talent show. I worked very hard with my family to do it. And then the night before the talent show, they had a parent teachers conference where a teacher told my mom that I had a like actual like model that I had to build for a project the next day. And so we ended up doing that and not doing the talent show. Um, and then I ended up doing, I ended up doing the talent show at school. So I did get to do it in front of the kids and I loved that. But I remember at the time thinking, and that that would be a repeated pattern throughout my life is that I would focus on these creative endeavors, but my parents were very much about schoolwork and that was where their focus was. And it tend to be that a lot of the things that I would like to do became punishments in regards to schoolwork being a thing. And like to this day, I'm like, I don't I've never used any of that schoolwork to my advantage. I would probably say everything Have I've learned, I've us? learned on my own. I'm sorry. Have any of us? The four of us, uh, I would. And that was the that was kind of the thing that happened to both him and Owen Wilson in high school. Um, but they met both of them 
when they were uh, very young and in college at uh, Texas as well, um, him and Owen Wilson, the way that they both described meeting each other is that uh, um, wow. is different. Is different. Um, wow. Anderson says that he was walking down the hallway and uh, or, or Anderson says that he was doing tryouts and he met Owen Wilson in the hallway and they immediately hit it off. Owen Wilson puts it as he just kind of walked up to Anderson when he was doing his play stuff and he just sort of talked like they were the best friends and that was it. And like both of them sound kind of correct, but both of them sound like Max Fisher. And um, when they were in college, uh, Anderson himself wrote three treatments for films. It was part of his graduation. It was part of his thesis. And um, all three of them eventually became films. One of them was Rushmore. One of them was Bottle Rocket. And the other one became The Life Aquatic of Steve Sisu. Um, so when he was in college, they, he was living with Owen Wilson, his brother Luke, and their other brother, Andrew, who plays the coach in this movie, Rushmore. Um, they were all living together in a house. They needed to get something fixed, and they went to the landlord. The landlord said, you do not live in a neighborhood where people would live here if they wanted to get their things fixed by a landlord. So no, your shit's not going to get fixed. So they decided that they were going to come up with a plan to make it legally ob to make it a legal obligation for him to fix their apartment. So they decided that they were going to break into their own house and steal their own shit, take it to their parents' house, and then tell them that they were robbed. And then they would have to fix the apartment because they broke into the window. Um, the uh, the cops, the <laughs> landlord, and <laughs> I gave you a second for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh God! <laughs> so going. the cops, the landlord, and everyone immediately knew it was an inside job, and they knew that I did it, <laughs> and they did nothing about it. <laughs> so now they just had a, you know, their place broken. Now their shit was just at their parents for no fucking reason, and they had a broken window. They're and literally. At least have a camera rolling when you're doing this. So at least that's funny. Like you well, can the, release the, that. And it's just well, funny. The, that led to the creation of the story of Bottle Rocket. They wrote an entire feature film uh, called Bottle Rocket. It was about these two bumbling thieves and their aspiration in their life of crime. Uh, and they get the money together. They beg their family together and they get $4,000. They shoot... Uh, about seven minutes of it and then they have to stop and they realize they can't do any more they get a little bit more money together and they scramble together and they make it a short it's the bottle rocket short you can see it on youtube right now um so i'll take the visuals off for a second uh, uh so they they get the bottle rocket short out to sundance and a couple people see it and it gets a little bit of play, but it's not as much as they would want. But this is where a man gets involved who's very important. We talked about this last week, how all you need is one, one person with money to just believe in your deal. There's, do you guys, do you guys, does the name James L. Brooks ring a bell to you guys? Not really, but pro I probably should know who he is. 
James L. Brooks Same. made has made a few movies, pretty famous ones. Two famous ones are broadcast news from the 80s and as good as it gets from the 90s. Oh! Um, he is responsible for The Simpsons, and he is responsible for uh, a lot of Mac Groening's work, including Futurama. Um, he's very important to making and defining hmm. the idea of what a dramedy is. Um, so the short gets into the hands of James L. Brooks and he, they give him the whole script of bottle rocket and he starts reading it and then he puts it down and he starts looking at a newspaper and then eventually they realize he's not going to finish this script. And he goes, I'm not going to finish this. It's meandering and it's bad, but I see something, a kernel. So I'm going to put you on my uh, pay here for a hundred dollars um, a day. And we're going to figure something out eventually for you. You know, work on team with other movies that I'm working on and producing. And that means they got $700 a week. So, of course, they took that fucking job. That's the most <laughs> money they had seen in a long ass time. Of course, they took it. <laughs> oh. uh, the, but as we have pointed out with Anderson, he is a perfectionist. He's a visionary. So the projects he kept getting on, he was not budging on the visual ideas of what they were. Eventually... They just sort of got behind him on what the idea of Bottle Rocket would be, and they said, "Okay, fine. We're going to get um, we're going to get uh, Columbia involved, and we are going to make this movie that you want, and uh, we're going to give you four million dollars to make it." Holy and crap! He makes this movie, Bottle Rocket, with uh, starring Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson. It's um, I. Watched it this week. It's the only film of his I had not seen beginning to end ever. But I remember watching it in high school on Comedy Central, bits and pieces of it. Um, so it was always present in my mind. Um, it was very funny. I really liked it. Reminded me a lot of Made um, in a lot of ways. As a debut feature, it's very confident. However, if you go to Criterion, you can actually see that there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of choices that he fumbled his way through before he finally got to what that film was. At the end of the day, he was pretty happy with the movie. They were all pretty happy with what they made. And they go over to James L. Brooks and he's like, all right, we're going to, um, we're going to take a look at this. And this was before they really cut the movie down to what it would be. And the movie at the time was two and a half hours long. Damn, Guys, this is a, this is a, meandering like light comedy <laughs> it ended up being an hour and a half all right this didn't need to be two, this did not need to be two and a half hours long right oh, it was wow. bad it was bad really bad they're like anderson you need to cut some of this shit he's like i don't i just don't see where i can i just don't see where the cuts could go they're like cut this out he's like i don't i just don't see it's like confronting it's somebody be. about a it's like it's like confronting somebody about a hoarding addiction this is like, oh, yeah. I, 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 I was so attached to everything. He's like, no, get rid of this, get rid of this. And he's like, no, I do need that. So, he, so, uh, oh my gosh. So, uh, they go, hey, you know what? Whatever, man. We won't, we won't do anything with it. We won't touch it. This is your thing. We told you, we told you that'd be the case and you won't shut the fuck up about it. So we're, uh, we're just going to give it to Sundance. Let's give it to Sundance. They loved your short. They'll love this movie. Come on. Let's just do that. They give it to Sundance and Sundance <laughs> doesn't take it. They don't want it. Oh, um, they don't want it. So, um, they give it back to the studio and the studio's like, well, why don't we just kind of put it out in, in just kind of a little screening 
and uh, see, just kind of give it a test screening. And they do, and it is, as of this day, the worst test screening Columbia has ever had for a movie. Oh, no! What? So they make massive cuts to it, and they eventually put it out. And and by the time they did the test screening, that was when they had done those cuts. But like, still, just like worst test screening ever. People just did not get it. So even um, with the man. cuts, it wasn't people yeah. didn't like it. So yeah, uh, as, but eventually they're like, we got to put this out. We have to put this thing out. And so they put it out in New York and L.A. And it just really, when the first weekend came out, it did not do great. But then it started to pick up in New York. And James Elbrook knows he knows a lot of people in New York. Uh, he has a lot of connections, so he gets a bunch of critics, and he gets a bunch of people in the business. We're talking Ben Stiller, Sofia Coppola, Martin Scorsese, some of the most important fucking people in the world. I'm going to stop here, and I'm going to make a metaphor, uh, a, a comparison to an actual event that happened in the 70s. There's a band. They're called the Sex Pistols. They're probably one of the most important rock bands of the fucking – I'm sorry, one of the most important punk bands ever. They helped define punk with the Ramones. So in, in, in one in particular show of the Sex Pistols, early shows, they had four to five particular people who would all be absolutely important to the gestation of punk. We're talking uh, the leader of Joy Division, the leader of the Smiths, people who would act like uh, – I think uh, – uh, the Henry Rollins band was in there. I forgot their name. Like there's so many people connected to the punk scene who were at one sex pistol show who all walked away and were like, my life is fucking changed forever. I am going down the path of whatever I saw tonight. That is, that is me for now on. And history was changed after that night. Literally someone took a giant fucking rock and threw it in the river of the universe and ripples lasted forever. That is what happened that night at the Bottle Rocket screening. Wow. Do you think think that we would have gotten Zoolander? Do you think we would have gotten the Shanghai movies? Do you think Owen Wilson would have had the career he had if people had not seen Bottle Rocket that night? No. Uh. Countless, countless, countless relationships were formed that night for Wes Anderson, for several people, through their relationships of Luke, Owen, and Anderson. They loved it. All of them loved it. Wow. And from that moment on, there was an absolute race to buy this guy's work, whatever it would be next, because Columbia wasn't working for him. (laughs) That wasn't working anymore. So at that point, he could do whatever he wanted. And he was like, well, I but he had no confidence. He had literally no confidence. Literally, when it came to Bottle Rocket, people were like, I have faith in what you're doing, man, but like, I just, just go ahead and make it. But in Rushmore, everyone was behind him 110%. Everyone was like, dude, just make it, man. Make what you want. And they were, he's like, well, the last movie I made was $400. And he started shopping the idea around for Rushmore. And a guy named Roth for Disney bought it. And he goes, all right, well, what did you make for the last movie? He's like, $4 million. He goes, all right, that made absolutely fucking no money. So <laughs> we're going to give you $9 million. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, that's not a lot of money, but that's double what you got. And it's because you're good and we have faith in you. And he's like, okay. So they write the script. 
takes them about two years. They start shopping around all over the world to find a place that looks like what their idea of Rushmore is. And his mom is like, why don't you just do it at your fucking high school? And he was like, why don't I just do it at my fucking high school? So he goes back to his fucking high school and shoots it there. That's a, we're talking Scotland, a bunch of fucking places. He's like, let's just go there. Um, so he wrote the part. He wrote a part in Bottle Rocket for Bill Murray. But the only way to reach Bill Murray and get him interested in your parts is to call a number that he leaves on and you have to leave a message on an answering machine. He'll listen to that answering machine. And if he likes it, he'll call you back. That's it. Yeah, At that point no, in the he's 90s. He's no manager. It's his him. Nope. Which kind of was a problem by that point in the 90s. See, at that point in the 90s, he was making bad shit. He was just taking shit for money. His Harold Ramis relationship was done. He wasn't making good stuff. And it was getting obvious. Um, But he said no to Bottle Rocket. And that part ended up going to James Caan. But this time around, the script got to him because of all of these connections. And the moment he read the script... He was like, I'm doing this. I don't, I don't care. I'm doing this. He's like, to this day, he's like, it's the most specific and precise script I've ever read for what a movie's supposed to be. And Bill Murray has been a part of every single project Wes Anderson has done ever since. Ever since. Wes wow. Anderson makes a movie. He calls Bill Murray. Bill Murray grabs his shit and he goes. That's how it works. Every single movie. Bill Murray does not care what it is. He'll do it. He went to set, and from day one, Wes Anderson was like, hey, you're Bill Murray, Murray, right? Um, Okay, I'm going to need you to do this. And Bill Murray's like, dude, calm down, dude. I respect your shit. In fact, when he read the script, everyone, like, who's Wes Anderson? And his assistant was like, watch Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket's great. He's like, I don't need to watch it. They're like, we're going to send you Bottle Rocket. He talked to Wes Anderson. He's like, have you seen Bottle Rocket? He's like, no. He's like, I'm going to send you Bottle Rocket. He's like, I don't need to see it, guys. I'm doing your fucking movie. Like, I want to do it. (laughs) I'm in. Stop talking. He gets there and he's whispering to him and he's like, man, you don't got to be, I get this. He's like, guys, any question I have, I'm just going to go to Wes Anderson. He helped move things on set. There was a scene where Wes Anderson needed something done for a helicopter shot. He needed a bunch of like millions of dollars to do it. And the studio said no. So uh, Bill Murray wrote him a blank fucking check. Wow. <laughs> he wrote him a blank check and he's like, dude, you need to do this really honest to God. Here you go. And he's like, wow, man, I. Are you sure? He's like, absolutely, I have faith in you. They didn't do the shot. To this day, Wes Anderson still has that check. Wow. So Bill Murray has faith in him and has faith in him the entire way, 100%. He was fun on set. Everyone loved him. He can be an asshole and he can be a problem, but he believes in him and has sense. Um, Then we get to Max Fisher. Max Fisher is played by an actor named Jason Schwartzman. Chris, what do you know Jason Schwartzman from? He's ass from Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's it, it, and he's and he's uh oh uh, god. Is his name Gideon from uh, Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, Gideon from Scott Pilgrim. Now, he has been in a lot of things since. Recently, he's going to be in the new season of Righteous Gemstones with Danny McBride and all of those people. He had a TV show on HBO Max or on HBO for about three seasons with Zach Galifianakis and Ted Danson called Bored to Death. He um, uh, he was in Walk Hard with Dewey Cox. 
He's been in a lot of things. He's been in a couple Sofia Coppola movies, um, including Marie Antoinette with Kirsten Dunst. So here's the story of Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman, when he was really young, he was kind of part of a part of a really rich family, but he wanted to get into music at a young age and the opportunities were there. So even at the age of 14, he was getting involved with music. And by that, by the time he was like midway through high school, he legitimately had a band. It was called Phantom Planet. Their most famous song is called California. It goes, California, California, here we come. It was the lead song in the show, The O.C. It was everywhere. Um, and then he eventually left the band to be an actor. But he really wanted to get into music. He had no desire to be an actor. And then eventually, someone who is his cousin walks up to him and says, there's a movie and a script that I've read. It's coming out, and I really honestly think that you would be right for this part. I think this part would be right for you. And convinces him to do the work to get this part. When he goes to the audition, he brings his own jacket with an R on it that says Rushmore. He combs his hair his own way. He is Max Fisher. He, you can see all of the um, auditions that he went through to make this part work. He really was Max. And Wes Anderson had been through like 1,800 people. Oh. Like he had been through all these different auditions of all these different people he had seen. He thought Max, we're, we're talking like headshots to tape to actual people. He had been through so many fucking people. And eventually he was like, I can't find this guy. But this person... Who's, who is his cousin, was at the screening with all the f- other famous people who saw the movie that night and believed in it. Now, there's a reason I'm dancing around this, Chris. Um, okay. Because his cousin is Sophia Coppola. <gasps> that means Jason Schwartzman is related to Nick Cage, Talia Shire from Rocky, Talia Shire from The Godfather, because, you know, his, he's related to Francis Ford Coppola, who made Apocalypse Now and The Godfather and Jack starring Robin Williams. Uh, he is wow. part of Hollywood fucking royalty, Chris. Wow. He royalty. Really, he'd been taken care of him before he took that role. My God. But he only wanted to get into music. It wasn't until Sofia Coppola met Wes Anderson at that screening, read the script when it was getting around, and was like, I think this fucking guy is my cousin. I think I think Max is this guy. And Wes Anderson did the work to find the people. It really wasn't until Jason Schwartzman was like, all right, and just fucking decided to do it, that he went to the audition, walked through the door, and Wes was like, fuck, that's him. And that's why he changed his name to Schwartzman, too. His mom is Talia Shire. His mom was, is Adrian and Rocky. His mom is, oh. his mom is the sister of uh, in the, the fucking Corleone family. His mother's in all the Godfather movies. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> but the, I'm saying it this way because, as you can see from the performance, this is Jason Schwartzman at 17 in his first movie ever. He earned this. He is Max Fisher. This is a breakthrough performance that has set his career forever. That's why he's in Scott Pilgrim in that role. 
he is Gideon. He is that guy. Like he's the Gideon is the evil version of Max Fisher. <laughs> without a doubt. Um <coughs> this the shoot went pretty pretty good. Pretty easy. The cinematographer made a couple let's see the cinematographer had made one movie before in the year before this that Wes Anderson had seen and so he found his address no one knows how he hand wrote him a letter saying I have this movie called Rushmore that I'm making and I would no bottle rocket that I'm making and I would really like you to be involved with it well the guy said I have to do it and literally since bottle rocket he has used the same cinematographer for every single movie since He's never strayed from that cinematographer. Um, He, uh, I believe he has the same editor for the next few movies and then changes it up around Moonrise Kingdom. But he has, he, he starts to form the people that he loves around this time that he had met around Bottle Rocket. Almost all of them came over to Rushmore and Rushmore is a more expensive version of Bottle Rocket in terms of technical work, but it is a less confident one in some ways. He did go to his high school for a lot of safe reasons, but a lot of it is because it's him and Owen there. Though Both of them having gone through both of the experience and their own version being their own idea of what Max was, both of them went to that same school. Both of them in some regard liked an older woman. Both of them had put on plays in some degree. Um, Owen Wilson got expelled from the school in, when he was a sophomore. They are pretty much both in combined Max in general. Um, and they would continue to write their next movie together, Royal Tenenbaums, write again with Darjean Limited, and then they stopped and then have not since because uh, Owen became his own thing in his own regard. Um, most people consider this... I can. I think Tenenbaums is a better movie than this and my personal favorite over this one. But this is the first one of his, I think that I saw, I think I responded more to Tenenbaums first, but I think I saw this on comedy central one day and I was like, this movie's a lot of fun and really great. Then I watched Tenenbaums went back and I was like, Nope, this movie is me. This guy is me. I am max in a lot of ways. Um, the guy who did the score used to work for Devo and the band that's most the bands that are mostly in King, uh, in the record that are not made by him are the Kinks and uh, the Who and the Rolling Stone and British Invasion stuff. But the Devo guy would basically be his composer for a lot of films for a while, too. And that kind of would carry on for most of his films. In fact, when uh, Max and Dirk uh, form their friendship again towards the end, it's the same friendship music that comes together during the cathartic moment of Bottle Rocket. And I I heard that today and I was like, holy fucking shit, that's great. I wonder if that happens in Ten of Bombs and I just haven't seen it yet. Um, the, the costume design is incredibly important. Um, it's incredibly interesting how they put it all together. The color schemes of this movie are really interesting. The way that the curtains, uh, unfold every day before a decade, uh, before the season have, or the month happens, every one of those color schemes are important to showing what the co- characters are going through. Um, he doesn't perfect his sin, his like symmetry cinematography. I think that really comes into play around Sisu and Fantastic Fox. There's a lot of other people that inspire him in this. There's a guy um, I've always wanted to show Peter this movie that's very much like a Ducky Jones character called Being There, and it's by the uh, a filmmaker that made like Harold and Maude too, and uh, very much inspired. Um, 
by that guy. But the one thing that I noticed this time that I've never sat down and noticed is how much he's inspired by the peanuts. Like there's a lot of musical choices. There's a lot of like visual things. I rewatched Charlie Brown Christmas this year and the scene where he walks up to his house with his dad after you find out he's a barber and he's like, yeah, you're like a captain. You're married to the sea. And he's like, yeah, but I've been out to sea too long when he's staring up at his dad at the steps. That's exactly what happens in the peanut stuff. There's some like music. That's the same. The uh, Charles Schultz's dad was a barber. That shit was all over at this time around when I was looking. Um, I really love this movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, I can see it, it, it. I can see how people could look at it at the time and think it was a little too weird. And I think if people can look at the, some of his later work and be like, "Yeah, this is you know crippable and stuff," but this is, I think, him finding out this is like him at his most purest form i think bottle rocket is very interesting in a lot of ways but there's this is him with a bunch of people standing behind him patting his shoulder and saying you can do this and i i really this movie is a coming of age movie about a director coming of age and his next movie is far more confident and complicated and rewarding for that reason and i i think this is an incredible sophomore effort for that um so that that's my take i think it's i think it's great and i watched it years ago and i've loved it ever since uh chris how did you like my pick uh rushmore um okay i had a oh yeah this is the first live action wes anderson movie that i have seen Uh uh-huh uh the very first one um, I really liked it. Good. I <laughs> oh, like that was the right answer. Okay. Um. Aw. Anyway, so no, no, I, I really, I really did like this one. This one, <laughs> like, as a, as a kid going into teenager, one of my, one of the uh, movies that I really liked watching was Ocean's Eleven. And now that I think about it, this gave me kind of those vibes. Um, it had well, nothing to do with like a massive heist, but like baller cast and sharp dialogue and sharp writing. Um, I, the the bells were ringing. Let me just say that. Um, mm. and like I was watching this. Okay, okay. So just to just to say it. Like, okay. Um, a 15-year-old kid <laughs> falling in love with the... How old was... 30. How old was Rosemary? 26, right? Something like that. It, it's, it could be anywhere between uh, 20... It could be anywhere between, I would say, 30 and 35. I would say a safe bet would be 35. A 15-year-old falling in love with a 35-year-old. Okay. I sat there. I was like, "Is there a thematic pur- is there a thematic purpose to this, or am I actually supposed to be weirded out right now?" <laughs> both, both. There's both. Um. So like, but like, as the so I was like, so for a, a little bit, I was kind of stuck on that. I was just like, "This is weird, right? Am I missing something? Because this is like, this is weird." Imaginary friends who I'm not looking to at all. Um, like this is this is it's kind of weird, guys. And so as the movie was going on, I was just like, 
oh, okay. I just need to like, I realized that I really needed to like settle down. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, cause it's weird. Don't get me like, I'm just going to flat out say it. There's probably some thematic relevance to it, but like, it's weird. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll help you with that. I'll say two Please. things. A, a, three things. A, it is weird. You are not wrong. Okay. You, thank you. you. A, a, four things. A, it is weird. It, you, how many it is, is it? <laughs> it's weird and you're not wrong. B, I love that you were like, at some point, I just need to get past this obstacle if I want to enjoy what this movie is going to offer me. Right. That doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's not weird. It's that the movie doesn't want you to hang up on just that. Yeah. It's um, doing something. I was just like, what are you doing here? I'm weird and weirded see, out right now. See, she makes it very clear. Yeah. When he starts pay- when he starts pouring the lemonade and giving her a pen, that's a horror movie scene. And then uh. she looks at him and she's like, "Hey, you're too young." And he's like, "You know, you're not attracted to me." She's like, "You're 15." That has nothing to do with it. That yeah. but that is when they say that she makes it very clear how she feels. Now, right. the thematic resonance is this, and I was expecting you to say this. So I've been thinking about it myself as I've been watching it the three or four times that we've watched it this week, reminding me that I should be pressing play here. Same. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I've been playing with, uh, with me. <laughs> so, say, um, I was watching when we were still going over news. So they, they, oh, my oh gosh, that's, so, well, well, I do that too. I do that too. I just didn't want to do it this time. So I actually did watch it a lot this week. Um, so Max, <laughs> when he is a young child in second grade, at second grade, you are around seven to eight years old. He wrote a one-act play. Right. And then his mom thought, wow, I think my kids should go to Rushmore. And then wrote a letter to, the, to Brian Cox's character, the principal. And the principal got him a scholarship. And then he, dis- he went to Rushmore up until that point, until he was 15 years old. That's eight years. And then he tells the teacher that his mom died when he was seven years old. So then what happens after his mom dies, he gets obsessed with the school filled with rich kids that he has an academic scholarship Ah! and he has no fucking money. Now let me keep going. Chris. I keep going. So let me keep going. So after he gets to the school filled with rich kids where he also doesn't have the academic prowess to focus and bring his his, uh, grades up, he decides to just, make himself the biggest personality there ever create as many groups as possible, get involved in as many things as possible, be a hustler, be all the smart, because that's the only way that he lies about who his real father is. He doesn't promote his idea. He doesn't feel like he belongs in Rushmore, but do you know who felt like he belonged in Rushmore? His mother. And then when does the movie start? The principal looks at him and he says, Max, you're failing. And we're going to have to expel you if you don't bring your grades up. And then Max looks at him and he says, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm probably not going to get these up in time. Can we just make me stay here longer? And he's like, no, we can't do that. Which means Max means that no matter what he does and no matter what effort he does, he is going to be expelled and be forced to leave Rushmore. The closest thing he's ever had to his mother. Do you remember how his mother died, Chris? Cancer. Cancer. That's a long, drawn-out process that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how much you pray, that person will be taken away from you. 
And then what does he do? He finds a book. He finds a quote within the book that really does affect him. And he goes, I'm going to go see who this person is. And he goes and he sees that it's a teacher. And he Not sees that it's a part beautiful, right it's crazy. He sees a beautiful woman. And it's all, she's older. And she reminds him of his mother. And he even says it. I, Rushmore was my thing. And now you're my thing. It's because he knows he's losing Rushmore. But if he can date a teacher that's connected to Rushmore, then isn't he always connected to Rushmore? Isn't this teacher, this woman, this adult woman who reminds him of his mother, who's sweet and nice and gives him this motherly advice? He is basically unable to deal with any of this grief because he is a weird guy. He's an exceptional person. He really does deserve in one way or another to – and this is my favorite thing. When we were watching the movie down uh, with Peter, I paused it right after he saw that quote in the book. And I asked, I asked them, what was the quote, if they read it or not? And the quote is, if you have an opportunity to live an extraordinary life, you have no right to keep it to yourself. That is an important thing because that's the theme of the movie. Max has so many things about him that people gravitate to. He is the kind of person who wants to live an extraordinary life, and yet he can't really find a way to connect with himself to it yet. He keeps dancing around these ideas of what he has, and people have said that Rushmore is basically the idea of a pipe dream. And the other element to it that I find really interesting is he's not the only one of the three of them that has to have a coming-of-age story. You have Bill Murray who has a family that he hates, but he needs to grow out of it and become a better person, and she cannot get over her dead husband. And it isn't until he looks at her and says that you, you that even though, by the way, that husband, if you look in that room on the picture, it's Owen Wilson. Uh, <laughs> so he, she and she's like, Bill Murray does not have enough energy in life and exuberance in his one pinky finger than my husband did, Owen Wilson. And his response is one dead pinky finger. And that's important. She's living in his house. She's sleeping in his room. She can't get over it. All three of these characters need to grow and change. And whether you regard his actions to be so despicable and weird when he forces himself on her or cuts the brakes of Bill Murray, <laughs> he is a child. And these two people, as his parents in this movie to a certain regard, uh, need to have the kind of empathy and to understand that because eventually once he gets punched in the face and people just leave him on the ground and don't pick him up, he, he needs to go through that darkness of the soul where he doesn't even feel like he deserves people to uh, apologize or uh, deserve people to forgive him. And Dirk has to come in and look at him and be like, all the things that made you great, all the things that made you an exuberant, exciting person are gone now. And I'm sorry that I was a part of that. He shouldn't go around telling people you got hand jobs from his mom, but that's awful. But at the same time, there's a reason why he did it. He just got to the point where he could not stop presenting himself as someone less than what he thought he needed to be. And it took over him so much that it just went too far. And the loss and lack of understanding of what happened with his mother and dealing with that basically tied itself back to the loss of Rushmore, then the loss of this woman, the loss of his friendship with Bill Murray, the loss of everything. Fuck everyone. I'm just a barber son. And then the last 20 minutes, he fixes things. He's wearing a suit, a corduroy suit, like he's fucking fantastic Mr. Fox. He's trying to make things better. 
And that's one of the things I was listening to a lot of podcasts and there was one that these two guys were like, he's the fucking worst. He's even like Margaret at the end. And I was like, that's not true. And I don't believe that. I really do think that at the end of the movie, he really is a changed, better person. I really do think that when he looks at her and he's like, I gave the gift of an idea of an aquarium to my friend. She went to that play to meet Bill Murray. She went there to make that to make that effort. And Bill Murray was just finally a happy person on his own. She needed to make that effort. He was finally with a haircut and a suit going to his friend's play. She went there to meet him. All of them are tied together. And all of it is tied together based off of Max's inability to grieve about his mother. And all of this is slowly let out. But that's the point. You see an asshole and it just needs one kernel of truth. And you're like, ah, that's it. That little bit is all I needed to understand this character. That's why when Bill Murray shakes the hand of his father for the first time, he understands. He's like, this is my dad. He's like, your dad's a, your dad's a fucking barber. What is the first thing Bill Murray says that Max hears? Take after the rich kids. Take aim at the rich kids. Take them down. Get them in your crosshairs. What does Max do? He takes down a $10 billion fun, like. A rich man because he took his fucking woman. Layers. 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 Again, Bill Murray thought this was an incredibly well-written script. Again, I think Tenenbaums is probably the best. I think having two people work on this script makes it really smart. There's the personal aspects of who they are, but they really understand that these characters need to get from A to B. Um, Bottle Rocket really has a lot of growth in characters, too. But um, and again, I think Tenenbaum's Tenenbaum's jungles way more characters, which is why the catharsis at the end is so much more fulfilling. But this movie is the movie that ends that starts the I'm going to bring all the characters from the movie back and we're all going to have a nice goodbye. And that he does that for just about every single movie he does ever since. And it's pretty lovely. It's pretty fucking lovely. Um, So, yeah, blown away. I thought you might be perturbed by that. And I thought that might be something that would turn you off. I thought it'd be something that would turn Peter off. But it's, you need to, after watching it over and over again, I was like, yeah, the loss of his mom from cancer, who thought he needed to go to Rushmore in the first place. And the moment he leaves Rushmore, he's losing his mom. He transfers that over to an attractive older woman he likes, and she doesn't like him. And then he has this dad who's the rich dad he thought he was always supposed to have. And he's now got his mom girlfriend, and everything's going to shit. So he <laughs> cuts his brakes. I watched I've, I've watched Evangelion. How did I not pick up on the confused teenage sexual tension? How did I just? How did I? How did that just go over my head? Well, to be fair, it was your first time watching it, and I'm assuming you watched it today. So I watched this like four or five times this week to get that. I didn't. I didn't listen to anybody else to get that point. Nobody else has ever stopped to think about Max's mom because either they think it's upfront and and textual, but I think that's what people get to understand. Like they don't need feel like they need to say it. They just most people respond to Max as like a character that was young 15 and doing crazy things and it's a movie. Um, But I really do think the script does the work to say, Hey, Max is a kid that never processed this grief. And now he's having a series of events that are repurposing and resurfacing this grief. And instead of using it to tear himself apart, this movie is going to use the last 20 minutes to create a family. 
And that is what I love. Wes Anderson's ability to look at terrible people sometimes and see what a better happy ending could be for him. There's a lot of movies where the endings for these movies are like every single character, bad, good, or indifferent, they all come together and have a big party at the end. Oh, man. I just was like... I was like... I was like with the ride and then he just starts like i thought like i didn't know where this was going and i that actually kind of like lost me so i actually like looked up just like um like not a not like a full synopsis but just like what is the basic premise of this movie and so at what point at what point in the movie did you pause and do that i think it was really at the point where I'm at right now, where he's talking to Bill Murray in the car for the first time. Uh, okay. Um, okay, that was nice. Um, and so I was like, okay, what am I watching right now? Like, just I haven't really done that for a movie before. Um, and I just was like, oh, okay. So I'm going off of that idea. And so now I'm just going to watch it for that and see where that takes me. So... I didn't really, I underestimate, I, I, I fell into the trap. I underestimated this movie because like, I was just like, I was like jiving. And then like, he starts having feelings for a 35 year old woman. And I was just like, all right, this took a turn. I don't know how to feel about this, but I feel like something's being done here that I'm just completely whiffing on. So as, so when um that was happening, I kind of just like fell into, into this defense mechanism where I was just like, Okay, I need to back out, take myself, remove myself out of this, r- remove myself from this, and just see what's going, and just just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, I I thought what well, I thought it was um like I was just like okay, this is kind of like just like a a lot like you said it was like a light comedy. About a fifteen-year-old. It was kind of like um. It was like I thought it was like. Now that I'm actually trying, I'm trying to put this in words the best I can. I thought it was like a lighter version of Brick. Um. Whereas if that's like a high school noir. That's like taken kind of seriously, except for that one kid scene where he's like. Where's Bob could ask him questions about a sandwich or whatever. Um, that was that bit was funny. Uh, but anyway, but I thought this was like a lighter version of this, of that of that like kind of movie, where it's like there's this 15 year old kid and he's doing like adult things and he's just like like over excelling um, in this school environment. But then it just kept evolving from that, and I was just like, okay, this is just if nothing else, this is just fun. Like yeah. I'm act- I was like, I was like, if nothing else, this is just fun, and I'm really enjoying. Like I did not, I've only seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. I do not know. I did not know Wes Anderson's live action stuff, except maybe a few snippets from Grand Budapest Hotel when that was making the awards circuit. Or uh, same thing with uh, I saw a few ads for French Dispatch. Um, I-, I feel like. That it, there are two different eras of Wes Anderson. There's everything before Fantastic Mr. Fox, and there's everything after. Everything after 
has a has a precision and an elegance and a and a and an amount of cash thrown at it that is kind of uh, breathtaking. Everything before then has this kind of quality to it, where it's it is otherworldly. You do feel like you are taking somewhere else, but when he goes to the different school and he and he's there, that that it's shot differently. It's yeah. it's a little mm-hmm. bit less magical. It's like, hey, you're back to the real world, bro. Like this little world you've created in Rushmore, you can bring it somewhere else, sure. But like right now, you ain't there yet, buddy. You got to take yeah. that jacket off and welcome to the real world. Um, right. That would get what the more money he got, the more precise he would be able to get. But Bottle Rocket, this and Tenenbaums um, uh, and Darjeeling Limited all have some sense of realism to them. And then everything else I would say is a little bit more magical in how everything is presented a little bit too movie-esque which if that's not your thing fine but this is like the pinnacle of the realistic and the filmic and then Tenenbaums you can see the film side a little bit more but it has to be for everything that's being told but again I I don't want to spoil that one too much that is my personal favorite of his but this Bottle Rocket to this and Tenenbaums is a natural. It's a natural. It's a natural evolution that's pretty amazing to see. It's just, um, gosh, like it was towards the end. I was starting to get like, so I was just like setting up this whole setup again, and like I actually just like sat down. Like I had it on and I was watching and I was paying attention too. I was like. I went to multitask mode where I'm watching this and setting all this up. And so at one point I just kind of like got sucked in. I can't really say which um, point it was, but I was somewhere like halfway in. I just sat down and then I was like, oh, I'm sucked in now. You know what? This feels good. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh. You know, I, I got to be honest, Chris. Uh, I, that I don't is what mean to she get said, too. Though. I don't mean to get too personal, but there was a part of me that like thought you may connect with Max in a lot of ways. It, the, yeah, <laughs> control freak. I get it. Um, well, no, I like the wanting to tell <laughs> stories. The, to, yeah. Like there are parts of school that you don't feel like you're doing well in, but like, and the, and just the fear of not doing well in school. That's also, I'm not as extracurricular as, as him, though. I'm not as extracurricular. As that him. that is true. That is true. Like, but that that is a mask. He's trying to be that extra extracurricular to mask the fact that he um, can't do these other things that it's other people obviously yeah. have the money have. So, yeah. So I, I one of my I'm looking at it right now, but one of my favorite scenes is when he tells Bill Murray, it's pretty funny. He's like, "Were you in Vietnam?" He's like, "Yeah." So you're in the shit. He's like, "Yeah." Like what fucking? I'm at that scene right now. Me I'm too. I'm watching it too. Right and like he's he's talking to him. He's lying about his dad, and then he's like. Yeah, I'm an alternate in wrestling. And what does the guy do immediately after he alternates? He fucking slams him on his goddamn back. Because all of these things he does, Chris, he sucks at. Because he doesn't have the time to commit. He keeps doing new things. Like, he has 4.5 hours in the flying club because he can't really like commit any more time to it. So, yeah, he's the wrestling alternate, but he sucks at it. He, like He's just there to prove that he can do it. It's just amazing. Yeah, I can do anything. I can do anything the rich kids can. I can do anything they can. It's hilarious. Um, I just really like how this movie looks. 
Like I was yeah. not, I, I, that was one other thing that I was not expecting. I did not expect this movie to look as good as it did. Cause I thought it was going to be like hard cam only move it on a dolly. It's going to be very like staged, like a play. That's the kind of like, that's the, that's what I was expecting, but no, this, this camera moves and is blocked really well. Um, and that was, that was the shocking, that was more, that was another shocking part to me. Um, <laughs> Bill Murray's great. Uh, I'm watching him dive off the, uh, the diving board. Um, uh, also, I, I also did like the music. Yeah, the like Kings the and all that. Yeah, I really liked the musical choices. Um, Me too. And love that last song. That last song, man. I was if I my guitar is not on my person right now, so if. Like if I had a minute, I would have learned that song just to do it. <laughs> I like that I knew what I know now. Right. Um, it just defines the whole song. It's per- the whole movie. It's perfect. Yeah. Um. Just yeah. Also, <laughs> this is this is so much. There was so much uh funny. The funniest part to me, I really like. I really dug the cop. There's a lot I like about this movie now that I'm just gushing about it. Um. Perfect. The funniest part to me was when uh, Max finds out that Phil Murray, like, betrayed, like, kind of, like, stabbed him in the back by dating this 35-year-old woman he was into. She may be 30. I'm being, I'm being a little harsh. She may be 30. Yeah. yeah I like, think I she's 35. I think she's 30 somewhere. I'm a terrible judge of age, so I'm not going to go. I, so am I, which is why I backed off by five years. Um, yeah, I honestly thought she was like t- I thought she said she was 26 or something. She looks. Uh, that sounds about right. I don't. Know. You know anyway. what? Let's let's say 26. Why not? Okay, this adult woman. <laughs> she's at least ten. Woman. She's at least 10 years older than him for sure. Um, she is older than him to the point where a relationship between them would be kind of weird. Um. Really weird. So really weird. Thank you, Peter. Um, Misato kissed a fourteen-year-old boy um, to get him to get into a robot. Um, so yeah, I reminded you. Yeah, I see. That <laughs> um, I just lost my entire train of thought. Great. You made me think about Evangelion. <laughs> Not everything's Ava. Um, it's okay, Chris. We're no, all going to okay. turn into it. Tang at some point. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, the funniest part was when Bill Murray like kind of like stabs him back, and now they just have this back, this escalating back and forth of them just like sabotaging the other, where it goes from um, what was the first thing Max did to him? It was uh, shoot, it was um, the bees. It was the bees in the in the hotel room, yeah. and then he then Bill Murray just like wrecks it, just like run over runs over his bike, um, and then it escalates to literally Max committing homicide by cutting his brakes. Yeah, straight homicide. And that whole bit of him just like steering, and like, I was like, oh my god, it's so stupid and funny. And then after that. And then, like, literally, he goes to the police and is like, boom, arrested. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's mad. yeah, that, that's so funny to me. That's attempted like, murder. 
the, the funny thing is, is they the two characters are not that far off from each other. Um, uh, I, I, but it, the B thing is so funny because like he smiles and he laughs. He's like, I see myself in you. I see what's going on too far. Like, let's do this. And yeah, the moment he takes it too far, he's like, okay, yeah, that's right. I'm dealing with a child. That's right. He doesn't understand. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to run over his bike. I'm going to run over his bike. <laughs> You're going to stoop to his level. <laughs> um, and then he, he tries to commit homicide by cutting his brakes, which was nuts. I was like, wait, what is he doing? Is he going to slash his tires? No, he's going to cut his brakes. He's literally trying to kill him. Uh, um, which is only topped by him almost collapsing a tree onto, his, onto him, which would have killed him. But right. just I a, think, which I think is the a, embodiment of it, too, because like... It's like you you see him go that far with the uh, got a cat on my back right here. Sorry, when you see him go so far with the breaking of the of the uh, breaks, and then that tree moment happens. I think that's just like the definition of the movie is seeing that tree fall. Like that tree falling is like, oh, I get it. I'm watching a comedy. Like if you if you explained to someone, I would have had that tree fall on you. Like it's just a weird thing, and it's also kind of like. I could see how that just doesn't make any sense. But then you see it happen. You see like, oh, he's serious, which is what makes it funny. The fact that he actually rode his bike there, went under his car and clipped the brakes and then got dragged out of the new school is funny. It's the fact that he's that serious. He's that serious. And that's when he's like, yeah, I should call the cops. <laughs> oh, this juvie. Um, yeah, that was like. To me, that was like by far like the that was just like the funniest thing. And then literally the I think the I think the next point of retaliate no, that was before. The Mac started it by telling his wife that he was dating that he was dating Rosemary. And then he and then he got into the he moved into the hotel. And then he just took it a step further by putting the bees on. Listen. That whole bit, that whole section of the movie, like top to bottom, was like, to me, that's like the funniest scene in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I love when he's calling Max and he's telling him that she doesn't want to see him. And then he walks and he's spying on her at the same time. And he walks by those kids playing basketball and he just smacks the ball out of their hand. <laughs> just like shit like that is so funny that they're both just immature little fucking assholes. I love it. Bill Murray just like Bill Murray plays that role so well, which is not surprising. I mean, Ghostbusters, he, he was kind of that. Well, honestly, that that was the thing. He was not doing good stuff. It was all bad comedies, and this was the first time he did a part like this. And this is actually the starting point for a whole new a whole new career for him. He after this, he was the guy for sad comedy stuff. Next, he was seen in Lost in Translation, Broken Flowers, St. Vincent. That kind of, that's kind of been his back since. He has not done an absolute straight-out comedy un until Garfield, which he got tricked into. And um, <laughs> after that, uh, Zombieland. Zombieland is a comedy, but he's only in there for like five minutes. He doesn't do straight-away comedies anymore. He's like a serious actor, and it started here. Mm. I would say the last funny... The last truly funny, great performance 
from Bill Murray has to be the Wes Anderson film, Steve Sizu, Life Aquatic of Steve Sizu. He's the lead. He's a fucking asshole. And you love him by the end of that movie. You love everyone by the end of that movie. Um, and since then, he's been on the side with the rest of the Anderson movies. But that's like the last great one he's done. I wonder if Anderson's <coughs> going to have another one in his back pocket for him. It'd be great. Um, yeah, I really like, I actually really like this one. Like, now yeah, that dude, I'm talking I'm happy. about it, that's, that, it, this was, if nothing else, it was a lot of fun. And you peeling away those layers of just like, his mom was attached to the school and that school is the only attachment that he has to his mom. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Good stuff. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> ah, good stuff. So, Zach, what did you think? So, I see a lot of myself in Max. I was that kid who was really, really poor, but did all the extracurriculars to hide that. <laughs> because, um, how, how would I put it? So, my parents got divorced in middle school. When I got to high school... Oh God! I, by the end of my senior year of high school, I was in, I had been in twenty six clubs. Oh my God! Yeah, damn. Like I was legit max for a while. Ah, <laughs> mm. uh, to the point where it was affecting my grades at times. <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, I just I love it. I I love the idea that. That, like, he has that connection to that school. He gets into that whole thing with Bill Murray. And at the end of the day, he kind of grows out of it. He gets that girl. He gets the girl. And they put on some cool shit. I mean, it's a good... It's good. It's... I've seen very... I've only seen a couple more live-action Wes Anderson movies than Chris. I think I've only seen in addition to that Budapest and Moonrise. I haven't seen anything else. I've seen the animated ones, but I haven't seen those I two. Thought, I thought for the longest time you have you had seen like nearly all of them. Like when we oh. were working together. I don't know. I just like assumed for some reason. That I just so, like seen all the Wes Anderson movies? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So like, I, probably, I mean, I you weren't the trigger, that. but. Yeah, I was I, I've seen more Wes Anderson movies than you and Alex. I saw Bottle Rocket before Alex saw Bottle Rocket. I was fucking surprised about that. I had many opportunities to watch the thing fully on cable yeah. and I just never did. I well, thought it would so be crazy. I thought it was well, I thought it was gonna be more boring at the time because like it didn't look it didn't look visually interesting to me and and the pace mm. of it was not something I was relating to. Um and I absolutely, I eventually grew out of that. Tenenbaums is the thing that I related to the most as having like uh, being very close to my family and having interesting sibling and parent relationships. My parents were never divorced, which is like an, a big thing in that movie too. Um, but it was the family element that got me. Rushmore got me in terms of max whereas tenenbaums got me in terms of like the whole the whole element of it is a film telling me a story through the visuals of it these characters the performance the settings the editing the music everything about 
Tenenbaums comes together for me as a movie. Rushmore, I look at Max and I'm like, I'm all about Max. For yeah. years, there are elements about Rushmore that I did not relate to or couldn't get my head around. Watching it like four or five times this week, and I watched it last year on my own. I was like, I'm just going to sit down and watch Rushmore. And I was like, this fucking movie is amazing. And the last 30 minutes is so mm-hmm. fucking cathartic. And watching it four or five times this week, I just had a, a joy doing it. Every, it wasn't like something I couldn't stop putting on. But every time I put it on, I was like, man, this movie rules. And because of it, I, w- I want to watch Tenenbaums again. And I'm glad I watched Bottle Rocket. <laughs> I'd like to watch Limited again. I'd like to watch. I watched Sisu not too long ago. Um, and I want to build my way back up to French Dispatch. I'm I'm glad I didn't watch it right away now because yeah. I want to watch Budapest again. I want to watch Moonrise again. I want to lead up to how he got there. But I love revisiting the early work of him, just like I love revisiting the early work of Tarantino. Um, so, sorry, Zach, I went on a rampage. No, you're okay. You're okay. <clears throat> so uh, it's ironic actually because like Moonrise Kingdom, I saw on a whim. I don't even remember how I had came across. I just like might have been like I had went to a theater that was playing it in college or something, or I had just like saw it on TV or something a couple years after that. And (laughs) the story of how I went and saw Grand Budapest is the funniest ever, though. (laughs) So when I saw the trailer for Grand Budapest, I thought the lead actor was Dev (laughs) Patel. But it was Tony Revolver. Revol- <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looked the same, a little bit. Nah. He's He's got a fatter face than Dev Patel, but... <laughs> That's fucking funny, though. Yeah, I thought of Dev Patel, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I like Dev Patel's stuff. He's he's a good guy. He, he's continued to impress me, even to this day. And and then I saw it, and I'm like, oh, this movie's just great. <laughs> And then I saw the credits, I'm like, oh, this didn't have Dev Patel in it, so. <laughs> you went through the whole movie and still didn't even realize it. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie, despite my mild racism. <laughs> Two thumbs up. That is not the, that, I've done that before, where I'm like, oh, that actor's not this guy? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when I did it for Scott Pilgrim? I thought Knives was played by Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, exactly. I, said no! that. <laughs> I can't laugh at you too hard because I did the same My, thing. Mild racism. It gets us all. At least uh, I'm willing to admit that I was a little racist. <laughs> hey, I admitted it too. I admit it all the time. It's about Wait, admitting that just and makes learning you racist. from it. It's about admitting. Yeah, I know, but I admit it when I do. Yeah. Um. So this was uh. Definitely a treat because this is much younger Wes Anderson. Uh, he's not quite as refined as he is in his later stuff, but he's still freaking fantastic. And I could tell because my just be similar that so much of he put so much of himself and obviously from what you've said, uh, Owen Wilson's experiences in high school mm-hmm. into the Max character. And he literally shot at his high school, which helps. Um, I, I I can see it a lot because I did a lot of that shit (laughs) where every day I'd, I'd hop around to two clubs. I'd go to a club, ditch out on it halfway through, go to a second club. (laughs) And I do that every single day of the week. (laughs) 
Were you the mm. president and or vice president of any of those clubs? No. I was not. I was not quite Max. I was just in them. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Good. Yeah. My dad's disappointed in me. Doesn't mean I ain't like him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um. So yeah, I it was really fun. I I love the story of it. I love the visual stuff. The music's great. Bill Murray's fucking kills it. Jason Schwartzman's great. I love it. It's fun. It's good. It's good, honest West Anderson. I will say, every time I heard Jason Schwartzman speak, all I could hear was Ash from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. I was well, like, he's got such a like distinguished voice. Well, that's funny because every time I watch Fantastic Mr. Fox, all I hear is Max Fisher. Also, there's a little bit of overlap between the characters, isn't there? Hey, Alex. There's a little bit yeah. of overlap. You ever, you I, ever I absolutely how, agree, yeah. You, you, ever, you ever notice how Max Fisher and Vegas, Mr. Fox are never in the same room at the same time? <laughs> um, Zach, what's your favorite scene in the movie? What's your favorite, like, funny moment? Oh, God. Um, you like a favorite quote? I... I'm I'm trying to think of a, a scene right now that I like. Uh, I would have to say like the bees in the hotel. That that was funny as fuck. It was yeah. just so yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, that was just like I I the hotel chilling no. bees. I it was. I think it was the suddenness of it. <laughs> he keeps spraying. He keeps spraying that cat like it's John Wick. <laughs> Oh yeah! It's like taking it by the head. It's putting bullets in its neck. No, this cat's taking my stuff, and I'm teaching it not to take my stuff. (laughs) I can't say I'm past. I'm like here's Jenny's deal, which is the cat goes for things, and she says no, and they listen immediately and run over. She goes, "Good cats," and then gives them a treat, and then I'm like, "Okay," and then they immediately go back and do those bad things, and then go back to her and ask for a treat, and I'm like, "No." You say no, and then if they go back, you spray the shit out of them. Yeah. Because then they, lose, then, they, then they stop when you pick up the bottle. Then they stop when you say no, and they think, oh, I'm going to get sprayed. Because what does spraying do? It just covers their fur with water, and then it hydrates them as they lick it off. So here's my, yeah, water spraying my cats with water never worked. Never worked. Our cats I, it, were... I, I uh, I sprayed my dog one time. He did not take. These kindly. are my cough drops. My cough drops. Oh my god! <laughs> and they want them, and I say no. Uh, how about you? How about? Uh, sorry, go ahead, Zach. I was gonna say. Yeah, Zach. Funny, funny moment or funny quote? I just said it. It was the hotel room with the bees. Oh, the hotel room with the bees. Yeah. It was, um, it, it was just so sudden and just out of nowhere, and I was like, god. Oh my god. Uh, so, P- Peter, how did you like the uh, final Wes Anderson movie that you need to see outside of Dispatch? Oh, he's seen them all. I have. That's why I was. That's why I'm like really fucking surprised at this point. Everyone, I mean, besides Alex, Alex had to see one more, and it was Bottle Rocket. But I, th- I thought I was like one of few people who hadn't seen a shitload of Wes Anderson. So, and this was years ago, so I was like, all right, I'll watch Moonrise, 
um god what was it? uh hotel and then i always forget the train the train one i always forget uh, the name moonrise kingdom no that was darjean a- limited thank you there Let- we go yeah darjean limited so those and darjeeling darjeeling i believe darjeeling limited um and then i hadn't seen 10 m bombs alex showed me that one yeah, and so then I was, and I'd seen Bottle Rocket like years and years and years ago because Alex was the one who fucking told me about it and told me about the short. And I was like, oh, cool. And then years and years later, and then us coming back into, uh, into our friendship again, it was like, oh, wait, you haven't seen it? You fucking told me about it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, because the thing is, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've seen like, I saw I would see the beginning on like uh, Comedy Central um, right before I would go to school and then I would catch like the last 30 minutes when I would come home mm. from school. I would never catch the whole thing on Comedy Central. That's gotcha. all, who always played it the most. It wasn't until they would play Rushmore right after it that I'd be like, that's great. And then Tenenbaums just came out when I was in high school. And by the time it hit like uh, video stores, I was like, I really want to see this. And I loved it every time. So it was mostly just I was never catching it on full on cable. Makes sense. Um, that makes more sense than you just I, straight I, up not watching it and then recommending it to someone. Yeah, I'd seen enough to know that this was uh, an yeah. interesting, funny, right. that Owen Wilson was funny. But then Owen Wilson was in all these other comedies. And then I was watching other movies by that filmmaker that I thought were better. Like it was obvious that Bottle Rocket was like an easygoing Saturday morning movie. Like, if you have a hangover, you wake up on Saturday, this is the movie to watch. Like, mm-hmm. it's easygoing, it's funny, but it's like uh, it's like a Xanax. It's like Joe Pirro talks to you. It's very easygoing <laughs> paced. And like, and like you said last night, when we, or not last time, but last time we watched this, you were like, that was an hour and a half? That felt like a little longer than that. <clears throat> right. And the right. and the thing is, it's because it's very slowly paced. It's very yeah. easygoing. Tenenbaums has more edits, more characters, more going on, more story. It is a little bit more languid, but by the end of it, by the time you this is one of my favorite things that someone mentioned about his films, that slow motion moment at the end of all of his movies. It's not in Fantastic Fox, they have a fast dance scene. Right. But there's a thing in all of his movies where there's a slow motion like Zack Snyder's, but it's always at the end. And he, for, and someone formed it as it's, it's Wes Anderson saying, giving the audience a chance to say goodbye to these characters. Mm-hmm. And I always loved that. And I feel like that's Is certainly it? what's that. I feel like that um, embodies the end of this movie and almost all of them a lot. And like bottle rocket, when you get to that moment, it doesn't really have that kind of sting to it. It gets better when you get to Tenenbaums and it's just, you don't want it to end. You don't want to say goodbye to these characters anymore. You really kind of just loved everything you saw in that embodiment. And then, then Steve Sizu is way more style. Limited is almost all style. And then Fox is a perfect marriage of them both. And then he's done nothing but good stuff since I think. I was going to say, I, there's a guy who lived on my dorm floor in college who was like super duper obsessed with Wes Anderson. So I was always aware of Wes Anderson. I just like never explored him really as a director. But that was also around the time I was really exploring like 
Miyazaki and starting to explore like Satoshi Kon. I just like the idea. Like, I just like I like hearing about the preppiness of the college you went to, Zach. It's like, well, yeah. I studied West Anderson and all of his yes. filmography. No, we, we well, I studied one. Kurosawa. Well, I just watched a lot of Kurosawa movies when they were playing them on TCM because they were around, and I was like, I'm going to make a concerted effort to watch it, Kurosawa. It, in fairness, we, Alex, I've told you about this professor, that the, the one who doesn't like Guardians because he thinks there's too many explosions. Yeah, I, there's a theory that a lot of uh, a lot of teachers that go to college are either filmmakers that couldn't cut it or filmmakers that didn't want to work within that business. Those the yeah. I, I, I think so. I think it's a, those exist for sure. And then there are some that I, I think there's some people that feel like I just want to be a teacher. I just really love the idea of talking about and teaching kids about film. Yeah, I think those so people th- exist. So this particular professor really wanted us to have, like, a wide thing. So we watched, like, one or two of, like, a lot of big-name directors. Like, we watched – I mean, I took a whole course on Scorsese, so that that helped. So I saw a lot of stuff. Well, you could. You could take, you could take yeah. two or three courses on Scorsese. I, we, several, I, I took multiple international films where I saw movies like City oh. of God and – that's where I first saw Paprika, which is freaking awesome movie. Well, I uh, mean, that that's film school can be two things. Either you learn how to make a film or you learn how to appreciate them. And the great thing about the school where you learn how to appreciate them is you can do that in your own time. It's about having the discussion. It's yep. about having the people to to talk about those films. It's about when you're done watching a film taking an hour out of your day to go to YouTube, go online, look at your critics, see if people have started a conversation about this movie and then literally take the time to consider to think about it. That's why I take a week to watch every movie four or five times and go through a bunch of research and do a bunch of stuff because that's the whole fucking point of what you went to school for. And I don't need to pay for it. I do it as a cathartic experience to get away from my shit. True. I'm not saying that it's one is better than the other. I'm just saying I, 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 I'm glad I didn't g- spend a bunch of money and get a bunch of student loans so that I could say I'm spray this cat. Spray cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stop going for my cough drops. Maybe it's sick. It's got phlegm. It, it loves the game. No. No, 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 no. Here's what you do. You grind one up, okay? You hammer it like you hammer it. You get into a fine dust and just let the cat sniff it. Okay, I'm going to beat this cat into a fine dust. That's not what I said. Oh, dear God. Um, uh, so, uh, Peter, I believe you were uh, talking about how you like the movie. Um, I was. <laughs> and then Alex went homicidal with his cat. All right, uh, Peter, please continue. Okay, so as I was saying, this was the um, basically the last one I needed to watch. Uh, so it was really, it was really, 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 really interesting to see nearly the start of him after I'd watched everything since and Bottle Rocket. So yes, I mean in Bottle Rocket too, the not not honing in on everything being in center frame 
and especially things after Fox feel like it could be a stop motion because it's just so not in a bad way, but like micromanaged, like it's to the fucking T where these people are standing. And this is just a little more loose. So it, it was it was refreshing, too, because I don't think Wes is eating himself by having having his style and knowing. Knowing his. Knowing who he is, and like there's nothing wrong with having with having a style and something that people can copy because anyone can copy your style, but you're the one who made that style. That's what's important. Mm. That's what always kind of peeves me when people are like, you know, anyone could make anyone can make his shit. And, you know, people people are inspired by him. So they they make a movie that looks or, you know, a short film that looks like something he would make. But it's like, yeah, you're making a good point. Anyone can do it. But he's the one who's fucking doing it. Well, as, you, as I said with as I said with Fox, like Patrick H. Wellens was making sketch videos that perfected his style. And like, mm-hmm. I think he understood that he's like, I, I'm not telling stories correctly. I'm just telling stories with style. And that's what Fox, I think what Fox, the, Fox gave him the time to perfect his style incrementally, frame by frame, but also in that <laughs> process forced him to look at the story incrementally as well. Especially right. since it wasn't naturally his story. He got to piggyback it off somebody else who had done a little bit more work than him. Which also, I think you could a bit of a stepping stone. Also, literally saying anybody could do his style. Yeah, like that applies to every director. Or <laughs> you can no, really any, mimic anybody. Yeah, or, you know, a Or voice, you can at least try. Or a voice or, you know, someone's literal style of clothing, what people look like. It's all, it all... Yeah, it's all a style. It's all something that distinguishes that person. Yeah, you can mimic it or not, but it's still that's that person. And there's a lot of people that go out of their way. And that's the point of the quote. Like if you have a style, if you want to wear clothes a certain way, if you want to dress a certain way, if you want to put on or if you want to be yourself, don't hide it. Go out there and fucking do it. You hey, should Alex let people know. Do you have a light? Uh, you should do it. Because that's that's the way the world gets better. It's the fucking matrix. It's go out say, and make the sky a fucking rainbow. Like was, you you need to fucking do that shit if you're gonna survive as a human being in this society. Because you need to remind people that that is important. Ah, he said this is a society. <laughs> I I I, uh, I think uh, that's important to this movie when Max finds himself at the end and is wearing a green corduroy suit. It was green, like, which is. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because I just huh. I just got to the point where the curtain that was that transitioned him going to that public school was green. Yes, because he's envious of the relationship that he has with her. Bingo layers. Please and then it, it starts with blue because he's sad and lonely, and it comes back to blue when he's a lot more warm and then it ends on yellow when the, everyone's a little bit more warm and forgiving again. In fact, what, where, what month does this movie, does this movie end on Chris? January. What month is it now? Uh, pink. January. And I also think that's interesting. Consider we landed on, on perfect fall for Fox too. Both Wes Anderson movies have hit the sun, the seasons perfectly. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Peter, please continue. Uh, yeah, so the the colors are very are very prominent in this movie, as as uh, Alex stated. 
and it really reminded no. me. No. Um, yeah, you did. It really reminded <laughs> me. With, no, Henry. It really reminded me. Um, no, on, Henry. On, it really reminded <laughs> me. On, <laughs> that cat's like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> you know, he knows, man. Like, you know, I just, I tell him no, and I don't want to spray him. But there you go. The other problem is I'm tr- every time I touch the bottom buttons on my screen to either get the camera or the sound off, it's not responding very well. Oh, so, like, it's taking me forever to fucking do, like, yeah, that, I just, t- it's not doing it. So, like, I'm trying to avoid sitting in the camera and being like this forever <laughs> and having nothing happen just so I can tell a cat to fucking stop going for my cough drops. So, uh, Peter, please I can just kick it out Sorry. my door right there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get this, back in eventually. Sorry. So this really uh, reminded me of Punch Drunk Love with the amount of colors and how all those colors mean something. And that, I mean, that movie had fucking layers too. So it, this, this is something that I'm probably out of all of the Wes Anderson movies I'm going to go back to the most, including Fox and um, Isle of Dogs and Moonrise in that order. I don't know where this sits in my tier list of Wes Anderson movies, um, but it's definitely up there. I really like this. And I think it's just because, yeah, there's so many layers, but it's also fresh. And it's also just so fascinating that like, he had so much talent since the start. It's just that he didn't have the right tools, the money, the people to back him up. And this is what this is what happens when you are surrounded by people that believe in you fully and will give you a fucking blank check. To get your god darn helicopter like it. It's wild. Um, the other thing that I find so immensely fascinating um is so max is entitled okay i mean it's it's almost unhealthy and he seeks attention and he's a liar and he just he seeks he just he strives for that validation just with the stuff that he's doing and especially the lying part too just just to make himself look better uh, just about everything and every, and anything so that alone you could make that into an antagonist a real fucking villain but we feel sympathy for him and that's i just applaud wes and owen for that genius fucking writing this this guy is, is nearly nuts you could you could change the tone of this, and he's a fucking creep. He's a he's a horror movie character. This guy's fucking terrifying. He's Anakin, but we feel for him. We understand why he's doing all of this. Yes, it's fucking crazy. He nearly killed it. He nearly killed the one guy who was like really being his friend, <laughs> and, and he's so self absorbed. But it's for a reason. And once you start to dive into why he is like that. Then you start to understand and really feel for him. Um, And he just became so three-dimensional after you realize about his mom and his dad's not actually, you know, 
a neurosurgeon and all, all these things and all these, he's just trying, he's just playing, he's just tr- playing this game that no one else is really playing. And it's just not how the real world works. So every single time he's doing something and it's not how the real world works, he gets fucking bitch slapped in the face. And that's why the comedy is so natural and so funny because he is the one it's cause and effect. He's the one who's doing all this shit. And so that's why it's so fucking funny too. And it feels, it just, it's like a fluid. It's so natural. At least to me. And he's like down in the fucking dumps with his dad too. And he's like, I'm just a foot. And like, it's like, come on, man. He's, he's not quite there yet. He's still like feeling sorry about himself. It's like, in a way he's still making it about himself, even though that yeah. he's trying, he's trying to change and improve, but he's like, I'm just a barber's son. So <laughs> I am. It's like, woe is me, man. Come the fuck on. Uh, but especially, especially that the comedy in this, it's, I have to watch the other Wes Anderson movies to really see on a, comedic standpoint which ones i find the most like quirky and most funny but this one right now is really standing out to be the most natural i mean it's so fucking natural yeah how funny it is yeah i i think this is probably the most naturally funny i think budapest has some like precise timing i think budapest is funnier than people remember but yeah i think sportsman being an incredibly hysterical person i think owen being just a naturally funny writer there's some great jokes in tenant bombs but they're so dry they're so dry that it's amazing this there's a warmth to a lot of the humor here um ever since i was in high school that or scrubs line has made me laugh la- out loud every time That's i watch right. it oh watching cecily they? watching cecily laugh out loud i was like every time man it's so solid yeah it's no it's more than solid dude this shit's liquid this shit's a liquid movie for me it's a gas man gaseous um gaseous. but yeah Wes, Wes has a knack for for making children the adults and the adults children in his stories oh yeah and this is this is one that has I mean, like, of course, there's real consequences for everything um, like Moonrise Kingdom. But this is like. Th- this is kind of the start of it, but it's almost the opposite. It's not quite the opposite. Like, yes, he's still a kid and the movie knows he's still a kid and anything he tries to do, like, you know, make a fucking aquarium in the middle of a sports field for the school like yeah someone's gonna nip that in the bud real quick and there's gonna be consequences for it like, i'm surprised he got that go far through. too yeah well you know it's amazing what you can do with just you know things on the dl sweeping things under the rug and not really <laughs> he's, he's good at avoiding it um, right. so my point earlier how he could be such a dick and that's all you could see, like those guys on the po- the podcast you're listening to, Alex. Like he's just a dick, just an asshole. Like what? What? They just didn't see the other elements that were in their fucking face. And he's yeah. he's not a narcissist, and he's not like egotistical. That's not what. That's not the the seed of it. He's a kid. 
seeking validation for anything because he doesn't have those things. He thinks he has to prove his self-worth with the things that he doesn't actually have. And that's not what it's, that's not how the real world is. And that's how he thinks it is. So that's why all this shit doesn't really work out <laughs> because it's just not how it works. It's just not how it works. Um, that's like the main point that I got out of this movie. A really funny moment. Um, not like the most funny moment. I have to really think about that. Uh, but a really not, I don't know if it's fun. Just a real good moment. <laughs> Let me phrase like that. A real good moment that I liked when he brought the test um, to his dad and he got like a 37 and his dad is the one who made it 87. And usually right, when you yeah. home from school, before you show the test to your parents, you were the one who fucking changes that. Like, that's usually the trope. But his dad was like, it's OK. Like, it's fine. I just that made me really smile because mm -hmm. I am fortunate. My parents are not divorced. Um, we never really had money issues. I mean, to the point where we were like fucking poverty. Like, I've, I've been so I've been so lucky and fortunate. Even when I was in school and I wasn't like Max where I was trying to do all of these things. I had a few, I had a few like, um, a, a few clubs, I guess. I don't know. One was like a theater thing and the other one was just for art. Like you just go there, you, you draw stuff, you, you do things. Um, but my school wouldn't allow me to do that after a while because I was flunking everything and I was flunking them because I didn't want to do that work but it was also a snowball effect I mean this was pretty much my entire academic journey was epic failure until the last loop and then I was able to pick myself up after moving schools and everything but I really feel for him on that level where you just you just want to have fun learning things and for some reason school isn't that school doesn't have yeah. to be a drag yes right. you have to learn some things in order to get through life like why aren't there classes um and i mean classes not extracurricular stuff where you could sign up and it's just like an extra credit but why aren't there classes on how to do taxes why aren't there taxes on how to you know make a resume why aren't why are there no classes on how to actually do things in the real fucking world because like yeah the people who are doing the things in the real fucking world are doing them because they want to and they desire and sometimes they find joy and the people who aren't in those jobs are the people that probably didn't do so hot in school and are stuck doing the jobs that no one else wants to fucking do like working at a gas station or all that shit is just because they they weren't fortunate during their school years and they weren't those kids who were like i want to be a fucking dentist when i grow up because i enjoy plucking people's mouths and seeing if they have cavities like some people are just like that and it's and it's great and they fit into the system but max isn't really someone who fits into the system and neither was wes or owen clearly but they made it work and that's another message in this movie. You're like, you're making it work with the tools that you have. And sometimes you just, people just leave school. People just don't even graduate high school and they're in they're into acting and they're directing movies and all sorts of shit. Like, I'm not saying you should just like, you know, quit school. Like it is, it is important to an extent, but 
when's the last time you used the y equals mx plus b trick last time i got laid really was it a key uh, or something <laughs> no it was after i got laid it's what got her out of the place oh you asked her to what it meant uh, i i asked her to solve my homework and she left immediately that was last <laughs> time you got laid was when you had homework <laughs> <laughs> you walked straight into so, that. <laughs> previously on Pillow Talk. <laughs> Pillow Talk. Oh my God. Hey, great. you want to be part of a podcast? Where are you going? <laughs> Said everyone. Um, that's the thing that I re- relate to the most is you just <clears throat> have to make it work. And school isn't cut out for, you know, a lot of people. And half the time, the people that you think it's cut out for are just lying just so they can make it through anyway. Yeah, me especially, but it's. I going to say Max. I'm watching the movie. Oh, Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be there. Yeah, it's. I don't relate to him on on the level of. Uh, of Zach, unfortunately, for Zach, <laughs> make that clear. My high school sucked, and I know it. Well, yeah, but you also had a rough time at home, and you, you know, I was the lucky one who didn't get the parents divorcing and, you know, lack of money troubles. So I, I, I'm, I am saying I am fortunate and happy that I can't relate to Max at that level, <laughs> because it does fucking suck. Yeah, doesn't suck. Um, I don't. I don't think I was. I. I. I never. I gave this movie a chance when it fucking before it even started because it's Wes Anderson. I knew I wasn't gonna be like steered the wrong direction. Be like, why is he just a dick? Why is he just like this older woman? It's fucking creepy and weird. And you made moves on her. What's going on? You almost killed a guy. Like, what's what is this? Um, I know enough at this point, especially from Wes Anderson, that there's something under the rug and you need to right. look at the rug. Uh, and I like that even at the end of the movie, he, yes, he changed, but like the last time you see some of these characters that he interacted with, um, like before uh, is his, oh, damn it. I forgot her name. The chick who, the only fucking person at the school who actually shows interest in him. Margaret. Margaret. Marker. And Margaret. (laughs) (laughs) So the last time we see her before the ending of the movie, she's like, you're a fucking dick to me. You're you're a dick. And he just stood there and took it, took the dick. Yeah, Um, but do you know, you know what I also love about that moment? What? (laughs) We wa- what we watch in this movie is Max both from other people's perspective and Max's perspective. We see every single person he fucks over and every single bad thing yeah. that he does. Margaret, before she even looks at him and says that you treated me like a jerk, she admits the bad thing that she did and how far she took it and the responsibility and consequences that she had to take for it too. We don't see her whole movie, but it also – it's – it's very refreshing to have someone look at Max and be like, you were a dick, but you know what? I completely understand. Cause guess what? I'm a fucking dick too. <laughs> anyway, you want to hang out? Like, I love that. 
<laughs> I really do love that. It like just everyone can be an asshole, especially kids, especially when they don't know what they're doing. And, and like <laughs> and and at school. So like I there's a part of you that's like she probably did a lot of that not just to make it work, but to impress him. And maybe to impress her own parents. There's a lot oh, of other yeah, that's, that you... I mean, that's just another aspect of school. They don't teach you to actually learn and retain. They teach you to either cheat or remember it for that one moment that you get tested on. I, I just love that you see this character do a bunch of terrible things and you need this arc of him to rede- to like have some redemption and change and earn some forgiveness and rebuild these relationships. And one of the first person who, people who comes up and gives him a nice little smack on the face like everyone else um they also admit that they understand because they've been in the same position and that's exactly what he needs to hear too which is that everyone can be this low it's about getting back up and changing and i really right. do love that yeah i love her scarf too yeah it's a good scarf yeah this this movie gives ev- like not even just the main character but everyone a chance to come back in the end which you don't even have to fucking do but like seeing seeing their relationship go even further and she's like yeah i'm his girl what do you want you want to dance what's up <laughs> like she's already defensive and everything it's so adorable <laughs> so it's something that he would do with his other friends for sure like every single side character coming back mhm Yeah, I think those are those are really the main points. I really have to think on what I think the funniest moment is because there I mean, I was I was laughing throughout the whole fucking thing. Like Right, yeah. I I this really is- like I really like the really I know this sounds really mean and bad, but I really like the lowest moments that these characters experience. <laughs> like Bill Murray is just standing out on the fucking road and lets a bicyclist <laughs> splash him with water. Yeah, this is so <laughs> like, funny. And he looks like complete shit. And he's like, "Woe is me, man." Oh, uh, Oro Scrubs is really funny, but I'm a big fan this time of when he's sitting on the bleachers with her, and they're talking about Latin, and she says something in Latin. He goes, "What's that?" Oh, it's Latin, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I I really love the defeated nature of that. That's super funny. It's also, so there was that. There was the point. There was the uh, the part where. Uh, the the Scottish guy was talking. He's talking in that thick Scottish accent, mm-hmm. and so Max just says, "Is that Latin?" Yeah, dude, <laughs> that that's was a really one. fucking good. That's uh, a- I love, I love when he's like, "I always wanted to be in one of your fucking plays." Such a good moment. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was just an overall really good moment. God, I don't know. The how about when he reaches? How about when the kid's like, "Yeah, get your head out of your ass, Dad," and then he reaches back. And oh my God! Him. Yes, thank you. I <laughs> laughed. My that was the one that I laughed the hardest at, and I kept laughing after it was like two scenes later. I was still fucking like, "How he just he, he just choking someone from behind like that?" And just That's like real, cut. like real Homer Simpson stuff, man. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. yeah, the the cut was the most was the was the funniest thing though because it was just like immediately right after that it's like anyway <laughs> so fucking funny yeah i think right i think right now that was my favorite <laughs> oh god oh our scrubs <laughs> every day all day oh our scrubs is so That's funny such to a me. good one too man i like your nooses are in a foam guy these are oh our scrubs 
Oh, are they? <laughs> and then just Bill Murray starts choking on his drink. <laughs> oh, because he's a fucking child. I love it. <sighs> yeah, this I still, is, this is yeah, definitely yeah. top five of my Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, Tenenbaums is still number one. I really like Budapest. Uh, I really like this. I really like Fox. And um, King- Kingdom is really great. I really do love that movie. Uh, I like it more than Limited or Bottle Rocket. Um, so, yeah, I would probably... No, Steve Cizu. Steve Cizu is five for me, for sure. Yeah. Returning to that last year was so fucking good. That movie is great. I totally forgot. I did have a Max Fisher moment, and it was a while Mm. ago, before I even watched this movie. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I was in uh, jury duty. Oh, that's right. I was very lucky and gifted the opportunity, in a way, to forcefully go to jury duty or else. (laughs) I would, or else I would be the reason that other people were called into jury duty. <laughs> you bastard. Uh, in a basket. So, when great when, impression, Zach. Oh. I know, right? It's the best. When the judge and the judge and the lawyers are the ones who start asking you questions before the actual before the the case starts. They have to see if you're a good candidate. Like if someone was beaten because the person was drunk and, you know, then they ask, okay, they, then they ask, you know, someone in the jury duty, like, uh, what's your at home life? Like, have, have you, you know, do you have drug or alcohol problems in the family? And if you do, chances are, you're going to get booted out of there because they don't, they don't want any, just even even the thought, the smell of bias. They don't even want that. Like, I, I have drug... How many times... Everyone, everyone ever on the entire fucking planet has had some relation to drug and alcohol problems. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what life is. I was gonna so say, like, I feel... I feel... Pierre, not to interrupt. I feel like... But you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> just saying, don't phrase it like that. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like... People try to lie their way out of that shit. Just being like, yeah, my family totally does that. So they don't have to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can you can do that. But I was like, yeah, my, you know, second cousin, third removed, you know, whatever the fuck it was. Half the people are saying that and they got booted out. It was hilarious. But uh, when when they when they ask, they also ask you, like, you know, what. What your job is and then other things, if you're married, if you have kids, yada, yada, yada. And then what your hobbies are like at the end it's just like kind of a little little lighter note on something if you have any hobbies i shit you not i was the only person who and i'm not i'll I'll get to the main point but i was the only person who had at least two hobbies everyone else there were there was one or two other people that had one hobby and it was like i like to go on my boat and the other one was like fishing or some shit or like, I like the outdoors. I like going on walks. No one else had anything. And I was the only person who had like fucking six things. And they were like, wow, you like to do a lot of stuff. And I was like, I guess. <laughs> it was like, I like to do things that I like. Wow. 
I mean, <laughs> I'm, fortunate, I'm fortunate that I don't have kids or that, you know, I'm not, you know, married and have kids. So I have, my focus is like on that, you know, like I get it, but I'm, it was, it was sad. It was sad. I'll say it. It was fucking sad. The amount of people were like, I don't know. I didn't really just sleeping. Does that count? People like chuckle on him. Like I'm nearly fucking crying because I'm like, that's so sad. Everyone in here is so fucking sad. And they're not even the one being accused of something. Who's the savage is going to say, yeah, kids are my hobby. God, Some of them were basically saying that in a way they're like, I don't have a life out of family. I- like, I've had eight of my neighbor's children. <laughs> ha, you, <laughs> eight <laughs> out of nine, I'll say. Eight out of nine. None eight. of them know. In the wonderful, <laughs> in the wonderful quoting of Mr. Beast, I'm gonna say this. Ha, ha, and you for having a loving family and children. <laughs> <laughs> You're rich anyway. off of sponsorship money. <laughs> that was that was a that was actually a pretty decent um Max Fisher moment. Gosh. Not even in a way like I'm not distracting myself or I'm not like trying to prove myself worth with like activities. I'm just doing things that I like to do because I'm finally out of high school. I've been out of high school. Yeah. But I'm out of high school and I actually have the opportunity to, you know, do something that I fucking enjoy. Right. <laughs> Cause school Yeah, you've got some a... habits school is, is such a tragedy for most people it's like you mm. you immediately go into college for no other reason other than you're just pressured to go back into school for some fucking reason and then you just get into something that you find an interest in and then you graduate and then you're like what am i actually going to do with that that was my I mean, yeah, it's just the system is just throwing it into your face. You gotta, you gotta do something. Why are you, why are you a fucking waste of space? Go to school. It's, yeah. it's fucking sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this movie definitely triggered a lot of hatred uh, that I have for school, just in general. And I, <laughs> I hope, I just hope that my child or children have an easier time academically than i did and if they don't i know exactly what to do so throw them out of school and let them find their own way (laughs) no no i'll just help them and be a supportive parent because there you go turn that 37 into an 87 that's all that people want is support and empathy yeah alex in school really isn't that unfortunately (laughs) he's turning into a zombie somebody inject him with an epipen uh, second, second most favorite moment, uh, funniest moment in this movie is the entire last play. Where <laughs> yeah. he actually the, did hit him. Oh my God. The entire fucking thing. They have explosives. The fact that the audience has to wear goggles and earplugs if they want, but like, you know, you probably should. <laughs> the budget for just for this is so funny because that's what happened. That's what happened in real life. He was he was just given the opportunity with a fuckload of money. Just like do what you want. You deserve it. And that's what happened in this. At the end, he's like, do what you want. Here's here's so much money that you've gathered. I mean, I guess he actually earned it, earned it because he's the one who got all the money together, right? Right. And the in the he got the money together in the for in the short film. He um uh, asked for the money from James L. Brooks for. Bob no, I, mean, I meant Max Fisher in the last. 
Oh, I, who knows how he gets these budgets, man. He's, he's in fact, what I find the most interesting is that he drops out of school to be the barber's son bit and be all depressed. We don't see him go back to school, but he does go back to school somehow. He then has a play there at George Washington High that is filled with actors from Rushmore. So I find all of that very interesting to me. Like, I mean, if anyone can pull strings, it's it's Max fucking Fisher. I mean, I this think, guy... I, well, I, I think the last thing is Bill Murray is rich. He's rich as fuck. There you go. I was going to say, like, he's Henry from the Book of Henry. He just knows stocks and is just loaded on, like, eight figures because of the stock market. And his mom isn't even aware of it. What was his What was his pick? He just boogied, but what was his pick? Sure, yeah, we didn't get it. Uh, he said he wrote it down. He put it in the messenger. No, he's uh, still so. on. Um, Zach said, hey, I got to go to bed. My curiosity pick for tonight is Sweeney Todd. Uh, the demon barber, because you know, barber, <laughs> barber's son. Oh, yeah, barber. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, um, all right, all right. On Flea right. Street, that's Zach's curiosity. Okie dokie. Um, anyway, yeah, if anyone can pull strings, it's gonna be Max Fisher. And yeah, uh, I think his lineage of being in a poor household is gonna end at his father. This guy is definitely gonna go places. He knows how to fucking work with people and take advantage of shit. And I hope that he does it in a, in a more healthy way from now on. I feel on. like he goes to Broadway, yeah. But yeah. he clearly has a knack of just being a people person and knowing what to do in situations like this. And, I mean, he's not going to be done with lying. Everyone fucking lies. And if you say you're not a liar, you're a liar anyway because you're lying about that. No, I think I think the end of the play at the party when he's able to introduce people and when she's like, yeah, he's my boyfriend and he's nice and he's able to introduce people to his father. He's still manipulative in the way that he is like, do you want to dance, teacher? Hey, DJ, I have the perfect song waiting. But um, it's not a romantic song. He even gets it out of a slow song. He just has the right song for the right moment. It's right. a coming of age movie and it's him literally finding out who he is. Yeah, definitely. Um, lastly, um, before I am ready to grade, my third most uh, favorite funny moment is at the end after the play when uh, when it, it hard cuts to a bunch of nude women on papers right? and stuff in the corner. Yes. No, no, no. But it's Dirk. And it's so yep. hard to catch. It's Dirk on the far fucking right. And it's and he just leaves stare. so quickly. He's just staring at them. And the camera just yep. turns really quickly. And he was only he wasn't even actually in frame. You just see like a part of him. Right. All on, three on of the, right. all three of the kids, I believe, are staring at one of the pictures that are on each of the walls. But Dirk is my favorite because it's because well, he's so far away from the picture he's looking at, and they're just staring. no, I no, he is he is one of one of if not the only one doing it because there's a kid sitting um, with his back facing the wall. He's not even looking at it. He's just staring off. I'm I'm the funniest. I know that because I'm literally I just watched that moment. I I think the cat somehow pressed pause on my TV and I just noticed it a bit ago. So he's just now (laughs) he's just about to shoot the Scotsman in the ear now. So I'm a little bit further behind. I just I just passed that moment. There is a moment. No, you know what? It's not even slowly. He gets sucked out like immediately into debris. There should be like yeah. <laughs> he gets shot out of the window and lands on his head. 
Ugh. Bad way to go. Anyway, all, um, all in all, this is a this was a great watch. Fun. I got to dissect it after, and I didn't even need to watch it again. It was just like remembering all the things I watched. Like, God, there's so many fucking layers. So many layers, dude. It's just like an onion. Layers, like an onion. Um, if we're all ready to grade, I can go first since I'm the one who's talking right now. That was a Shrek joke, and I very much appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, I make I make movie reference jokes all the time, even to people that don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like I was like, onion. I was I was I in a room. <laughs> I was in a room with uh. My girlfriend and her roommates, and she said something about Mary Poppins, and I went, "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all!" And the room went silent, and I was like, "All right." Wow, come on! I didn't even. Come on. I'm not the type of person to even explain my joke. I've explained more jokes in the last year and a half than I have my whole life, and it's because my girlfriend will not fucking quit until I explain the joke that I said to her, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. She feels left out. Well, it but it's like she feels left out, but I'm the only one fucking talking to her, you know? Um, I was about to say that that was a bath towel. I was like, what yeah, the I'm, heck? Yeah, I'm going to shower real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that lighting is just so perfect. I man. know. It really, it really is perfect. <laughs> So, all in all, this is this is one of the picks out of probably the last loop of movies that has really got me thinking. Even just one watch. I used to watch it twice, but I've lately I've only been doing it once just because of lack of time that I have. Um, this is this is the one that's really stood out to me with just so with just all of it in general. Because the last couple ones, like, Punch Drunk, I'm the one who picked that, so I'd seen it before. This is something that I've literally never seen. Mm. So, yeah, this is this is definitely an A-plus for me. Definitely. A-plus. I'm happy that I watched it again, even if it was on mute. Because <laughs> I right. got to see... <laughs> just got to see everything again. I got to see that... I got to see that ending part. Like, that whole last play is actually really good like it's so i was laughing my ass off i'm like how is this <laughs> how i just want to know i just want to know what was left of that stage afterwards because of all that dynamite oh my god i don't know the but property even, damage but even his previous play he had a whole fucking miniature like train in the back right <laughs> like this guy goes so he hard. had live blanks going like <laughs> I know. It's high school. <laughs> yeah, some most Hollywood plays don't have that shit. Don't have like miniatures and all that. I mean, from what I've seen, right. <laughs> like I've I've been to legitimate plays in town that they've they took a year to do and it's like the sets are just they're not moving like this. I was able to do this with high with high schoolers. Right. So, A+. Plus. I I really like this one. If like I keep saying, if anything else, it was a lot of fun. Really snappy, sharp dialogue, just all around really good. And I really appreciate the layers and like like an onion, like an onion, like an onion. 
Layers. Um, um, I'm going to give it an A. A. I'll give it an A. An A. A. Yeah, A A fire that's going off right now on the stage. Um, Yeah, I really, I really like this one. Um, I am looking forward to seeing more of seeing more of what Wes Anderson's got through this show. Nice. So, yeah, that. We just got that, You've on. opened the door. We got to be more adamant on, you know, putting Wes on here then. Well, I Either can't that put or a, you I, just I, explore it yourself. I've seen everything so recently. I can't really put a curiosity unless it's dispatch. And I don't want to do that because I want to watch it. Re- I want to watch it soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should all I, we should get together and watch it. I got to watch. Uh, I guess I have to do for the Goodwill then. Um but yeah, I, I again, you could also do it in this new process where you're like, I'm going to pick curiosities on my own time. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm happy, man. I This is one of the few picks where I picked it and was like, I don't know if Chris is going to dig it. And the biggest thing throughout the week as I was watching it is the one thing that I was like curious with Peter is 15-year-old attaching himself to an older woman. And the and the things that he does because of it, like he he forces himself on her at one point, but yeah. she immediately throws him into a bunch of boxes and is like, "What do you want me to do? You want me to give you a hand job?" And he freaks out and runs away because that's what you do. Like I really do love that. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. And, and you, thought just, I, you thought I might not connect with that. I mean, I didn't really. Not, I mean, it's not that you might not connect. I think by the end of the film, you would have been won over. But it's a weird thing. Oh, at yeah. first. And there are things that I've watched with you where you're just like, I just can't get past this certain thing. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Um, well, I can't. It's not like I refuse to watch the rest of the movie or I don't like I don't let that get in the way of the rest of like the grand scheme of things. Especially that fucking flannel behind me scared the shit. I looked at myself through the camera. I just scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> oh, my God. I, did you see me? You just see me turn around? I, I, I actually messed up because I'm watching the movie on my phone. Oh, my God. Sorry. No, but, like, I don't, okay. I, don't let, I don't let little things like that mess up the grand scheme of a movie. But I, right. do, I do know what you're talking about, Alex. Yeah, I'll, like, a little funny or, or a moment where it's, like, the just the character is written wrong and it's just an annoying, annoying girl or something. Yes, I no, don't. There, there, there are aspects of things that we've watched together. And I'm not talking, like, a dead girl that doesn't look dead in the right way i'm talking about like there's been times where we've watched something and there's like a some element to it where like you you have to get over it you have to get over some aspect of it and to be honest some people don't really have the time to get over some of those things and it's not it has to happen often but this is one of those things where i was like he's gonna eventually at a certain point he's gonna throw himself at this woman do i i don't know if these guys are gonna necessarily want to feel for that guy and well, a big a big thing is listening to that podcast with those guys is I'm like, I don't think you guys are them. But I do think there's an element to someone watching this and being like, this is an irredeemable 15-year-old dude. This is a guy that right. there, there's no aspect of this that I think could be fixed in the end. Or at the least, they look at Max and they don't think he really changed. And a lot of that has to do with looking at Max and being like, I don't really like who you are as a person in general. Um, and, but that idea of, of a 15 year old having a love, a love fight contest with this woman in Bill Murray. And I, that's why I, when it came to Chris, I wanted to sit and think about 
why the characters were making the choices that they were so that when you came to the table and possibly asked that, which you did in, in some ways, um, I wanted to have a reason because you weren't going, what's the point of this? You're asking, what's the thematic reasoning for this? Which is the right question because there's a movie form of this where you don't explain why he's just involved in some older woman, British woman outside of the fact that she's old, cute, and British. Like, I, I there's an adult cute and British. There's got to be, like, some element to it. And, uh, like, they make the work to tie all the uh, all these events to why his kind of world is crumbling around because mm-hmm. it's not the first time it ever happened. And that's just easy work. I, 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 that they, they make it seem like it's easy, but that's hard work. Um, and I wanted to see that so that I could give it to you for to hopefully unlock that and i'm glad you asked because that is something that really does unlock a lot about who he is which in turn unlocks why he's so easily able to connect with them in those last 30 minutes and give them what they need like he knows that that bill murray should be with her that it would make him a better person it would make him happy and he is not happy and part of that means is he has to have faith in himself and he gets him to be a better person for himself. And when he looks at her and says, I'm doing this for a friend and not because I like you, it's because I'm here for you too. Mm-hmm. And when he gives her that speech, he is in some way saying, I want you to meet him too. You're being just as scared as him too. We all need to get past this. And there are a lot of movies that have this sort of shit happen. Like these sort of like, I like a, an older woman, like, we're going to have a hate, hate war. All love is war, bees and cars and shit. Um, end in a way where things are more brutal, but funny. There's more slapstick. Uh, and the ending is a little bit more wanagay, up wank. And this film is like, no, I'm going to take 20 minutes and I'm going to make sure everyone is better. And in fact, it realizes that they should all be better people in each other's lives because of that. Right. And I, that is something that happens at least four or five times in his films. And uh, it's the same thing with, it doesn't happen as evidently with Fox because it is about his family, but his family is broken. But Tenenbaum, Sisu, uh, Limited, I, I, he, he has done it so many times and I've enjoyed it so many times. Saying it like I'm watching the slow mo goodbye right now and it's just, yep. it's exactly what it is. It's, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to really truly take this in and say goodbye to everybody. And when that happens, every time it happens, I'm like, Oh, I want to stay. Okay. I, I want to stay longer. Um, it's an A for me. Um, I think Tenen, like I'm comparing it to other Wes Anderson, Anderson films. <laughs> I think it's, a, I think it's an A when you compare it to other, I think it's an A when you compare it to other movies. <laughs> But um, I would say when it comes to other Wes Anderson films, there you I go. think he, there you I go. think he's made. What did I say? I don't. I, I you, can't replicate it. I can't either. You, just, you, you glitched. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Glitched. Uh, um, I, I think Budapest, and uh, I think Budapest is probably his best movie. I think. Tenenbaums is my personal favorite, but I also think Tenenbaums is the is a better movie than this and Bottle Rocket, and is also the natural evolution of them. And then I think Fox is just as good, but for other reasons. Um, 
that's where I'm at. Like I'm giving it an A plus, but it's just it's just so good for for different reasons that I've given other movies A pluses. I think it's a but for me when I look at Wes Anderson films, it's about where the magic is when he's in his bet when the jazz is fucking going. And yep. I think it's happening here in amazing ways. I think it happens even more so in Ten of Bombs, and he's also juggling more plates. That's an A plus for me, just because I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think Fox is an A plus just because its precision is so magical. It's just he'd been vying for that as a director in general, but it's so precise, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think, I think this is Redmark. an A. This is this is better than. Like his okay film, like Bottle Rocket and Limited are okay films to me. I think he has a good films like um, uh, the Isle of Dogs, and uh, but I think this is of the caliber of like Moonrise. Like you watch it and you're like, this is good. But I think this is even better than Moonrise just because he did so much so with too. so little budget rise budget wise. But like Moonrise is very fun. Moonrise yeah. has a is a lot of fun. But this this is really just it, it just all the magic that who he is is bottled really well here and he's able to utilize it better in the next film. But I feel like the magic is in him discovering it here, him being like, all right, yeah, no, this works. This is great. This is awesome. This is cool. And then the next movie, he's like, all right, let's use these tools again. And I think he, this is, this is him discovering the magic. This yeah. Is, I, and I think that's great. Uh, a for me. So there you go. Rushmore. If your last name is Anderson, you are a film prodigy. There's a lot. Uh, unless it's there. Paul W.S. Anderson. Well, you still make a lot of money. You certainly get your films and in you on get a time. Hot wife. And you get a hot wife and a sweet, nice daughter, it seems. That's, that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. I hear, that, I hear that that Paul Anderson is actually a really, really nice guy. Good. Good for him. Yeah. Just not a big fan of those movies. Yeah. Uh, we have a curiosity wow. wheel to spend. So, wheel. 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 Nightmare. That's a nightmare right there. I like it. it a visual, a visual thing. <laughs> no, aliens, bring this we're not done yet. Aliens, we're not done. Please be brave. We gotta get his thing back. Please. please <gasps> he, needs, oh, he needs a plane to fly into you. you. <gasps> hey, aliens, by the way, when you're done with Peter, I'd love to get a video of that probe. Oh. This is Randy Quaid now. Um, so Gentlemen, it's the curio- it's the curiosity wheel. Um, what was Zach's pick again? Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Thoughts. Musicals, gentlemen. baby. More musicals. Musical. This this one I, I jive with a lot. This this one this one I do like. But I, I also um read through the the play in my in my extracurricular class for plays. <laughs> Ooh. It was pretty fun. I was the. Um, have you seen it, Alex? Yeah. I was. Um, I was the bad guy's henchman. He played Peter, the rat, in Harry Potter. Harry Pooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah. that guy. Yeah, I played. Um, 
Uh, I really think that we need some more Tim Burton on the wheels. And I also think it would be interesting because Stephen Sondheim did just pass away. Mm. Yeah. It's got to happen then. All right. Maybe. I know mine. Do you guys know yours? I do. Let's all say it at the same time. No, that doesn't. Three, that's that's two. No, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's Skype. We can't do that. We can't. We, we can do that live. I'll allow that live. But I'll not allow that on Skype because it doesn't work out. I, I would appreciate it if Peter could go because uh, what I choose is a little bit dependent on what we're dealing with. Okay. So, Peter, you go ahead. I like how you phrased it like that, Alex. <laughs> I, I like to know what's on the wheel genre wise because I like to make sure that there's the, like. A variety of genres. Sometimes. I made oh. that doc. Did you get the link? I made that I'm Google sorry? doc. I made that Google doc of the wheels. Did you get that link? The oh, it's not about what. It's not about no, getting talking about. On, I, I get it. Oh, I, okay, yeah, okay. I'm talking about what the variety of the thing that will replace yeah. it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. But I do, like, I, I do really respect how you phrased that, though, Alex. <sighs> I really do. With? Yeah, what we're dealing with because. This has been in my phone notes for our weekly podcast episodes for months. I mean, it's it's been oh. on here for so long. Oh, um, and originally, I put it, I, I was thinking about it as a good movie. And the way everyone responded to it was more like it probably wasn't. And I was like, uh-huh. and I was like, hmm, I don't know. I have to see it. But then I was like, oh, this would be a good curiosity. That way I could, you, know, you could get my reaction to everything in real time. So that's why I'm picking Kangaroo Jack. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, you wanted to put this oh. on the good movie wheel? I it as a fun movie. Hold on, uh. hold on. I was I was literally a child, and I don't mean like thirteen. Like I was a fucking <laughs> Peter. That's curiosity. A little Peter. Boy. Yeah. It has eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And you thought it would be a good movie. I was like, I was, I was. <laughs> It has been over. I'm I'm not shitting you. It's been over a decade since I've seen it. It's been like, it's been like thirteen or fourteen years. I mean, same, but like, dang, dude. When did it even come out? Two thousand three. Yeah, no, it's it's been a long. How do you know that so well, Chris? Because I just looked it up. Okay, sure. Because he just said it got. 8%, Eight percent, which is fuck. This is hilarious. Yeah, I'm really curious. Oh, it might, Jack. It, it might not even get on. So it might not even be as bad as eight percent. Yeah, but that's definitely going on the backlog, Doc. It's not great. Guys. Um, Alex, your uh, your choice. Uh, okay. So Sweeney Todd, and that, and I'm assuming you're gonna do <clears throat> that uh, Star Wars movie you always try to do. Assume all you want. I I doubt it's that. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Let's see. There's an international film I've always wanted to do. There's a few comedies, and we don't have enough just like straight up comedies. The internet. There's a there's a romantic comedy that I have in mind. There's a couple. 
But there's a there's a part of me that's like we need more old movies. So there, I would really like to see Doctor Strange Love again. Yeah, Doctor Strange Love. We already have a Kubrick. Wait, we already have a Kubrick on the Curiosity Wheel, right? Uh, two thousand one. Yes. Yeah, two thousand one. Okay, so never mind. I'm gonna pick, um, the Big Sick. The Big Sick. It is. It's a romantic comedy that I think you would enjoy very much, Chris. Well, not Johnny, right? Okay. And I yeah, also I, I like this I like this filmmaker a lot. It's good. Okay. And so I'd like, I'd like something entertainingly good rather than Kangaroo fucking Jack. <laughs> I have every right. I have every right. You do. I put the core on there, man. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, so, gonna, um, I feel I re- immediately feel like I'm gonna regret that. <laughs> <laughs> the moment we land on it i really am so sorry for myself for that so um i've been doing a fair bit of research which is kind of the reason why i watch nobody uh i've been doing a fair amount of research for a story that i'm working on Ooh. and no it's that it's that it's that one story that i've been talking about um Ooh. And like I've been, so I decided. So like I decided that the protagonist would be female. So I'm looking up. So I was looking up like action movie, like really good like action movies that came out recently, like post John Wick. Because that's kind of like the vibe I want to want to get. Hmm. But um, I wanted examples of like good of any like of any era of like solid female protagonist action movies and like there was there is a list and long kiss goodnight yes is on there i will get to that um there's there are several on this list one stood out and it is fairly recent i have seen it i remember it was boring but the more i see of it the more i'm thinking i think i'm wrong maybe (laughs) i need to give this movie a second chance therefore my curiosity selection is definitely a curiosity sharice ronan's hannah I don't even think I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, they made a TV show out of it, and it's been on Amazon Prime for some time. And apparently, uh, it's good. It's okay. It's okay. See, I'm I mean, with it's, you, Chris. It's better than it's better than good. I remember. I have not seen the whole thing. I do remember Michael Michael Stahlberg is pretty funny in it. Um, and I do as a bad guy. Um, I, it, I remember the last thirty minutes of it. Yeah, it's it's nothing to extremely write home about. Um, there there would probably be other ones I would suggest than that, but that is one that has stuck with people, and they they did make a show out of it. So there is some there is some magic there. Yeah, I'm curious. That's why it's curious. That's why yeah, it's the curiosity. That's yeah. why I pick Kangaroo Jack because I'm fairly certain I'm wrong. Well, I mean, <laughs> it would also give me an opportunity to watch the show and see where they go with it. So. So. Uh, I just hope for the big sick. This is all, right. all over the place. We have a romantic comedy. It, you know what? I say big sick or Sweeney Todd. Those two sound really good. We have a musical. We have a romantic comedy. A, well, wasn't big sick like nominated? Like, yeah. Like for like screenplay Oscars. So we have an yeah. Academy Award nominated. Mo- so was Sweeney, romantic Sweeney comedy. Todd was nominated for best picture. Yeah. Sweeney, an Academy Award nominated Best best picture runner up musical, a alleged disaster in Kangaroo Jack. It is a disaster. 
and a movie I have I am dead curious about Hannah. Yeah. Slow. I, when I remember, I remember it was boring, but like I was a kid, so like that wasn't that wasn't a hard. I think they probably like. I think you'd like here. it more now. I think you'd like it more now. Okay. So let me, when, when did that come out? 2010. Oh wow. Yeah, I think it was yes. around that around that point. Maybe, maybe I can't relate to what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> whoops, whoops, that's my email. All right, that's great. Um, okay. Oh, you're showing us? Let me take my pants off. Yeah. Oh, I can't I'm, look at of this. Of course, I have to. That's why right, that's the... why I took the video off. I can't look at this. Oh, come on. I never like to see the wheel spin, man. I like to hear you. But your I voice. can't see you. All right, they're I'm... off, man. But I would be pacing around, dude. That's all I'd be doing. And okay. and my thing I, that I, I always to, do, I, I can't do pic- on camera. I have to picture you in my mind then. Okay. Picture you guys me ready? without you can, any pants You don't have to on. picture me with my pants off. No, I don't. I guess all right. Here we go. Three, right. two, one, spin. Uh, oh, my God. It's Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You are a fucking chaotic evil, man. Oh, yeah, I get that sometimes. <laughs> so now I got to go into the dock. I got to add Kangaroo Jack to the curiosity. God damn it. <laughs> That's the wheel. Sorry. Here you go. To the, yeah, to the wheel. Yeah. Duh. Brain fart. I I would have I wouldn't even put this on any list if you didn't make such a big deal about it, Alex. Just saying. What? Before Whoa. when we talked Holy about it, Batman. it's it's all your fault. I mean, it's all your fault. I, okay, I guess I it's I gotta be fault. honest. I'm I'm kind of happier that it's King Reject than it is Hannah. Because if Hannah is a good <laughs> movie with not a lot to talk about, like not suck. a lot. But you know what? That doesn't that. That may not be true, though. It it also seems like Hannah herself is an interesting character. But I'm hoping w- with bad movies that there's a lot to talk about them as bad movies. Right. So uh, there's right. a part of me that's terrified that Kangaroo Jack is just like no, – there's like nothing to talk about. Like there's no redeeming qualities. <laughs> yeah, because I know that the kangaroo talks for like one scene. Outside of that, it's just like a normal fucking kangaroo. Yeah. So – so we'll on, see. That's the thing. On the curiosity wheel as it stands right now. Titan AE. Oh, uh, yeah. Don Bluth, Joss Whedon, and Doug Lyman. Fuck Joss I'm Whedon dead. recently. You hear that? You I'm guys hear that? Too. I did hear did? about that. I, I, I heard about it. I, I do it. not. You're going to have to. Oh, my gosh. That. Oh, my gosh. Joss Whedon did a recent interview for, I think it was the New Yorker, something recently. And it was like. It was all the questions about all the things that have been happening with him recently, and he gave every wrong answer you could ever imagine. Oh, Anyone uh, ever was it complete given. denial? No, it was. It was victim blaming. It was everything. Like, like what? According to Gal Gadot and the scene that she wanted to do, he said that she does not speak very good English, so she just wasn't understanding oh. what he was saying. And she's like, "No, I understood." He was threatening my career. He's like, "It was a joke." She doesn't speak good English. When it came to Ray Fisher, he's like, "He's not a good actor. He's just not good. That's why oh. he's, not a, he's just not a good actor." And like, just like, oh my God, there's crazier things. He's like. When I was on Buffy and I was having affairs with actresses, 
I just couldn't help myself. In fact, it was, it, it, I had to do it. If I didn't, then like, how could my younger self ever forgive me? He's like, I had to do it. Like it, it he just says the craziest, most what fucked up insane fuck? shit. And the worst thing is the writer isn't really bogging down or condemning him or really firing home. He's kind of like, he's not stopping him from saying the worst shit ever, but there's also this part of him that's like, and like, a kind of pretending like it's okay. Like some of this shit is commendable or the fact that he's a little bit sorry, but like, it's the worst fucking interview ever. It's like the every wrong answer you could ever give. It's a career ending interview. Like he's done. He was going to write Batgirl. He was going to make Batgirl. Yeah. I think he just needs to get canceled. Uh, I don't, uh, the funny thing is the, the best thing I ever heard about the interview being said is someone was like, why aren't we talking to Charisma Carpenter? Why aren't we talking to Sarah Michelle? Why aren't we talking to uh, uh, the girl who, play, who played Dawn? Like, why aren't we talking to Michelle Trackenberg? Why aren't we talking to these people? Why aren't we talking to Ray Fisher? We should be giving them full-fledged interviews and not fucking Josh Whedon. Like, why are we talking to him? And I thought that was perfect. Well... That's on there. Um, <laughs> uh, wanted. Yeah, that's right. Remember that Ben Hur remake? Same guy. I remember, dude. I that's. I, I'm interested. After watching again the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter that we did, because that filmmaker I think had a lot of. He has a lot of potential. Why the fuck he made a Ben Hur? I have no fucking clue. Yeah, nothing else going on. <laughs> I think Wanted, Wanted is a dumb, dumb story with so much style and, and like, charm to it that I, I really like it. Heart and Souls. Oh, my God. That movie is amazing. Hey, if it gets – if that is the one that gets picked, that'll be fucking crazy because we were talking about Souls getting sucked for a while. Yeah, we did. Oh, God. Um, Absolutely. Ravenous. Ravenous? Uh, perfect because Scream just came out. David Arquette. Um, also, it's a winter movie. Pride and Prejudice. And yeah. zombies. And zombies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. That would be a weird one just for me because I've been... That's been in my subconscious for some reason for a while now. Mm. Uh, I love that movie. Every time I watch it, it's just a great experience. Um, book smart. That's a, that's, I know nothing about that movie. <laughs> Except Olivia Wilde. She directed it. That she, that she directs it and that it's apparently the closest thing to super bad that we've had in a long time. Ooh. Bridge on the river Kwai. Oh, I love that movie. I love it. I love, I want an old movie, man. Just give us an old movie. Surf's up. Have you checked? Oh, Surfer! Oh, we need to check. We need to check. We're doing this together. Have you checked? Have you checked on Surfer? This is, you're gonna see my routine, you, Peter. You're gonna see my routine from every time he gets called. So I check the website. This Hasn't is what been the website is. That this is what the website is like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is what the website funny. looks like. <laughs> what the fuck am I There's the synopsis. There's the synopsis. <laughs> There's the trailer right there. There's the gallery. Oh, my gosh. Let's oh, man, I can't see this. any of this. 
Um, okay, do you remember the dream, Alex? Do you remember the dream sequence where he's talking to the younger version of his kid? Yes. (laughs) There's the picture of that. (laughs) Oh God, it's just a guy holding his son's shoulder. But there's the dead whale, (laughs) Peter. There's the dead whale. Is that a real dead whale? Yeah, apparently, allegedly, he has claimed that that's a real dead whale. How could that not be a real dead whale, Chris? Where's he going to find the money to get something fake like that? Who do you think you're talking to? Like, you're Dude, actually going to believe that The guy. stench alone could be seen on his own child's face. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just the closest we're going to get to Peter actually watching this. Oh, there's the mentally deranged woman in the hospital. What the? <laughs> Well, okay. The best movie ever. Is it is it coming out though? No, it's not. Uh, oh. The the site says no. This hasn't changed in a while. God like, damn it! Dude, put it on fucking line. Just put it online. So now I'm gonna check Tubi. Because is he's he really waiting know. for COVID to be over. No, he's just like I guess he's. I don't know if he's waiting for COVID necessary. Maybe he's. Maybe he doesn't believe in COVID and he's not vaccinated and he died from COVID. Who fucking knows, man. I don't know. This guy's insane. He's incredibly insane. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Uh, but the fact that there's no fucking way to see it, like just have it. Can't we buy it from you online, dude? I would pay so much money. What if my dad could find it? There's what no if? way. There's no there's way. There's no way. There's what no if? digital I, release. I, I defy you to actually like. I like. I will. I would do a dance. Yep, it's not. I, I would not do. Anywhere. I would. Oh God, you don't know what I would do if your dad was able to find that. But from what I understand, like it's a road show. He, they, somebody went around from city to city and toured it, and it yeah. could have been him. Um, to continue the list. Um, Gojira. Gojira. I've been having a lot of Gojira vibes recently. I don't know why. Oh, God. that's been me with two thousand one. So I get you. Um. I haven't really had any vibes about any of these, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, The Core. (laughs) I am sorry ahead of time. (laughs) Um, Bollywood movie Sing Ham. Singing Ham. Indian Maverick Cop. Mustachioed Maverick Cop. I really... I saw... Remember the the (laughs) Corridor visual effects react to Bollywood? That's where I got this from. I just want to see the movie. Yeah, I know. I I do. I Jesus. Yeah, they had they had to cut that shit out because they were asked to take it down. <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> Wait, Fight, Fight Club. Club is on here. Okay. Fight Club is on there. Oh Sweet. my god! If we landed on Fight Club, how crazy would that be? Trademark. That, that, would, would, that would be trademark. Insane. Ah, we've been talking about Fight Club for a fucking while now. Uh, oh my god! Off uh, air. If it's spoken, if it's spoken, really then I don't know. Uh, three Kings, not four. Oh, that's right. I did get Three Kings because I'm a motherfucking man. Not one, not two. Three Kings. Yes. Uh, and then finally, Beetlejuice. Oh Boys. my god, that's right. Yeah, don't say it again. Okay. What Beetlejuice? No. Oh, don't don't not a third time. You say it a third time, it's over. I if won't. It, okay. I won't. Let me hang on. Oh, I stepped on a beetle and its juice got everywhere. Oh god. We're done. Nah, it doesn't okay. count. Reminds me right, of the movie Beetlejuice. Pants. Doesn't count. <laughs> Nothing happened. My um, pants are off for the record. I'm so ready. Oh my god. That's what she's spend my next week on. All right. 
Guys, do whatever you got to do because we're about to spin this. I'm doing it. Once more through the cycle. I'm doing it. And then series. Three, two, one. Spin. Oh, oh my God. Here we go. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. Alex, you son of a bitch. You <laughs> son of a bitch. How could you do this to us? Ladies and gentlemen, the next movie we are reviewing on the Buzz Movie Podcast is The Core. God damn it. God damn it. You know why? Because you fucking gave us Kangaroo Jack. If you had just been a cool it person. Itself out. And given us something no, cool, no. then it wouldn't have been like, here you go with the no, core. So, no, you want to know why it went here you go? It's, your it's because fault, you, man. Put it, you put it on the wheel to begin with. Your fault, dude. No, it's not. It is your fault that the wheel decided to do it now. Hey, it is true. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. But like we could have had this movie well down the line when we had a series of a bunch oh of good God. movies and months of good movies. No, it decided to come now yeah. and give us a shitty bad movie when we've had nothing but bad movies except a sprinkle of a good movie every now and then. Back to back bad movies. Yeah. Again. Alex's pick, everybody. Okay, so do you guys know what the core is? I don't I <laughs> have a basically it's really basically excited. I'm really excited. I I've think never what, seen this. If I remember correctly. If I remember correctly, it's Armageddon, but they're going in the earth instead of out. That's yeah. Wait, yes. Oh god. Is Aaron Eckhart in it? Yeah. Aaron where, Eckhart, where Hillary Swank, it? DJ Quells, Stanley Tucci, a just like the weirdest cast. Yeah, they drive into the earth to to stop the core from blowing up. Titles on it's a it's a big budget horrible action movie that did not do well. Okay, I need to know where we can watch this. Oh, uh, I haven't checked. Let's see. I'm checking right now. I'm checking right now. The core. It's on Fubo, but it is rentable. <laughs> Fubo? The fuck is it's Fubo? On Fubo? It's Tubi, but Fubo. Oh, okay. I can what? rent it on Apple. You, it's re- yeah, it's rentable. It's oh, rentable okay. pretty much everywhere. I'm gonna check YouTube and see if it's free. That would it's not. That'd be. Sick. Oh yeah, that's right. That free. The core. The core. The videos. Uh, I'm not seeing it. I'm only seeing like I'm only seeing like trailers and such. And uh, movie uh, clips uploaded nine clips of the movie. Uh. Movie clips is fantastic at doing that sometimes. They just pick the most random movies. Yeah, they have ten clips from Battle Star Wars. Oh, wow. I want to see that movie so bad. Watch yeah, it, so man. you. Oh, my God, it's two hours. And no, because minutes. then I can't talk two about it. Two hours? It's oh. from 2003, and you can rent it on YouTube, yeah. What are the freaking odds? Kangaroo Jack is from 2003. <laughs> what? <laughs> it is what? absolutely your fault, dude. Oh, that's amazing. It is totally your fault, man. Like Damn we could have had this, we could have had this so much further down the line, but you had the you fucking the, in 2003 piece of shit king of no. kangaroo jack, and this fucking wheel was like, you know what? No, you know what? The host. You both share the blame here. Alex, you picked the core. And then you picked Kangaroo Jack, Peter. So then yeah. once Alex's pick got selected, now then your pick came up. So, like, you literally just canceled it out. You literally just 
pop this one out and then put this in. That's what she said. Yeah. Peter knew. <laughs> Peter knew this was on the wheel. And Peter, you knew we've been getting nothing but garbage. But you put it there, Alex. This is and your fault. You too. guys knew that if we put good stuff out there, that maybe the good stuff fairy, which we all knew exists, would come down and do this shit. But you guys decided to flapjack your buttholes with your poop nails and your and your okay. carving. All right, carving. All right. I, uh, I it's my not, fault. I'm sorry. I put this on the wheel. I am not denying that the world revolves around me. Okay, I know that. That's not true. But I am denying that it was because of me because I picked a really good movie like Kangaroo Jack. Not a good. Movie. I will say. <laughs> I will say. The core. 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. It's just, it's so boring. It's five times better than different. Kangaroo Jack. Wait, it's According to Rotten Tomatoes. It's two hours? That's two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, Dude, I uh, think it, here's the thing. It might be okay, but I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's We're going to die. <laughs> this is, this is, this is really bad. This is okay. So Peter, this is a first day. This is a day one. I was gonna like say, when I was like, this? I, I no, what yeah. was it? Yeah, day one I, curiosity. Day one curiosity, and the reason is, I I was really enjoying the idea of what that cure of what the idea of curiosity meant. So that's why I picked Booksmart. I was like, this I have no idea anything about this. Was never really in the plan to watch it. It seemed like it was for teenage girls. Uh, like or college girls just getting out of high school like that's the thing and I was like I'm j- I just picked that and I went with it and like I picked this because I've always wondered always wondered because like just I was like what 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 is this it never did well Armageddon itself is dumb as rocks so like how bad does this have to be <laughs> I've always wondered <laughs> And that was a curious thing to me. Well, and this so was that's a why first, I put it on. What what did we have previous as a first pick? For you? No. What oh, was last our Airbender? Yeah. Last Airbender. I think the that wheels was, but are no, just that was bad. To figure it out. That that's a wheel that was intended to be bad. No, 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 no. Curiosity, but I'm saying it yeah. was that was also a first pick. That was a first day pick, yeah. Yeah, so I think the wheels might be trying to clear some of this shit out too. No, I think it's all what you did. It's all what I did. Okay. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. That is clearly what happened here. I could have put on City of God. God damn it. You could have. And wouldn't have <laughs> Zach, put, Zach, no, Zach mentioned No, I'm genuinely okay. The, I've actually recently got two movies on here, so I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing recently. And yes, I want the core off. I want every time we land on something I don't want, the first thought in my mind is good. We never have to hear this name again. We yeah. never we have, have to, to do it. Yeah. But you guys don't have to do the extensive research that I tend to do. And to be honest, I may not oh. have to, it may be a really easy story of behind the scenes. They could have had the easiest time making this. Well, I'm I so all sorry, it Alex. I'm so sorry. Did you have to do <laughs> Why? I put it on here. I'm excited. I'm excited oh to, for how God. boring. Uh, two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> hey, we get to watch The Last Duel. So, you know, we got that. Peter, it's as long as The Force Awakens. It's the but same length. Before The Force Awakens. I can't. I can't. But I will for this for this podcast. 
I think we're going to go nuclear. <laughs> I hope you guys rip this apart. Like, yeah, go for it. No, after after Airbender, I right. I'm 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 angry now, but like I'm fucking no, I'm. See, I I have more of like a like a quiet rage, like it's more like a burning hell on the inside, and I don't really <laughs> like I don't really like blow up usually, but That's I also Avatar Avatar really set me off and really lit that fuse. So I've already and I'm and I'm watching the show right now and I'm and I'm enjoying it, but there's this yeah. burning fucking despising hatred. And they got it wrong. That just in general, because I just fucking hate that movie in general, but it's still there and it's still lingering. Um, so I have a feeling that I'll I'll probably to the level that I I flipped out at. Um, you know what? Good. I forgot its name. <laughs> you know what? Good. I forgot its name. <laughs> you know, the penis is bad. Well, Zardoz. Yeah. Penis is evil. So gun is good. I'll probably just be the core two thousand three. Obvious. Oh my god. Off. I'll I'll is have the piss mean? shitted out of me. Guys, pink sweater moment. What? The guy who directed the core directed a movie in nineteen ninety seven starring an actor that was in um Rushmore. And that's Bill Murray. Bill Murray is in core or Bill Murray is no, in No, Bill that... Murray was in a movie directed oh. by the guy who is directed it, is the it core. Larger than life? No, it's called The Man Who Knew Too Little. Wow. Well You know what? That's cool. That means I get to watch that. I've never fully seen that, but I've also never liked what I've seen from it. So uh there's a better movie by Dave Foley called The Wrong Man that came from that era that was completely uh, ignored because of this piece of shit. Um, but you know what? I, I actually can't wait to watch this director's other stuff, especially if they're bad. I love this stuff. I'm for it. You guys don't like I like bad movies and I want the core to be bad. I want it to be bad in a way that pisses you guys off. I don't, I don't want, want it to, to be, be boring. boring. <laughs> don't be boring. I don't want it to be boring, but also like Armageddon came out in what 1998. Uh, yes. This movie came out in 2003. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. I'm actually pretty excited for this piece of shit. So Chris, to, to give me something to think it about, could be anything. Um, it could be okay. good throughout the week. What's the next wheel? Uh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> Figures. That's on you, dude. It's on you. You guys wanted to do I wanted that. to do a series. I wanted to do another series. I wanted to clear the wheels. You guys wheels. said no. I wanted, wanted to, to clear, clear the wheels. wheels. I'm so this is more of Rushmore. your fault. I'm glad we did Rushmore. No, but then literally we would have spun a series wheel. I'm not yeah, sorry. This week. I'm then, not but sorry. But we also, but like the bad wheel next week may be fun. It may be North or Toys. And, and also on top, or it may be uh, the star, the star one that I picked. Uh, I, but after that, we get a good movie, man. We get a good stuff. Like we need to clear these single wheels off for a bit, so that when we come back from a series, things feel fresh and different. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Let's, let's get out of here.
We'll go watch the core. Just don't be boring. You Famous last pay, words. You have to pay to watch it. We have to rent it, yeah. This is this is a movie I would be happy to only watch once. Or it not. seems like. It, I I wonder I'm gonna watch it as soon as possible so that like I can know. The wheel gave me Kangaroo Jack and said, "Here, you do have to watch this, though." And I'm and I'm saying, "Okay." But what if you hate <laughs> Kangaroo Jack? It doesn't matter because you got what you wanted. The past me is just as important as present and future me because what I so, wanted in the past. No, I'm not done. Swear to fucking god, the past me that desires something is just as important as present and future me desiring something because it mattered to me in that moment. That's how I view life, man. But you know Kangaroo Jack is shit. Yeah, I'm not denying that. But why are you putting a piece of shit on the curiosity wheel then? Because I'm curious. (laughs) (laughs) It's not rocket science. Then why are you giving me shit for putting the core on here? I'm not. I'm accepting it. You are. No, I'm not. I've already I think I'm already, I think I'm mainly giving him crap. Yeah, That's really. Fair, but it and is your all fault. of the blame is being put on me, which is it like, is your fault. No, it I'm trying fault. to split because it between you. Because you decided to pick a 2003 bomb, and the wheel was like, "Well, I'm going to replace that with a 2003 bomb." <laughs> Fresh stuff. Fresh. Literally, I'm literally splitting the blame between you. Like you had to pick King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this chain reaction. I'm not denying. Again, I am not denying that the world revolves around me and oh, that I am God, the main character split. to everyone's story. I'm not going to put it on star. here. This is the two effort. This is bad boys. Oh, no, no, he no, set no. This up. no, 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 no. You're saying Will it's about Smith, me. Martin Lawrence. No, don't don't try to piggyback off of my fucking coattails, buddy. Uh-uh, man. You mean your pigtails. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Robert Redford, Paul Newman. They're Dutch braid tails. I don't know if there's a real name for it. No, no, they're French braid tails. French pigs? French tails? Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got to go to the core next. We got to go to the core next week. What I want, what I want, who's listening to this right now, I want them to know that I've had to pee the entire episode. So now go back. Go back and listen <laughs> to every single time I talk. You'll hear the pain. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just mute the video and the audio and go pee? for the art <laughs> so there you go everyone we're doing the core next week and we're spinning the bad wheel <laughs> Woo! so well, we got Rushmore we got the Rushmore. art the art so we'll see you guys next time say goodbye guys goodbye uh, hashtag release the Paul W.S. Anderson cut